so we are talking about Michael Jordan's last season of the 80s. This is the, his last, uh, this is the first, not his last, but the first season where Phil Jackson now enters the picture. So Phil Jackson had been on the team the last couple of years as an assistant coach uh, and was really uh, a sponge soaking up information for a guy uh, named Tex Winter, who is basically the triangle offense's father. It's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry Krause really liked the triangle offense, who is the general manager. Um, and Jerry Krause did not like the fact that Doug Collins did not like the triangle offense. Doug Collins was most concerned with how can we keep Michael as the best player in the league because that's our best chance to win. Both, both Doug Collins and Michael Jordan felt the same way in terms of the best way to win is when the ball's in Michael's hands. Yeah. Right? Uh, Tex Winter was like, look, Mike doesn't always have to be the recipient of the score. It can yeah. be done. There's a, new, there's a different way to do this. It's more team-oriented. Phil Jackson, this is a guy who used to play for the 70s Knicks, a team that is historically known for ball movement, passing. That, that was like the first big like teamwork, team chemistry type team. Like they, you had the Celtics in the, in the 60s, but with Willis Reed, uh, Clyde Frazier in the early 70s, uh, and Phil Jackson was uh, on the all-rookie team with them. And basically, lots of ball movement, lots of passing. So it made sense that he was pretty open to the triangle. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the part that was really weird to me about that was, yeah. um, like, Michael Jordan, like, he said that he wanted to be, like, uh, be considered, like, um, similar to, like, Larry and, uh, and Magic Johnson in terms of, like, be considered a great, like, them. So if you looked up to guys like that, if and you saw the way they played, like, yeah, sure, they scored, but they definitely were, like, very pass-heavy. You know, like, their teams were facilitating teams. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I find that interesting that he wouldn't realize that to begin with. But he did – I'm pretty sure he wanted it, wanted to do it his own way, obviously. But So that kind of brings me into what I'm about to bring up. So if you look at his game log – Hang on. This, I have a quick question. This is going to make oh, me no. sound really dumb. So Phil Jackson made like – and the Bulls and whatnot made the triangle famous. Who invented triangle offense, though? Tex Winter. Tex yeah, Winter is the father of the triangle. That's what I said before. Tex okay. Winter is the father. His picture will be on the screen. He's the father of the triangle offense. He's this old man. But he's going to help them. Uh, what do you call it? He's going to help the Bulls going forward with Phil Jackson because he's going to become, instead of being cast away, so like not being able to be on the bench, Tex Winter is going to be like the main assistant head coach here. Yeah, which will be the difference in the system. Now, Michael Jordan still averaged 33 points a game in this system for the season, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to show you some of the games that he's had in this system to prove a point. So yeah. I believe this is the year where he hits his career high. It's correct, 69 points. Yeah. And I'm bringing this up 54, 52 uh, Michael Jordan to to a Kobe Bryant level of immaturity hated the triangle offense. He detested 
the fact that the ball was going to come out of his hands. I think the quote in the last dance was, the triangle offense means that a guy like Bill Cartwright can have the ball with five seconds left. And according to Michael Jordan, that's not an equal opportunity offense. That's fucking bullshit. (laughs) One of my favorite... It's one of my favorite quotes from the last dance. Yeah. Uh, and it, it shows that he felt that way because this guy's dropping his career high in an offense, shooting 37 shots, basically looking at yeah. each time like, oh, you want Cartwright, you're open? Fuck him. Dunks. With, like, and he's with 18 rebounds. Like, he's doing it all, wild. which means he's literally getting the rebound, bringing it up court, and, sh- and shooting it. No one else yeah. is touching the fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's why I really wanted to bring this up, uh, because Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, to an extent, were butting heads in, in this first season. Yeah. And as you can see, usually the outcomes of seasons, there's, if you like dig into it, you can always kind of see why a team doesn't advance or, or go to that, that highest level. The new plateau. Well, that, that's kind of a point. That's another point I wanted to make as when we talk about the playoffs. <clears throat> the second thing I wanted to mention is, I'm pretty sure this is the first year where we get more out of Scottie Pippen in terms of like obvious statistical output. This is his yeah. first all-star year for Scotty, right? Here. And he's putting up, yeah, this is so from an assist perspective, almost doubled his assists, came close to doubling his assists. Uh, 2.6 steals, 1.2 blocks, 16 and a half points a game. He's really embracing the role as a point forward. The triangle offense is really good for Scott. Yeah. Because he can use his point forward skills, which isn't a thing really at this point, unless your name is Magic Johnson. Yeah. Uh, And I guess Larry Bird to an extent too, like you were saying before. But I think actually to answer that question and why, and why you think that other guys, I think without Scotty, Filling this role, maybe it's a lot. I mean, obviously, it's a lot harder for them to get in the door and to to break through because they did need an unselfish guy. So that's yeah. a, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I I agree with you to that extent. Yeah. Scotty, and they say it in the doc too. But like Scotty is the perfect second guy for Michael. Like yeah. he it work it works perfectly. Like you got someone who's extremely aggressive, and another guy who seems like very passive. But Michael, like grooms him into the player like the the player that makes it work you know right um they're both going to play all 82 games here and so before this point michael had no other all-stars on his team and he made it to the conference finals right yeah uh scotty was an all-star that year before. no this is his first all-star year okay with scotty in the all-star position where did they finish here because i want to get into mvp in a second yeah. Uh, so they finished 55 and 27. That's uh, good for second in the East. I want to make sure that that's second because I seem to. Yeah, because the way. Yeah. I'm going to go to the playoffs. That's really just make sure. Number three. See, this is why I checked. Because <laughs> yeah. I saw Detroit. I know Detroit's in their division. And I know the, the conference stats are a little wonky here. So the Bulls will finish as the three seed with 55 wins, even though they had the second most wins in the conference. Thank God they changed that rule. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's really annoying. Um, yeah, it is super annoying, especially to track, like, for, 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 you for like, where people rank, uh, where they finish in the, for the season. It's incredibly annoying. Yeah. Uh, 
So we got Philly at 53 wins. Detroit, they just came off a championship season the year before when they beat the Bulls in the uh, conference finals. Mm -hmm. They would then, uh, that was the year they faced the Lakers, right? Yes. The first year. Magic Johnson got injured. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so they're, they're getting ready to go on their second run, right? Almost hitting 60 wins. Lakers are able to hit 60 wins. How many times have have the Lakers, like how many straight years have the Lakers had 60 plus win seasons? That's a good question. Is that, like I I noticed that after each year, they're like the number one seed and stuff. Like they really were dominating the West. Yeah. Well, that we discussed that in Magic Johnson's breakdown available in our archives. If you want to check that out. Uh, Where we saw that that's the type of guy that magic was throughout this entire decade of the eighties. Yeah. You could really understand why he broke down. Like maybe also, but you, besides even that, you got to look at it. Like this is still the eighties. Like they're still so far behind in medical stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was, that would have been his eighth finals. True. So that like, he's, that's so many, like, if you look at it, like, LeBron got his first major injury after his, what, eighth finals. It was the same thing. No, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to look at Sorry, I was looking to see how many of these were 61 seasons. Could you ask me that? Oh, yeah. About half of them, give or take. I think it's like five of these are 61 yeah, seasons. Yeah, and then he, he has some from this season. in there. Like, they dominated. They were dominant. They dominated the 80s. Pretty yeah. point blank. And when we did Magic's Legacy Breakdown, we decided that, that uh, Magic Johnson over Larry Bird for the totality of the 80s. Yeah. So, and it's crazy. Like, the Lakers have never done that again, really. Yeah. I mean, just to show the reign of dominance and the idea that the West is not what it, what it is in today's NBA or even the NBA the last 10 years. Yeah. Where the, where the West is really difficult. Because between, because the only era that the 2000s would have been the closest to that, and it couldn't, yeah. Yeah. And but even still, and it was still for such a shorter period of time. Yeah. Uh, but this is the closest MVP race on record. I'm pretty sure one of the closest MVP races on record, especially how the first place votes are given out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we we said that Magic was right to win this MVP. 63 wins, 22 and 11 and a half. Yeah. Right. Charles Barkley who to this day feels like this should be his MVP. Uh, 25 and 11 with four assists and almost two steals. Shooting there's, a, there's, a, there's a gap in the win difference, right? A huge gap between Magic and the other guys. Yeah. And, so of course, like, MJ with the 33 again. Yeah, and I think what we mentioned before, but I'm, this is what I'm thinking right now, is it's simply because Magic was so dominant throughout the whole 80s that they were just like, we can't give this guy – like like. We, we have to make it harder for the dude because it, it should have easily been his, like, I don't think it should have been that close. What, Matt for Magic? Yeah. Is I, it, well, where, Kareem isn't on this list. Kareem is, this is his last year, I'm pretty sure, for Kareem. I don't know. I think Kareem's, Kareem. Oh, is wait, this is eight. This is 89-90. I'm pretty sure this is his last season. Yeah, yeah, check. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Because I thought. No, he's was, done. He's done. You were right. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. Because I remember. This was this was Magic's Magic's chance to do it without him. Yeah, this is just Magic James Worthy's team. He does have another twenty point score on his team. 
but he's Magic Johnson. He should have another 20-point score. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's, yeah. So he's getting, he is, maybe that's, but that's also why the MVP running was probably closer. Because I'm sure they looked at it like you had another 20-point score on your team, and these other two guys don't. Yeah, but I mean, how much, like, in terms of what Scotty's doing for the for the Bulls? It's not to- as much statistically as what James Worthy is doing. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty close. It's but- not, though, because James Worthy's averaging over 20 points a game. Where is that stupid? Yeah, but Scotty's averaging about 17, almost 17. It's not like it's it's a huge gap in points and Scotty's probably more assistant more assistant rebounds as well. Yeah, That's why so I say it's not, close because it's like Scotty's doing giving seven and but, seven. Yeah. But James Worthy's also considered the veteran at this point. Like he's done stuff in the league. Like so I, I think the in in this year people are looking at it like uh I feel like do you think do you think Magic has the best stats here? Or do you think MJ has the best stats? Or Barkley? Um, Twenty five points on sixty percent is no joke. In terms of just stats, yeah, I'm. I'd probably go. I feel like it's close between MJ because how many guys have done that when Magic did twenty two and eleven? Not that many. It's a pretty short list. Yeah, and but how many guys have done? 34, 7, and 6. Like Another another incredibly short. That's what I'm saying. Like, like what Barkley did is great. Up to that point, it's really great because only, like, a couple guys. Well, I don't know because if we're counting just the 80s, it's, it's, I don't know. There's a, guy, a good amount of guys that's averaged 20, over 25 and 11, you know? Yeah, well, it was also a lot more uh, one-dimensional in terms of, like, your best player got the ball a little more. The thing about Barkley, though, is him being 6'7". Or 6'6", yeah, six, 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 sorry. 6'6", six, six. Six, six, and being such a rebounding beast. And, like, like things I'm like that. Sure he's also got – I don't know if he has another all-star on his team, but I'm pretty sure he's the only one in scoring 20 points a game for Philly. I think that um, – Yeah. Doc, one of the Dawkins were, like I, – I, when, I, when I looked at the series – like they played a big role. I can't remember if it's Johnny Daw- Dawkins, Her- Hersey Hawkins, Her- Hersey, yeah, Hersey Hawkins, he's, he's playing two guard for them. He's at eighteen points a game. He's shooting. Whoa, almost shooting two threes, three threes a game. Yeah, for this time. But I think I'm still gonna give it to Magic. I I, I feel comfortable with that. Sixty five. Yeah, I mean, it, him getting like five more wins. Like like you gotta respect it at least a little oh i respect it a lot i think i just i think that especially considering he's only got the one mvp like it's not people don't have that mvp yeah like they're not tired of giving him the award yet not to do this but kind of to do this they were first in the west probably seven or eight times more than likely right yeah Mike, um, LeBron James dominating the East during that 2010 run. My whole thing is like he had some teams that had like pretty bad records, and they just like like you shouldn't be the fourth seed in in a very easy East like shit like that. This is is the era where the regular season matters. Like if we're really going to dive into that, the regular and that's what makes it even worse. Like it's like that's what makes it even like build up Magic's legend. You know what I mean? Like. 
it, it just makes it that's what type that's the type of shit that like when you start comparing things like it makes it so much closer than people think true that's true um i have a random say- question really quick because it's in yeah, my brain for- what's that weird nickname for charles barkley about rebounding it's like big found- oh wait. Round, round mound of rebound. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he was a load. I think my favorite thing that Charles Barkley did throughout his career was, and I didn't realize it until I started like really researching him, was he would catch the ball on the rebound and literally run like it was his gimmick that he would run as fast as he could through other humans to the rim with the with the defensive rebound. Like he would go coast to coast and try to take you out on the other side. I remember listening to him in an interview and he was like, <laughs> he was like, listen, if you see my fat ass coming, you're getting out of the way. You're not going <laughs> to, you, you might take one charge, but you will not take the second one. Yeah. <laughs> that shit had me dying. Yeah. Uh, but let's move into the postseason. Because so at this point, at this point, how many MVPs does MJ have? Two? He's only got the one. That he stole when he was a little young. Oh, yeah, true. And then he gets a lot during his the peak during the, the 90s run where he's going to do something similar to what Magic just did in the 80s Yeah, with the domination. That's why it's interesting that you bring that up because we're about to see that happen after this season. But we got Bulls, we got Bulls versus Bucks, right? So Yo, that's so fun. Like, t- before, before, just imagine being in that. Like, we didn't, we weren't born at this point, but. When you have two superstars, like it, this is literally the 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 um, Kobe Lebron, yeah, being able to meet up and like go that year, that '09 year, that where they're supposed to meet up, and then but this time this actually happened. Well, like, do, you we know, met- do you know what I think people really thought in this time? I think people really thought, "Fuck, the Pistons better not make the finals again. <laughs> it better be Celtics Lakers, or I'm gonna be upset." That's probably what a lot of people thought. Because I think Bird's still putting up numbers. Yep, yep. Th- th- this is – well, in, in 1990 – no, no, no. I'm talking about 91 when 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 the Lakers and, and – um, Yeah, you jump oh, into comedy. No, no, I know. But I'm saying, like, just thinking about it, imagine being in that time where you're seeing that – you're in 1990 and then going into 1991, like, that anticipation of, oh, we might get the two best players in, of the last decade or something. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what made the 87 final such a big deal because it was 1-1 Lakers Celtics yeah yep and my, th- exactly what you're saying did happen like the, yeah. the the two biggest stars at the point but um Larry Bird's still kind of in the mix at this point hasn't totally fallen off quote-unquote I think he doesn't fall that. off until after 91 because even yeah. in 91 the, ne- the the year after this one is the last chance for all of them we'll get into that when we yeah. talk about it but uh Bulls are going to face the Bucks here right yeah. Uh, this is a team they face a lot the last few years. We've seen them go against Milwaukee a few times. Michael Jordan's going to spaz out 37 a game, right? But Scotty with a fire second banana line. Yeah. 22, 9, and 8 with 2.8 steals and a uh, block and a half. Yeah, block and a half. That. This is when we look at the Bucks, right? And we look at most teams in the NBA right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't have two dominant wings. Alvin Robertson's a point guard, right? 
Yep. Robert Robinson's a point guard. Ricky Pierce is a forward. So he's oh, but he's not to the level that MJ and, and even Sky are playing at at this point. Uh, so you have two wings that can just cuff up on the perimeter as much as possible, and then give it to you on the other end. Yeah. Just attacking the basket mostly at this point of the game. Um, but Michael's starting to get that mid-range game, like that's starting to become his bread and butter where he'll take two dribbles and he'll just jump over his defender. And that's where he'll get his bank shots. Like it's why he was such an assassin from the mid range, but I think it's also what hindered his three point shooting uh, during this period, because you're jumping so high in the air, you're releasing it past the, you know what I mean? Like past the apex of your jump when you're supposed to release your jump shot. The only thing though is like players, I don't even think they weren't practicing it though. Like, Oh, he was. For sure, at this point, like in terms of like b- being in practice, going super hard in practice. Notor- Michael Jordan notorious yeah. for going insanely hard. No, in I'm practice. talking about, but they didn't practice um, three point shooting. Oh, okay. Well, sure, I agree. Like that, like th- he was really great at the things. I'm pretty sure he practiced on. There's no way he didn't yeah. practice on mid ranges and like they the three point shot. Unless they you were considered a specialist, like. Which even no one's really a specialist in this time, but the ones that are supposed to be like three and D guys, um, they're usually just three or just D guys in this. Yeah, area. yeah, exactly. One thing at a time for the people who are specialists. Yeah, so it's like it, no, I don't think MJ was was practicing the three point. That's why I feel like the three point. You can't even talk about guys from the three point line, and like after actually looking back, and. Hear, like um just hearing about shit like i remember arguing with you about larry bird like and i feel like you might be like i feel like if larry tried i obviously practice he'd be better but yeah it, it um it goes back to that like like you don't we don't we really don't know if he would have been that great <laughs> like you say <laughs> that's i yeah i've i've said that many a time yeah where you, because of the lack of volume in this era you you're really not sure that's what we're saying. So I yeah. got the highlights of Bulls, Bucks up. I have this up for a point, for a purpose. Michael Jordan is going to take a devastating foul here that I want to show you. I really want to show you this foul because I, 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 this is a, you might get ejected foul for doing this in today's NBA. That would be really funny if it was just like not even a foul. No, you'll, you'll <laughs> see it. You'll see it. I, I, I wouldn't be wasting this time otherwise. I think this is it right here. So he gets it on this side of the of the wing. He's gonna spin, come towards the baseline. Yeah, watch this. <laughs> so three guys take him and slam him into the ground as hard as he as hard as they can. They're gonna show replays of it in a second. But three, but now nah, Jordan's fucking dead on the court. This was the start of about a million different injuries through this postseason for Jordan. Watch this. Watch this. This is a perfect view of it. Yeah. Take some. Slammed flat back. See the thud? Oh. If they did this to him in 2020, all three of these guys would be out of the game. (laughs) There's no getting around that. Oh, brutal. Imagine. You see, but like, that's that's the point a lot of people make between comparing like guys from here um, compared to, I mean, guys from this era to that era. But like, it's good that they're not going through that anymore. Like, <laughs> like I understand, like, 
you, it's, it makes it hard for you to say, oh, yeah, you know, like LeBron's just better than MJ because it, whatever. Like, I can understand why people would make that argument. But, like, we shouldn't want LeBron to have to go through that. You know, like, MJ did not have to go through that. And look, now he's back in the game. <laughs> yeah, like. Did it end once. Like, there's no way he didn't take a shot on his hip and just say, like, yo, that shit is numb. Keep on going, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it soft or is it smart is the real question. Uh, I mean. Yeah, okay. I see, yeah, for, for sure. For him, it's just about, look, I got to be out there. Cause it, no, yeah, of course. Like, let me get back. You, so let's see if he's averaging. I want to see how because I, I like to do this for every Michael Jordan series that we yeah. look in. He's I like to put it into perspective. They're like, averaging 110, so he's putting up about 30 percent of the team's points. About yeah, 30, a little bit more than that. Yeah. A little bit more. Uh, but what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say like people look at the as like it's a dumb mentality, but like there's <laughs> I used <laughs> I used to play on the block, sprain my ankle. And like barely could walk, and I'd just wrap it up and keep playing, and I wasn't getting paid nothing. Doesn't make you. Doesn't make you bright by any means. Being competitive and wanting to play, like this is like I'm sure yeah, he. And you're just, and you're you're competitive for that. Imagine this guy. Yeah, exactly. Getting to a championship, finally getting through a first round with ease, with relative ease, right? Yeah, yeah, because he just finished having to hit the shot against. Against yeah. um, so this, this is his second long playoff run. Uh, before this point, this and is where I the shade is gone. You see how it's just brightness. There's no <laughs> shade on because he's he's doing good. We good. Uh, but the next series, he faces Charles Barkley and the 76ers. Yeah. So I, I watched Game Four of this series in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I just have like some interesting. I, I want to recap it, like, <laughs> like we're doing for these playoffs. Like, yeah, talk to me. Just, the, so, I literally watched the, and it was just awesome because, like, for whatever reason, they had the same. They still had like the commercials and shit for the for the um that were that were like playing at that time. So you really felt like you were in 1990 watching this, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and the. Philadelphia's um, president was um, at a press conference for whatever reason. And he, all I see is, and it starts at the beginning of the game, like kind of him, what he's saying to the reporter. And he's literally cursing them out. Like, I have to send you the timestamps the time for that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just freaking insane, like watching it and thinking about how things are done now, you know, like. <laughs> 20 30 years later and it's like oh this shit was completely different just 30 years ago so um and they like i just saw a little shit like mj got um got fouled at the rim yeah and um they didn't call it and it was it was like clearly a foul he ends i yo he started like screaming at the ref but he like actually put his head into the ref's noggin oh like, yeah like he was like well, Rondo did that one time. Yeah, exactly. But Rondo got either ejected or well, he something. was ejected immediately. Yeah, MJ didn't get anything. There was no technical or nothing. And I'm like, yo, this this is different. This like, is just different. <laughs> just shit like that. It makes you. It makes you not, like you were saying earlier. It it makes you not that surprised that people today are like, this game is soft in yeah. comparison. And I could like just thinking about like how cool people thought this dude was like. When like, he, look at this. Look at this player right here. This is in the. Uh, this is in game one of the series. 
Barkley's going to go up for a basic tomahawk dunk here, and Jordan's going to get all ball. And you can tell that he looks surprised. He's like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that added to his cool factor, to Jordan's yeah. cool factor. Like, exactly. all that type of stuff. He freaking chewed gum, chewed gum in between games. And, like, that's not supposed to be that cool. But, like, when you, like he stripped a dude. Uh, I think he, he stripped um, um, Percy, Percy Harvey, maybe? I don't Percy know. Hawkins. Hawkins, yeah. And, um... I don't know why I thought it was Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he strips him, freaking goes, d- does like a, a quick, easy um, dunk, and then he just blows a bubble afterwards. Like, shit like that is just... <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like... straight, And he's dogging them. Like, uh, yeah. it was well, very That's why I wanted to start... That's why I just have the highlights running from game one, because you'll see MJ's everywhere here. In, in this whole series, they could not stop him. There was nobody here that could guard him one-on-one. And more specifically... Percy Hawkins yeah. was giving Michael Jordan everything he wanted in the post-up game. Yeah. He was, he was able, Jordan was able to get to his spot on the block pretty easily. Like, but look at him. He's everywhere. He's scoring. He's on the other end blocking shots. Yeah. He, and you can see how he and everything. This is literally right before he, 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 they muscle up and shit. But um, this, watching that game, it was game four. And yeah. I was, literally, I can see why people, like, get frustrated looking at it now. Because it's like, they could have made it so much easier for themselves. They were taking like 18 to 19 foot foot two-point shots. Yeah. And it was like, bro, take one step back and you get a three. And you also open up the lane for Jordan. Let's let's save that lane talk for the next series. Because I I learned something incredibly interesting uh, in the Pistons series. We're about to get to it. But Jordan's going to drop 43 against this team. And four steals. And four seasons. Yeah. Uh, totally. Wait, he, he top, drops 43 in this game? He no, he for the series. For the series. Oh, yeah, for the series. Yeah. I, the game that I watched, he, he had 45. He had two blocks and two steals. He was literally, I can I totally understand why they call him, like, the black cat. Yeah. Like, he literally, he's everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's insane. I, and that's the one thing that I picked up as well from this series is that it's amazing. Uh how much he's everywhere. And this is something that I really wanted to point out. He's shooting almost 40% from three, taking 23 threes. That's not bad. That's pretty yeah. good. I mean, he's only making nine, but like 23 threes is like closer to... That's almost five a game. Yeah, that's close to, cl- way closer to modern day. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I really wanted to point that out because I thought that was really interesting. I also uh, do want to point this out because... This was a, this has been a thought. Watching him play, I can see where the difference is with him and Kobe. Yeah, at least the '09 Kobe. Like yeah. that was he was not like that. Like what's the biggest defensively? Defensively, big- it was just insane, huh? Yeah. Defensively, was the difference for you? Yeah, it was like Kobe was a good defender, but like Jordan, like just the way, bro. He was guarding. He was guarding. Um, this dude, um, Charles Barkley, oh, and, and Charles easily has what like hundred pounds on him or something. A good chunk, like, a good chunk of weight. Yeah, he's he's a big boy. And I was watching, I watched him guard him in a way that I've never seen like a, a smaller guy guard a bigger guy. Like he was like while while Charles was trying to post him up, he was like moving side to side 
So yeah. like he couldn't know exactly where he was. So when they threw the lot, the, you know, like just the lot pass to to get it to him, like Jordan will poke it out, like st- get steals and, shit and just make it so much harder for. Him. I was like, that was just, I don't know. He was fast as fuck. Like he really was like a black cat. Like he was so he was quick, agile, so quick. His quickness is borderline underrated because of how yeah. we watched stuff like from the past. Yeah, it's now becoming like he has the quickest first step ever. Yeah. By a good, m- m- it's and it's noticeable, especially mm-hmm. from this point going backwards. He's yeah. going to change his game going into the nineties, um, to where yes, he's still obviously super quick and he uses all that stuff. Yeah, but these mid range jumpers that you're seeing him take right now, that's going to be way more of his game. He's also going to be looking to pass a little more mm-hmm. um, as we move forward. Uh, but let's talk about the Pistons series. Now, you were talking about the idea of spacing the floor a second yeah. ago for Jordan. So when I was watching the footage from this series, and we'll, we'll break it down a little bit more detailed in a second, uh, the one thing that they said is the Jordan rules work way better when there's the lane is clogged because yeah, they can put more bodies in the paint, right? Yeah. The announcers, even in 1990, said if you spread the floor, it limits the Jordan rules. It stops the Jordan rules. Yeah. Quote, unquote. That brings me to what you were just getting into. How come nobody thought... This is the Jordan's numbers against the Pistons in... In the 1990 playoffs, but yeah. how come nobody thought about spreading the floor to try and limit those rules? That to me was super interesting. That the announcers were saying it, but it didn't seem like like take so take Jackson, put him in the corner, right? Take yeah. Craig Hodges, who was shooting almost 33s here, put him on the other corner. And let Mike and Scotty drive and kick like the 2011 Miami Heat or 2012 yeah. Miami Heat. The, so, so back to like the, the prep. Like it's very hard to go into a playoff series and say, hey, our, our way to beat this yeah. is going to be us shooting a lot of threes that we never practiced. Yeah. I mean, they did take a lot of threes, though, for the series. Yeah. But I'm, guys I'm, over, over th- 20 threes, that's a lot. Yeah. But it, but that would obviously they would have needed more to you know what I mean like in in, yeah. in your you know in in your example they what they did didn't didn't cut it so they needed more and it's like they're not practicing that and I just I, you, would you who do you want you want a guy that's not practicing threes to shoot the shot or you want Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen to make to have the ball in the hand and, and score like that's just the, how they 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 are looking at it at that point yeah uh, but. At the same time, even though they are, I would agree, that is, uh, uh, I, I do think that the triangle offense should dictate some of that a little bit. If you stretch it out, if you stretch the triangles out a little bit and Michael's on the elbow, put one guy on at the top of the three-point line and one guy in the corner, and they clearly had three-point specialists to do it. I, I just, it's crazy to me just how no one thought to do this back then. Like, I obviously it didn't exist. It would take a forward thinker to do that. 
Yeah. But I, I think the most surprising thing for me was like every time we're going to we're watching the highlights from the series, you're going to see at least two guys from the Pistons in the paint every single highlight, every single one. And that was the Jordan rules. You go, go, uh, do not let him go left. Do not let him attack the baseline. Feed him into help in the middle. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that was the main. That was how they managed to contain him. There's one series, or there's one game in this series where they're going to hold Jordan to about 10 shots, which is basically the entire point. I think it's this. Yeah, they held Jordan to 16 shots. This is, I think this is it. I'm going to keep looking through the series, but Michael Jordan doesn't take 16 shots. He averages for the, for the playoffs. He's at, he averages 24 shots. Yeah. Well, he also had a lot of fouls. He got fouled um, six times at the rim. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so I mean, it's like kind of it's still like a little bit under because because I'm sure he gets those foul calls plus his field goals usually. Before this series or for this entire playoffs, he was averaging twenty six point six field goals shot per game. Yep. So this is ten less in this series or in this and, game. And he's yeah, and he's also averaging ten free throw attempts. So he definitely is shooting less than than usual. Yeah. Uh and the they're they're hacking the shit out of him. But yep. the the so bro, I saw I saw freaking film from this shit cuz I watched like all the altercations and and contact and shit that that like each team had against each other cuz it was not just it was not just Detroit handing out the elbows and shit. Like the Bulls were doing it too. Yeah, um, that's the era. It just wasn't yeah. as it wasn't as efficient, or wasn't the same to the same level. Yeah, exactly. But I literally saw like Michael Jordan mid air and freaking um, Detroit like slamming him, like just slamming him down, and like it, so many hard fouls. It's just crazy. Yeah, and that and uh, but we we talked about Michael uh, and. The, like when we were talking about how he was not comfortable in the triangle originally, we were saying it's yep. not surprising how he didn't make it over the hump here. Yeah. I actually don't think that's why he didn't make it over the hump. My biggest reason for why they lost this series, uh, number one, Scotty's migraine in game seven. That's the biggest reason they had no chance to win, the, to win this series when it mattered most. If we're yep. just going to break it down to one thing, if Scotty doesn't have a migraine in that, ser- in that game seven, from fucking cracking under the pressure i think i i think that maybe they have a obvious obviously a way better chance to win second thing this bulls team in particular reminds me of the lob city clippers much like you were talking about dario with jordan getting in the face of referees that's the that's the identity of this team right now they're always bitching about calls they're they're telling everybody Detroit's trying to kill us out there. Yeah, uh, they don't play real basketball. It's all so, like, as you can see, Jordan limping. Uh, he's, I'm getting beat up every game. Yeah, but I, I, that, that's they needed to stop with that shit and just play the game, no the matter only, what. The only difference I will say between this and the the lobster is he actually was getting beat the fuck up. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like those were fouls to complain about. If you're ever going to complain about a foul is when someone's throwing you on the ground or like elbowing this, you. But this is that era. You know what I mean? If, if the Lob City Clippers played in this era, they would get their ass beat by this Pistons team. Like 100%. They would not have made it to the fucking conference finals. What are you talking Whatever. about? I'm not even talking about that. My point is, oh, maybe they would if they shot enough threes. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, We're the, not doing this. the whole thing is that the rules at the time allowed this stuff and that's yeah. just how games and so you can't bitch about it in my opinion unfortunately like you can but that's that's why but that's why you if because it's that's the case when when people of that are fans of this era you could understand why they would say it's not fair to compare because like, this dude had to go through this. Like, this is not easy to go through. He's like, playing this series with two sprained ankles. And I think there's another injury that he's got, that he got in this playoffs. Just from being absolute, every series he's getting thrown to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's, yeah he's getting throttled. Yeah. Like, A little less uh, in the Philly series, though. Cause, yeah. Cause it's just because they had less people to guard him. Friendly over there. <laughs> Yeah, friendly. They, Philadelphia. There's really one thing I know about the city of Philadelphia: it's friendliness. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It was freaking <laughs> that. The whole thing. Also, watching, it felt like playoff atmosphere, like oh, the rowdiness sure. and everything. Like, we need that back. Like that shit is. Awesome. Oh, we're getting it back, and we're we're recording this during the 2021 playoffs, and yeah, even watching Phoenix at home, they their crowd's been loud. Like the, the yeah. loudness of the crowds is making a comeback. Yeah, but it's funny that you say that because I did notice the same thing. Yeah, people are fucking loud. I miss that shit. That makes that shit a whole different watch, watching experience. As a fan of pro wrestling, I do love myself a good crowd. But, uh, so they're they're gonna like I said they're gonna go through seven games. I want to get the set the seventh game box score up. So the Bulls only are able to score seventy four points. This goes back to. My thing with Scottie Pippen. They, Michael, it goes right back into the old school Jordan rules. Jordan, 31 points on 27 shots, right? Mm -hmm. Hero ball to the max. And they could not win with just Jordan because nobody else on this team could beat them. Sound familiar? Yeah. Is this this BJ Armstrong's first year? Uh, he becomes a co- a pivotal like player in that in that um yeah this it. is his first year yeah yeah so soon like he's not there yet but he helps a lot in the in in the future yeah well especially considering with floor stretching and stuff like that but uh what do you think about this I think Scottie Pippen cracked under the pressure and that's why he had the migraine really want my opinion I I don't think you get a migraine like that man. I think you don't think he had one? You don't think he had a migraine? No, I think he had a migraine. I just don't think it's because of what you're saying. I don't think. I, I mean, think it, extreme stress can induce like migraines and bad headaches. And, so and if you don't think this guy under, was under extreme stress, it's his first All Star year. He has to like step up in the series. I feel like that's very like you trying to don't try to write the narrative on this. Like that's crazy. Basically, the narrative I'm trying to write is Scottie Pippen's a pussy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I don't think he was that scared of it. I think it, I think I definitely do. See, I definitely, I, I definitely think Scottie's immaturity is the biggest difference in this series. Like, even besides the migraine, like 
This is a guy who's complaining about getting beat up too. He's only two it years younger than Jordan. Huh? Say that again? He's only two years younger than Jordan. I know, but I don't see Jordan bitching nearly the same way. Yo, Jordan does complain about the about the uh, getting beat up, but like we said, at least he's got a reason to complain about getting beat up. Yo, what was in the water at the time? Like, there's no fucking way that these guys at 26 and 24, Jordan looked way older than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm older than him right now, and I swear I don't feel like I look like I'm. Um, this, as old as he was, that's I, funny. Know, I think it was the cigarette smoke in the air more than it was the uh, yeah, probably. Frank, <laughs> that's so funny. Bring that up. I, like I think LeBron about that a lot. Even when I was watching like, LeBron, LeBron at twenty-seven looks older. It's just because these guys are humongous and they're muscular bound. They're muscle bound, rather. Yeah. Like, it, it, I think it's, it has a lot to do with, with that. But Or maybe it's because you've been watching them since they were younger, so as soon as they don't look young, they look old as fuck. Yeah. True. Uh, Pistons are going to win the series. They're going to go on to win the championship against the Trailblazers in five games. Yeah. Right? I will ask again what I asked the year before. If the Bulls were to get over that Pistons and get over the Pistons and win game seven, do, would they have had a chance here? Oh yeah, I think so. I think because it would have been you would have just got the '92 Jordan. Oh, I don't know. See, I don't know if you would have gotten the exact '92 experience. I think that '92. 90- no, not that. No, definitely not. Because he's already at that point where he's he's on top of the world. Like, the, yeah, like, and he's he, having fun he, at that point. Exactly. You're gonna, you're gonna get the him dogging them, like probably in that same manner, but just more like ruthless. Yeah, I definitely think it's. It would be fun to see Clyde versus Michael at this point when Clyde, Clyde's still at the peak of what he's doing. Yeah, It's much more closer than 92. I agree. I agree. Which and especially mean? in terms of confidence level, they both yeah. be on the same yep. level. Uh, but Do you think uh, Jordan at this time, he, Clyde's definitely punching up? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I will, Clyde was that guy at this point, though, too. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's exactly punching up. But I think I learned why he's the, considered the GOAT. If you combine the 80s and the 90s of his career, it makes sense why people look at him. Because he's so different in this 80s run. Like, throughout the entire, the entire thing. He's just a different type of... Uh, a basketball player. Uh, he's going to continue to win scoring titles into the nineties, but he, he's like, he's quick. He He's quicker than he's going to be heading into the next decade. He's, he's more like, he's always going to be this level of intense, but it, it almost is like unhinged in this eighties run. Like there's no, there's no control over what, his game is doing. He's just going out there, going ballistic. Yeah. Just get the, and that's it. There's no, there's no idea of strategy behind what he's doing. He just goes off, gets his points, uh, and try, like, it, which is him. a coaching thing. Again, I agree, I agree with you. That's yeah. what I was going to bring up. And I, th- and I think that's why a lot of people that like to add to that, like why a lot of people consider him the goat is you never felt like, it was because of him they were losing. Yeah. It was more so because you needed stuff to add to him. 
to make it. But you just needed the pieces to to make it work. Well, this is kind of what we were saying before. So with the with previously, he had no, there were no other all stars with him on the team, and now that he's got that first all star, he's like. This team could have easily beaten that Pistons team. If Scotty was healthy, I think that's a much closer game. Especially considering the Pistons didn't get over 100. They didn't reach over 100 points. The, the, the East is all about um, lockdown, slow pace, especially in the playoffs, defensive type games. Yeah. And uh, I think that that – I think – here's the other question. If, you, if, you, if the Bulls or just Jordan were in the West, do you think that he would have made a finals in the 80s in the Western Conference? Um, no. I don't, I don't see him, unless, obviously, unless there's injury involved throughout the, the playoffs. I just, I, the reason why I bring that I up is because... beating that, that Laker team. I mean, yeah, maybe not yet. But I just think the West is more run and gun at this point. The pace is much higher in, in the West for the Western teams. Yeah. And I think that helps Jordan. I think that allows Jordan to score 35 a game as opposed to the 33 to 30 that he was getting in the East. Cause think about it. Like, well, he was getting at this, between, I mean, in the last three to four years, he was averaging about 35, almost 35 a game. Right. Um, I guess my point is, I think the Eastern conference actually helped Jordan, even though it was tougher defensively because it could allow him to score 30 to 40% of the team's points and still make it a close game. Maybe in the West where it's run and gun, this is what I meant to say. Not that he would do better, but it in it, in the West where it's run and gun, that does help his offensive style. But yeah. I don't know if they can hold teams to under 100 in the yeah. same way. Like, look at the difference in points scored a game here. You can, you can even look. Everybody's over 100 points, but... 110 leads the East, 116 leads the West. Yeah, but the, that East team would be would be six. Yeah, they won 18 games. Or six, yeah. Oh, and they won eight. Yeah, that, exactly. Like they, But they're fifth and sixth in terms of points scored. Right. So, like, yeah, the top teams of the, of the East are scoring much less than that. Uh, exactly. And, that, and that's why I think Jordan was able to thrive in the Eastern Conference, even though it was a little bit more defensive and physical for him. Yeah. Uh, I do think that because he was scoring such a high percentage of his team's points, that that helped him with the lower scoring games. Yeah. But we're about to jump. That added to his legacy, too, because, like, that's what gives you so many chances to make clutch shots. Very true. Because you're a player that could do it, it helped your team. Like, that's the type of shit that that like kind of is just that's what makes him him like that's what makes him the guy that we that everybody loves up to this point everybody thought he was it in that philly series um the com the commentator said that michael jordan was the best player in the league yeah like as like in, so it's not like um and i know next next year we'll, we're going to be questioning who who did they really think at that time was the best between magic and jordan yeah, but there are some guys, at least as, at this point, that is thinking that Jordan's the best. Even though Magic just won an MVP, Magic's gonna lead his team to the finals next year too. So it's like Jordan. Jordan mania is in full effect at this point. 
yeah. in terms of like uh, people people riding his beef from a fan perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely think there are people who who even seeing the Pistons like probably looking at it like, man, Michael is better than that whole Pistons team. Yeah, and I'm sure people are looking at it like that. Like I like I don't understand how he keeps losing to this. Yeah, squad. He's obviously so much better than everybody else on the floor. Whatever. I'm sure there are people. This part is if that Pistons Bulls team, I mean, the Pistons versus Bulls series, those two series, those two years happened 30 years later, like 2019. The same teams, but you drag them to the rules of now, the Bulls probably won. Probably. That's a good point. Like, it, it definitely altered things. Like you, guys there will be a new, there will be a new NBA record for playoff for free throws taken in a playoff series. Would Bill Lambier <laughs> yeah, have had exactly. a job? Huh? Would Bill Lambier have even had a job in today's? Oh NBA? yeah, he could shoot. He could shoot threes. So a hundred percent, he would have a job. That, he would. He would. Everyone who shoots threes has a job in today's NBA. Yeah, but you have to shoot good, like really good at the three-point line. He wasn't. He was the first. He was a one of the first, especially in this era, one of the first stretch uh, big men. But we're getting off topic. Let's jump into the nineties. As Jordan will say, this isn't the eighties anymore. This is the nineties. We have reached the nineties. We have reached the decade in which. Is basically the decade of Jordan here. Um, second year under Phil Jackson, right? And the biggest difference, I think, between this Jordan, even from this year, and 80s Jordan, is his willingness to understand the triangle. Yeah. Like, he's definitely still got moments where he's... Uh, you know, still stubborn and putting up a lot of like he's still the sco- the scoring leader, etc. But uh, if you just look at the stats between the two years, and you see um, in um, between 1990 and 1991, he's taking I think two four less so- shots, two less shots. Oh yeah, two less shots. Yeah, uh, taking a couple less shots a game. In term in terms of point at um. Averages, yeah, it's a little, yeah. And he's, it's, you know, down a little bit further. Assists are down, but it's it's still that thirty six and six essentially. Yeah. It's where he's going to yeah. be until he. This is what he considers his apex season. That's true. Sorry. And what things does he try to compete with you? I don't know. I mean, the last time we had dinner, he was uh, talking about you know my year in nineteen ninety one um, versus your peak year. I would have kicked your ass on. So I said, Mike, come on now, let's <laughs> enjoy the salad. <laughs> like, you know, but it's true. He and he considers this his best team ever. Yeah. Very and as, as I started to do more research into it, I can see where he where he makes those points. I just think it's a little it, it just it just turns out like funky. Um but I think uh, and what what I was gonna say in the beginning, he's much more like polished. It just feels more polished. At, and and the triangle, he starts to find his spots in the triangle. Like on like he loves that low block. Yeah. Similar to where, and I'm not trying to say they're the same player, but similar to where Kawhi Leonard likes to get it on the block for the Clippers 
in today's game. Yeah. For when they when they're running their version of the triangle, Jordan liked those same spots, right? The elbows and the and that low block, and he would use it to get around his spots, right? He would also yeah. or get around to his spots. Uh, he was also a bit like a way bigger putback guy than yeah. he gets credit for for putback dunks and shit like that. Yeah. Like we've all we've all seen the play where Scotty hits the free throw and Jordan yeah. comes in from the back and tip yeah, dunks correct. it. I've yeah. seen that before, but I, I didn't notice how really uh, strong he is at that. And then on the defensive mm-hmm. end, he just gets he just gets so much more confidence in terms of reading passes and jumping passing lanes. Like he was doing this in the eighties for sure, and he was he was a great he was getting tons of steals and whatnot. But the confidence is different. Yeah, so he gains what like 10, 15 pounds this year, right? That's he, the that's the muscle up. So the, the, the seven games. The funny part is yeah. they started off very like um. They didn't start off as like dominant. Like I know they're they they won 60, 60 games, but if you look at their first like forty, yeah, they 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 had twelve losses at forty, and then in in that towards the end of January is when they really started to pick up, and they just went on a crazy like win streak. Yeah, let's let's pull that up. I'm interested. So, a couple five game win streaks. So eleven. Yeah, I think it's Jan- starting from like that. What that last week of January or something? Yeah, they start so like they won every game, almost every game. Yeah, you see, they lose, they lose, they win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and then from then on, it just go. They just it's like something clicked, and they just they went on a, a streak, and then all, and then the, through the playoffs, they just kind of this was. In terms of their record, mm. this was their best playoff run. In yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to get there in a second. We got to talk in. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I can – that's what made me think, like, I could kind of see why he felt that way. Like, yeah. he was just hungry and and they played amazing. I wanted to get the team stats. Because I, I think I, through the second season in the triangle – because this is another thing, as we've seen the triangle get implemented into a few teams throughout history. This is one of this is really the first team that gets it. But uh, as we saw with the Lakers, and we've seen really any team that's tried to run the triangle, it's a learning curve, or there's a learning curve to yeah. it. You, you got to be able from from each position. There's 33 different options you could run, and you're only going to get better at those options with time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like you have to always make the triangle, and it's it's very difficult to. I'm sure it's very difficult to just learn right away. Like that first year was probably the like really difficult. As, and it didn't help that Jordan didn't want to implement it at first, you know. So um the classic there's no iron team, but there is an iron win. There was so many times the text used to yell at me saying, Move the ball, move the ball. This is no iron team. Say it's an iron win. You see that that um Pistons loss probably is was the final straw for him because he's like, okay. I, the, clearly, I was by myself because Scotty was injured. Yep. And because we didn't fully know the triangle, I w- it made me feel like I had, you know, to do to do to do the most to win that series. Right. And at that point, it's probably like, okay, we I need teammates to help. Game seven of that Piston series from the previous year. I'm trying to think of a comparison to another guy's career, like uh, where it's like you said, it's just the breaking point. It's the point um, where where Jordan goes, like you said, clearly what I'm doing 
is only getting me to a certain point. Like, yeah. I think his confidence says, like, from his own mentality, I'm sure he looked at it like, like he said in the last dance, we, we should have gotten over the hump. We just, we looked over the horizon and we, we fell back down. Yeah. Uh, only, the only guy, I mean, you could look at Kobe in a way when he lost against the Celtics. That's a good comparison. That's yeah. a good comparison. But it, I don't know if it was really because of Kobe leveling up the next year. I think it was more so because Powell leveled up. That, well, that, that could be said this could be, year because yeah. Scotty's going to level up again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's only going to get bigger, stronger. And, I mean, that's really what happened here, too, is Scotty leveling up made makes it now, okay, now this is a, a big two, you know. Yeah. And these two are the best. The, these two are essentially the best wing players in the league, and they both play for the same team. Yeah. Like, I, I don't – You have Clyde Drexler still in the lead. I, I'm just thinking of wing players. Yeah, I don't remember. No, I'm just thinking – I can't remember what I was listening to, but because I've been listening to so much shit about him. But they were saying the only guy that probably even stood a chance of guarding Michael would have probably been Scotty. Yeah, like you have them both on the same team, and it's and it make it makes it very. Because Scotty, do you think Scotty by himself could have gotten to like Charles Barkley level? No, no, you hell, don't think- hell, oh, no. I, I definitely don't think so. <laughs> Because a lot of people, because I remember twenty five and twelve, savage. Yeah, I, I remember the last the the last dance. Yeah, people talked about Scotty and said that he was. He, you could argue he was the second best player in the league. Well, once I think they're saying that once he gets to. Uh, no, yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you fill up that of the championships yeah. at the time. If Scotty didn't have Jordan, do you think he could have been at Charles Barkley's level? Is is what like because you why Charles Barkley specifically? Why do you keep mentioning him? Because I think Charles Barkley at that time is the second is is art is looked at is widely looked at as probably the second best player that of that decade. Oh, of the nineties, maybe of the nineties. But I'm saying I'm thinking of it like right now in this season. I think the three best players. No, no, no. no. I'm just saying. Do you think? Um. Do you personally think if Scottie Pippen didn't have Jordan and he was just going through his career, if he could have ended at a level of Charles Barkley, is what I'm asking. No, I don't think that. Not this season. Obviously, I don't think that he's Charles Barkley this season. I can't even comprehend that. Like, I can't even comprehend that because Scottie is – Charles was – I'm not saying he would play like him. I'm just saying like in that tier. Would he have made it to that level, that top level ceiling of the NBA elite? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he needed the toughness for, he needed to gain that toughness from Jordan. And this is what they talk. I, I just wanted to make note. Scotty did not make the all-star team this year. He was, he was, uh, this must've been a snub to some people. Yeah. Uh, him not Payback being all- for the migraine like, game. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was I going to say? Shit. I forgot. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I I wanted to see where they ranked for this season. So they're number one in offensive rating, number seven in defensive rating. So they're top ten in both. Where's the mm-hmm. point? There we go. So because I'm pretty sure they're getting to a point now where they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. What are, so 100, what are the 101 points a game is fourth in the uh, fourth best 
uh, defense, right? Yep. And top 10 offense. So okay. they're, they're getting, I think that's because if we were to look at the last season, they were not in the top 10 for both. They were fifth and 19th for defensive rating. Now, when you come here, they're first and seventh. Yep. So they're gaining, they're gaining a huge level of, uh, improvement on the defensive end and considering they're in the eastern conference like we were talking about to finish the last year that's that's probably going to make a huge difference getting through the playoffs when we get to that point yeah but jordan's going to take home his second mvp here kind of indicating that this is going to become his era right yeah magic's still sitting here at 27 and 12 right 12 and a half yeah uh let's look at the Records. So the Bulls finally hit that 61 win mark. Yeah. Lakers did not. I think that's why you're looking at Jordan as the MVP here. Yeah. I think that's. I feel like even even if like if you flip flop Portland's um record, yeah. I think I think it would have still been Jordan. And and we've when we were looking at his uh, crazy high scoring years uh, in the 80s. He was only at the eighth seed. But we said if he was top three for those years, he probably would have been MVP then. Now he's got the second best record in the league. And outside of this Portland team, where did Drexler finish? So Drexler's down here. So they have a more, they must have a more full team. Must have guys who can score. Because I, 21 6 and whatever. Oh, he was. I'm not sure if he was. No, he played 82. Okay. No, he's got Terry Porter. Oh, no. This is why. Look how many guys they have in double figures. Yeah. Mucho. I mean, an average in 21. Like, like, like when Jordan's giving you 31, 6, and 6, you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but they have the most wins. I just wanted to look at it, get a good perspective. But I think Jordan's the right answer here for the MVP. Yeah. And it's pretty straightforward this year. They, Matt. Magic's still kicking. This is the last thing I did want to mention, and we kind of touched on this briefly. This is Larry and Magic's last great chance to make a finals. Yeah. And you still have the Pistons in there. Uh, They're, I think something's different. This this is when Larry's playing with like a back brace and stuff, right? Yeah. But but he's still putting up numbers. Like he's still getting his 25 points a game. Stuff like that. Isaiah Thomas only played 48 games this year. Yeah. Uh, 16 a game for Isaiah, but he only, like I said, he only played 48 games. It's probably why they dropped in wins just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was 29. Isaiah. Yeah, like yeah, dude. Had years yeah. in him. This is not in this era. This is the part that I think you're not understanding. Yeah, I guess guys so. didn't play past 35. It didn't happen. Yeah. Like Jordan playing at age 36 when we get to the late 90s, kind of unheard of at this time. Like you do have your Robert Parrishes and your Kareems and your guys yeah. who like stay for a long time. And yeah. you know. I guess that's why it's like seeing Kareem and stuff like. But he was the exception, not the rule. Yeah. But yeah. Jordan's going to get a second MVP award. And I think he's right to get that. Now let's talk about this playoffs. So. You were saying earlier, you think this is, you think the reason why Michael feels like this is his favorite team ever is because of the dominance they showed in this playoffs. Talk to me about that. So he only, they only lose two games in the entire playoffs. And um, I think they were, 
all cl- very close games too. Like, so he, I can see why he's like, we almost went perfect. And, um, we, you know, he, he felt, probably felt like he was at the peak of his powers and like that, that team was, just, I just felt, and I felt like defensively and offensively, they were just in attack mode, like crazy. Look at how calm these numbers are in comparison to the previous year. 29 yeah. points a game, still shooting 52%, right? So he's still relatively efficient. Uh, but he's not, there's not that, oh, I need to go ballistic right now type. He, and this is something I heard when I was looking in, into this season and just watching some of the, the highlights. Yeah. The commentators would say, Michael liked to get his teammates involved in the first three quarters of the game. He'd like to get them going and get, get them loose so that when the fourth quarter came, they were going to play hard and he was still going to be able to go out and win the game. As long as he could have yeah. his opportunity to win, he became much more comfortable in that triangle setting. And you can see it with the six assists uh, that he's averaging in this series. Two other players in double figures, right? With Scotty almost hitting that 20 point, uh, 20 point mark. Yeah. Um, it's a solid big three because all these guys are playing 40 minutes. Horace, Scotty, and Michael are playing 40 minutes a game. It's a yeah. solid big three. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the era, at least. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and it, I could see why he felt. They, it, I think that that level of dominance, especially in the postseason when everybody's, you know, you're getting everybody at their best and you're just clearly like destroying the competition. Yeah. I could totally see why he, he feels that way. And I feel like this Jordan could do what the, 92 and 93 because they have very crazy that that those jordans have very crazy performances but yeah. i feel like this guy could do it but he was just playing more like it, it was just at a, a more calm level and yeah. i think him following being able to like follow through and 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 follow um phil jackson's like methods and 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 coaching makes him makes him feel that way He's, he feels like they're they're at their to peak everybody, and if he needed to, he could go ballistic, which he do, I'm sure he d- does have some crazy games this playoff as well. Oh, I'm sure of it. But look, as, Michael Jordan's high in the series was 33 points in the yeah. third game, so it yeah. was literally just I'm gonna like, much like a superstar athlete of today, I'm yeah. gonna I am gonna pull back. I'm gonna let my guys get involved. You know what I mean? He's got 33 and seven assists, right? Yeah. I'm going to let Scotty, I'm going to let Horace, I'm going to let John Paxson get off a little bit. And will Purdue also 16 and 10 off the bench? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let those guys play. But when it comes to winning time, I'm fucking taking over. Yeah. That was his, that was his real gimmick at, at this point. So also, uh, Patrick Ewing shot 40% in the series. It's fucking embarrassing. You're a center. You're one of the best centers of the era. You're shooting yeah, 40%. At that point, he's what? Top five center of the league? He's got to be. He's got to be considered that at least. Yeah. Can we talk about how tiny his head is? It's like smaller than the basketball Patrick Ewing. It's so little on his big shoulders. Have you seen a picture of him, Reese? Have you seen a picture? Oh, his, head is, his head is so tiny. <laughs> it's I adorable. I bet hats look awesome on him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> All right. So they're playing Philly again. Uh, Charles versus Michael once again. Yeah. And now we're going to see him get closer to where he was at in the regular season and score a little bit more. 
Yeah. 33-8-8, and eight, basically. Two steals and a block and a half. Absolutely dominant. Just like he was in the series from last year against Philly. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And they pretty much got a game because, you know, you give Charles Barkley was good enough to get at least a game. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I uh, I wanted to see Charles stats and you told me that this was based the game that they won was close it was a buzzer beater right uh yeah i think so i think mj misses like a like a three or something i mean not a three sorry a, a shot at the end and charles uh, barkley 20 25 10 and five and a half with a steal and a half shooting 64 percent from the for the series yeah looking forward to doing his legacy breakdown i'm I mean, i'm i don't know a whole lot about charles and that's the nice thing about because charles like a lot of people like to give him shift for not winning a championship but he yeah. does make some deep runs at least or or yeah and I, I really would like to when we when we do get into his career and dive a little deeper that's one question i'm going to figure out it's like could he have won and if he could have won why didn't he win yeah definitely gonna do you do you think like looking into the whole 90s do you think charles barkley was the second best player of that era well i mean you're gonna Probably say Hakeem. Yeah, by a mile. Jack is another one. That you... I, I think I think Hakeem's the second best player of this decade. I think is it's there... Jordan. It's Jordan here at the top of my screen, right? Yeah. Then there's Hakeem. He's like here. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of here for me. Like yeah, Scott, Sha- Shaq is really that that three four year stretch where it's just like that that kind of gave him his hall of fame, fame career is there a little bit of levity to st- like people who made deep runs in the playoffs like in the 90s but never won just because there was the jordan road roadblock like is there a little bit of leeway in terms of like their legacy afterwards since they didn't win and it was mostly just because there was jordan there i'd say the opposite happens i think that's why jordan is considered the goat it's because of all these people that don't have championships because of him. Yeah. Like that, to have that dominance and literally have all these great players that we look at and we acknowledge to be great players and say, really, they could have been greater if it wasn't for this dude. That I think that's what makes it Jordan's legend so insane. Like, to think, like a lot of people say Hakeem, only won his two championships because Jordan was really out of the picture for, for that time. Yeah. Well, you know, we may disagree, but it's it, it's a case to be made, though. Like, because you see, you saw the Bulls at the peak and no one was fucking with them. He, he, they lost that one game by two points. By two points. That's what I was so trying to bring up. Game, I think the they lost, they lost, they, the only games they lost, they lost it by a margin of two points. Yeah. Uh, that, that that was the so I'm gonna try to find the highlights of Jordan missing the buzzer beater here. So if yeah. I can find them, they'll be on your screen. Yep. Uh, but pretty dominant wins too, like 12 points, over 10 points here, 15 point win. Yeah. Five five a little closer, but for the most part, it's a pretty easy series for them. Yeah. And the whole thing with dominant wins, like a lot of people be like, oh, that's just a 10 point game. When you really Think about it. In the '90s, a ten-point game is a five-possession game. Yeah, because they're not taking well, that much threes. Like that. Yeah, so it's like ten points now would be, you know, nothing. Right? I noticed that a lot more when I was watching these games because I noticed the sense of urgency was different. Yeah, yeah, because of how they looked at scoring. Yeah, and where the ball was going to get scored from. Yeah. Now, 
this must have been some sweet fucking revenge. Oh, yeah, it was. This must have been. So, MJ, again, I wonder how many. I got to see how many assists he averaged. Seven assists a game in this series, right? 30 and seven assists. He 53%, 55, 54% from the field. Yeah. Um, but he's finally able to get Scotty more involved in the offense versus the Pistons, which is really going against all of the Pistons' uh, strategy. Yeah. Where, if I, I've said it the past few seasons, if, if Michael is not going to beat you, the Bulls cannot win. And that's changing now. That this and this was the big moment where people thought, "Wow, uh, maybe the Bulls do have an opportunity." Right? Yeah. Uh, wanted to look at some of these, and this is also the famous walk-off series. Yeah. This literally led to probably this is this is what Isaiah Thomas feels like kind of messed up his career, like. In, in a sense, because he he feels like he should have been on the dream team because of this, and 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 it was only because of this that he wasn't and stuff like that. So like he, Isaiah still to this day holds resentment for this. So let's tell the story. So last year, obviously the Bulls lost in seven games, and I'll have the footage on your screen. Michael Jordan goes up to each person, uh, or they, they do the usual shake hands, you know, yeah. good luck, and he and Michael Jordan even gets interviewed. And they, and he's like, uh, he's like, you know, good luck to them. We were close. It just wasn't meant to be. They were a better team today, etc. Right. Uh, a year later, now the Pistons are getting swept. Isaiah said in the last dance that this was the only time he's ever gotten swept. I will double check that in post production, but I imagine he probably wasn't swept very much in his career. Yeah. Uh, but they. They completely changed the way they were playing. And this is a great example. In the closeout game, Scotty takes more shots than Michael. I don't know if that happens in any year prior. Yeah. I don't know if they're I don't know if, if Jordan's so comfortable with that, even though he scored more points. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, it, Jordan was so much more efficient. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think my point why I'm bringing this up is Scotty previously was taking like 10 shots, 12 shots. Yeah. Like to Jordan's 20, whatever. Like, it's getting a lot more even, yeah. even though Jordan's obviously way more efficient with his bucket getting. Yeah. Just, he's the best scorer that we had. But I don't, I think it would have sat with Jordan, much like he was talking about with the triangle previously, I think it would have sat with Jordan wrong that Scotty Pippen shot the ball and got more opportunities than he did pre in previous years, where now I think it's Especially more... Especially if they lost. Exactly. Yeah. Where now I think it's more he's trying to, you know. Yeah. He understood that Scotty leveling up is better for him. Right. So so they win that game. And Bill Lambeer, who for years everyone thought this was Isaiah's brainchild to do the walk-off. And in the original Bad Boys documentary that came out, I want to say within the last five years, uh, the 30 for 30 that they did on the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, it's revealed for the first time since this moment that Lambeer was the one who set it up. And in my head, 
Of course it was fucking Bill Lambeer. That guy's an asshole. Of course it was him. He's the only guy that had the, would have had the balls to say, fuck these guys. We're just leaving them. We're just leaving them. Fuck that. They don't deserve my respect. Bill Lambeer was a bully piece of shit person. Especially but the whole thing is, like, as the leader, though, you don't. You, 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 you know you get the final say. But that's, this is where I think that that's a little... While Isaiah was obviously the leader from a uh, media perspective, I think Bill Lambeer was a big voice in that locker room and a way bigger voice than people give him credit for, especially in history. Like, he was the... A lot of people say Isaiah Thomas was the ring leader for, for like, oh, if you, gotta, if you gotta hit him, hit him. Fuck that. It was Bill Lambeer all the way. Bill Ambeer is the first person to tell you that too. Bill Ambeer would tell, would especially in that Bad Boys documentary, he, he would talk about when you came into our when you came into our program, there was a certain way you behaved, and if you didn't behave that way, you were checked accordingly. And yeah. he's very, that dude is serious as a fucking heart attack. Yeah, and the only th- the only thing that because you got to know the backlash you're gonna get, for, like it's gonna I don't be think all he thought about idea. it. Huh? I don't think he thought about it. I think he, and and you can tell in the last dance when he says, with 30 years of hindsight, would I have done it differently? Yeah. And that's the famous Michael going in the fucking documentary. Uh, And he's right. With with years of hindsight, we could say that. But in the moment, I I don't think he felt any kind of way about it. I really don't. And I think that's why players, like, but that's why players now, they don't do shit like that. Just just of experience through seeing what happened, like to a lot of these other superstars for acting in that manner. I don't know. It's like it's just the professionalism thing. Like you could understand, all right, it was rugged and stuff on the court. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, you shake hands and you give the guy. You know, like I I feel that way too. I feel like you should always let the person who beat you know that they beat you and good good shit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two quotes from Michael Jordan about this, that particular thing. And I want you to tell me which side of it you think he's leaning towards more. Sure. So there's one side of it where he's basically like, you get your ass beat, you can walk off the floor however the fuck you want. Yeah. Right? But then there's the other side of it where he's talking about, all you got to do is look at the, la- at the previous year. I shook everybody's hand, whatever. Do you think he's more along the lines of, fuck him, you can walk off however you want? Or do you think he's more along the lines of, why didn't you shake my hand? I think it's more the first one, if I'm being honest. I really do. I, I think it's more of the, why didn't you shake my hand? Really? You want to know why? Because he, it's his actions afterwards proves it. He was really, he is no doubt about it, that one of the, the reasons that Isaiah doesn't get on the Dream Team. And we'll... We we'll get into that like when we get into that point, but I that's that's just my thing. But um, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah, uh, but but obviously we'll go real in depth in, in that whole situation. Yes, I'm looking forward to that too. That'll be its own separate thing. Uh, yeah. But but Isaiah did, uh, and I, just to defend yeah. Isaiah a little bit, or at least what what came out of his, he said that Michael Jordan had press conferences after Game Three, saying. Um, how like saying a lot of bad shit about the city of of Detroit, and they felt a certain type of way as. Yeah, find that that'll be on your screen. 
you know, no, but you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Have you heard this? Yeah, and, and he said, like, as champions, you, he felt like they should have got more respect than that in terms of how he was disrespecting the city and stuff, which I... But that goes to show everything that I would... Oh, man, it's tough because I, I, don't, I don't completely understand the Pistons' perspective from the era because I haven't looked into it as much. Yeah. I like to do these, especially when we sit for legacy breakdowns, I only focus on one perspective at a time. But... Yeah. Uh, I feel like they were pretty much like disrespected like that their entire run because of how they played the game yeah. and how they, they very obviously were, were less from a skill perspective and more from a will perspective. Yeah. yeah. And, and Isaiah never felt that way. Like Isaiah's biggest thing is he felt like we're doing the same thing the Celtics and Lakers did. Right. And, Sure, but the whole thing is the Celtics and Lakers were also, if you didn't do all of that, they would be the best teams in the league still because yeah. <laughs> at talent level is all the way up there. You know what I mean? Like, they were going to be there no matter what. Like, And a lot of people felt like Pistons are only in these games. and Like, you got Isaiah Thomas, and you got, obviously, Joe Dumar was a great defender and stuff. But, like, you really only had... Isaiah is like the really high talent level. Like but that. Isaiah, as we spoke about, he's not the same guy in this. Like, oh yeah, definitely not now. He's done. Yeah, he. I'm not done, but yeah, like, I was looking at the Boston series from the uh, that that uh, it was Celtics Pistons before the finals. Yeah, the second round, and Isaiah only started two games from that series. And if we look here, Isaiah is starting here. But he's only shooting 40%, 16 points a game. I want to see the assists. Right, and only six assists. Like he's at yeah. 29, he's not, and which is crazy to say because in today's era that it would be different. Yeah. But I, how many more years is he going to play now? He's coming close he's to the end. Like four or five more years, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, three more. So he's got three more seasons here. Yeah. And he's not going to reach that point that he was at right so with the two championships he was 18 and basically nine give or take if you combine the two uh and he's going to keep that assists up for this year but in the playoffs it doesn't hold up it just doesn't hold up so this is the year after the championship year it's a humongous drop off yeah from his championship year to here so he's it's weird that how fast and that's another thing i've noticed uh, just with basketball in general, yeah. when it goes and you're small, yeah, it's a, it fucking is over. That's why I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious to see how Steph Curry like progresses in his career because it's like I think his shooting will make him last longer than he should normally. Yeah. But like, I'm just curious to see how it works and how he changes his game because he's gonna have to change his game to an extent. I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but. We are getting to the main event, the yeah. big show. Yeah, so the spectacle. Yeah, 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 So, so like n- now we could. I guess we could talk about it a little more. If you this, if you were in this at in this time and you're watching it as you know as a fan, what the hell would you be thinking? If I was in the the uh, if I was in this period of time. 
Yeah. I think I would genuinely believe that there was no way that the Lakers would lose this series. Yep, I could see that. I think you- I would look at that. I think I would look at it that way, mainly because I would I would say that the Lakers were the juggernaut of the eighties, right? Yep. Juggernaut of the eighties. They they pretty much like we had shown in the previous year won basically 60 games, pretty average 60 games a year, won, right? And you have Magic Johnson, who probably, I mean, he's got to be looked at as the GOAT right now. No. No, No, Kareem. Kareem? at At this point is looked at as the greatest player of all time. But I think people look at Magic definitively better than Jordan. Yes. Well, no, 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 wait. Um... Like, as in their careers? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Because, I mean, Magic at this point is his fifth title, his ninth his ninth time at the finals. Like, right. he's definitely looked at as the better player historically. Yeah. I think overall they look at it as Magic is the second best player in the league and Jordan's the best. You think? I I feel like you might have old heads. Who, who, or, or, or obviously people who were fans of Laker fans and stuff that would th- think that their guy was better, which is not a bad. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't think they were completely crazy for thinking it. By in my eyes, if the if the Bulls only lost two games in the playoffs to that point, the Lakers had only lost three before the finals. Yeah, no, the, no, the Bulls had lost only one game going into the finals. Right. The second game that they lost was, was that game one against the Lakers. Right. I, I'm, basically what I'm saying is uh, the Lakers came in relatively at the same level of dominance in terms of like of their of their conference. At the and Magic's and this team is really good. I wanted to see Magic's numbers. Yeah. Because I, I I've heard a lot of people try to say that Magic was old and washed at this point, and it's just not the case at all. He was second, second in MVP voting. Yeah. He he had a great playoff run it's not like and he it was just in the playoffs and, he's giving he's giving the lakers drum roll 12 assists 21 22 and 12 basically with yeah. eight with eight rebounds like 22 and 12 it, it's really like 22 and 13 to be yeah. honest like that's insane like that's not a lot of people besides magic johnson has had that stat line and not only that he's murdering on the block He's murdering. Yeah. Catches the ball, spin moves to both shoulders, right? Yeah. Fucking easy layups, so fast. And when he doesn't fucking – this is the coolest part about Magic, and especially when I was watching a lot of the highlights. When it came to Magic versus Jordan, and especially in the beginning of this series, uh, Magic's just, Magic just fucking him up. Yeah. Magic was eating Jordan up. Just fucking him up in game one. Yeah. And – Doing, just putting him on the block and punishing Jordan for being the smaller guy. Yeah. Uh, we can get to so Michael had thirty six, right? And but the and the Lakers did win by only yeah. two points. I was listening to Bill Simmons and he said that after Game One, and you know <laughs> Bulls Bulls win Game Two. Yeah. Going into Game Three, he actually bet on the Lakers to win. Game going three. back to going back to our, to LA. yeah, going back to LA because they have yeah. the higher record. So he 
So like there were guys at that time who thought magic got this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like, so it, it's just, to me, it's just after, you know, knowing that what happened, you know, knowing the outcome makes you look at it and then just give, like, try to give a reason for why Jordan won. When in reality, at that time, people were not thinking that. People were thinking Magic Johnson is going to win his sixth championship. And that would probably have solidified him as GOAT. We've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. Probably. It would have made it hard to justify Jordan as a GOAT. Because yeah, the whole and the biggest thing with Jordan is he's he never lost in the finals. Yeah. Six tries, six championships. Yeah. And if he would have had that one blemish where even if it's not because he sucked, you know, he could have still been great in the finals, but then it would have been like the rest of his career. He did great, but you know, he, he still ended up losing. But uh, let's also make this clear. If it happened the next year against Portland. I'm not saying Clyde would have been considered the GOAT, but because Magic was already being held to such a high standard to begin with, that win over MJ, just like it's going to do for MJ here, uh, is going to carry him over the top, would carry Magic over the top. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of people's minds. But look at this. Five shots taken for Magic still gives you a triple-double, 19, 10, and 11. That's fucking savage. He's he's just doing whatever he wants. Yeah. and Michael's on him for most of this game one. Yeah. Right? Let's see. So and, and but look, give it, give it up to Michael for putting his pride aside and letting um, Scotty take take the assignment because that's something I don't think even him a year ago or definitely not the year before that he would have he would have allowed to happen. I definitely a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. This game is game two. The Bulls are going to blow out the Lakers on their floor, 107 to 86. And this is the famous um, the, the the layup that the, um, I wanted to talk. He's going to dunk and he switched and and they and Magic and the Lakers felt disrespected at that point. And um, I remember. Can I uh, tell you why I think that's fucking bullshit though? Yeah. No. Yeah. Go. <laughs> you know when he did that move. He that was his thirteenth straight make. That wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't. I think that yeah, move gets insane. remembered because it was spectacular. But I yeah. think that move gets remembered more, especially by the people who saw it, because yeah. of how unconscious Jordan was in this game. Yeah, like fifteen of eighteen, doing shots the way he was doing them. Yeah, uh, is absurd. Yeah, and I think it it adds more to his legend that he did the spectacular move when he's made 13 fucking straight shots. Ridiculous. Well, what or Grant's 10 of 13. What do you think is bullshit about it? Like, I think it's bullshit for Magic to think that they're showboating when meanwhile, he's just like... That. I've seen Jordan hang in the air and do all kinds of dumb shit. I don't think that... I, I disagree with him that it was show with Magic that it's showboating because yeah. we've seen Michael take way crazier shots yeah, or of equal craziness, and that not—it's just that's that's his game. I I just want to add to the to the like being in that in that um scenario. Like I could understand saying it from now, but Magic Johnson and I'm sure all of his fans too are looking at it as we're the fucking Lakers. We've yeah. been here and dominated this league for an entire decade. Yeah, do not get to show off. When you're still down, down, you're down in the series, 
and you got a good game and you went great, you do not get to disrespect us. That I'm so, so pretty sure quote, that's how everybody felt. The quote from Byron Scott, and it was something to this effect, was essentially, whatever, dude, you're it's one one. We have five chips and you have none. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> Keep scoring. Keep doing that. It's worked out so well for you the last seven years. <laughs> That's basically the vibe that we're getting yeah. going into game three here. Yeah. And in game three, Bulls come right into LA. 104 96. So 29 points on 28 shots. A little less efficient, but I wanted to look at Magic's numbers. Go ahead. I just wanted to, because I know we've done this before, and it's not to—I mean, not to promote anybody else, but 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 Bill Simmons thinks that this is Jordan's biggest game to date at this point in his career. Yeah, and do you do you agree with that? That what? Ha- so so to add context to the to the um to it, going into the fourth quarter, Bulls are down. Jordan Jordan goes and hits a pull up jump shot to bring them to overtime. Yeah, three point four seconds to go. Yeah, and it's just like a a freaking. It's a like it's a. It's definitely a clutch shot. These are the clutch shots that people don't talk about because it's not the end of the. You know, he didn't end the game with it. You know what I mean? Like you know what this reminds me of a little bit though. You're gonna call me an asshole, but you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. Terms of in terms of like, I'm looking at it. This looks exactly the same as that. It's kind of fucking reminds me of the Lebronto shot where he's on the other side and running down the court and hitting the bank shot on the other side. It yeah. kind of reminds me of that in terms of like how it was constructed. He runs down, gets his spot, and hits yeah. it. Like obviously, a little it's bit almost more. eerily similar to Kobe's Phoenix shot. That too, but th- yeah, that Phoenix shot was taken off the tip off, right? Huh? It was, it yeah, was, it was a tip off. It was like a little bit. It's very it's very close, and they shoot it at almost the same exact spot. Yeah, and it, like it didn't obviously the the um it didn't the crowd didn't erupt <laughs> because they were they were in L A for him to hit that shot in L A though big oh. shot I'm sure like that's pressure on I'm him. sure to him though he was looking at it like this, this is just another like day in the office yeah his argument is in the first round. Uh, like a, a lot of people think that his breakout moment is either the forty, which we thought we we agree that the breakout point is him against the Celtics. Yeah, but well, he. Feel, uh, oh, in terms of like when he gets seen by people. Well, his breakout, like what made him his on the mat moment, is him against the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. So he 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 thinks that his breakout moment is in the finals when he hits that. When he when he hits that um shot to bring him to overtime, and then um get that core victory, um in game three, which I could understand in terms of his career to that point, that was that was definitely his biggest shot hit because of the magnitude of the stage. Sure, so I understand where Bill Simmons is coming from there. That I can agree with. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 definitely hard because it's like, bro, you knew this dude was the shit by like. The shot like added to it, obviously. I think the sixty-three yeah. um, against against Boston is is obviously insane. Just because he, it's a record that still to this day, what thirty-five years later has not been broken. So yeah. it's like I could see where everybody's coming from in that thing. I, I'm just curious to know. I I still think his in terms of on the map, it would be that. But I think yeah. I think what Bill Simmons means 
by that jump shot. I think that was the difference between people looking at him like, okay, you're just a selfish scorer to, oh, you're trying to be really be a champion. Like, yeah, it's like, like, because I feel like people knew he was clutch. So he's only got two points in the fourth quarter right now, as we just saw that little graphic. Yeah, he was having like a pretty mediocre game. So 11 first quarter, four in the second, four in the third, and then two in the fourth for 21 total points. He's going to finish with 29. 29. So he's going to score. He's going to get those couple of buckets here. (laughs) But they get a huge win in game three, and they're not going to let the Lakers win another game in this series. Yeah, and Scotty fouls out in that in that game. Yes, he does. He does Six uh, fouls. He doesn't, he doesn't play in the in the overtime. So how, how many points I got? We don't it, it, it doesn't show how many It points. doesn't show exactly how many he got yeah, in overtime. I'm pretty sure he had at least But one. I mean, we could have done the math from that graphic we saw earlier. Yeah. Right? So he, he hit had, the big shot so it was at least 6 4 to 6 points he scored in overtime, which would have been a third or half of the team's Total points in overtime. Right. Um, he plays 52 minutes, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, Magic with 50 minutes, right? And I think Magic probably was, uh, let's see, he got to the free throw line nine times. Probably a reason why Scottie Pippen was in foul trouble, too. Yeah. Uh, but he's still, if you can limit Magic's game to an extent, he shot 46% here, right? Mm-hmm. He still got his 22 and 10. But if you slow him down a little bit, it does make the difference in the game, and we could see that. Yeah. Um, so let's. Scotty pretty much matched them in yeah. terms of you know. I wanted to see, and then productivity. They're gonna blow them out here in Game Four. Yeah. In LA. Similar kind of deal, right? Yeah. Every everybody scores double figures who starts for the Bulls here. Yeah. And that's something you see, like. Jordan had to score 30 to 35 every game for them to have a chance before. And now he's, he's he gave you his 28, but everybody around them also did well. And he had 13 assists. Because 13 of- assists. Yeah. This is a different guy. This reminds me of a guy who played with Dean Smith, right? Yep. Understands yep. the value of the team and the Olympic Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, who was starting his career like this, similar, getting getting his teammates involved, playing a little bit less uh, aggressive from a shot volume perspective. Yeah. Uh, but what was I, I going to say? This is not the Paxson game. The next game is the Paxson game, correct? So game five. Just want to make sure I'm right about that. Yeah, he had 20. So... Game five, Michael Jordan's going to get 10 assists again, 30 and 10 assists, right? Yeah. Pippen's going to finish with 32. So they're both completely uh, overpowering, right? But yeah. let's see if I can Pippen get and Jordan almost shooting the same amount of shots. Yeah. Wait, same amount of shots as what? As I each think. other. Uh-huh. Like they said, they, Jordan shot 23 shots, Pippen at 22. Yeah. So again, they're... So, so just because I know... You're gonna have you have a theme going forward, and I could ever, I already could tell through last last year's breakdown. So I want to add to this because Russell's gonna sweep it under his his rug because he does, you know he wants to create his narrative. So Scottie Pippen 
32, what, what was it? 32, 13, mate or something like that? 30, yeah, some, yeah, a double-double. With In 30. a big game, literally the closeout game of the series, he said he, he stepped up and they, they beat the Lakers because of it. So yeah, just to I, add to I, his – I remember when I was watching the last dance here, everybody talked about how Scotty was great. I think all they said was he guarded Magic and that was it. They talked more about John Paxson in this series than Scotty Pippen. Isn't that fucking sad? Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. Because what I was about to talk about and why I pulled up game five was this is the moment that everyone realizes that Jordan is uh, a changed man, per se. So yeah. he's getting doubled in this in this game, right? Yeah. We're in the middle of the game now, so he's getting the, the regular single coverage on the block. But he's yeah. going to start to get doubled. And Phil Jackson goes ballistic at him. Because you can tell in this third quarter, he's starting to get off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Phil, see, here's the double team starting to come. And you, you don't see the triangle anymore. No. This is not in, in sight. And Michael and Phil Jackson just yells at Michael like, who the fuck is open? Right? And Jordan goes, Paxson. And he goes, and, and Phil Jackson goes, then get him the fucking ball. Yeah. Right? And that's where Michael's going to get four quick, easy assists to John Paxson. That's going to ice this fourth quarter and ice the game. There's one of them. Dash and kick. And do you know why I think this was brought up in the last dance and why there was a point to this? I genuinely believe that Michael Jordan brought this up to say, LeBron James, your style of play is fucking easy. I can drive and kick. Whenever I want, but it's it's way more challenging oh to do that. I really believe that's why I was in the last dance. A lot of people feel like Le- like Jordan didn't want to do the last dance documentary until LeBron won that championship in Cleveland. That's been documented. Apparently, apparently they got the call about it right after he won his Golden State championship, the 2016 one. Exactly, and I think I I genuinely believe because you, you remember when Michael was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Drive. And then just pass it, right? Yeah. Paxson is open. Get him the ball. And I started looking for Paxson. Everybody, you know, in the world's expecting Jordan to force something through a double team. He doesn't do it. He draws and dishes. Paxson open again. Once Pax hits that first shot, so oh, okay, fine. Let me do this again. Penetrate, find Pax. And he just kept hitting him, kept hitting him, kept hitting him. I genuinely believe. That was intentionally a part in the documentary because Michael looks at it like what LeBron, what LeBron's doing, and you guys all think LeBron's great for. I could do that shit in my sleep, but I chose to do it the hard way. You know what I mean? That kind of mentality, that kind of vibe to it. So, I really so, believe that. Uh, the only reason I feel like so my whole thing is if you because if he's if he really is doing that, am I? It hinders him more than it's. It bigs him up in my mind because it took a coach to show you that, right? Rather than LeBron James just playing like that. Great point. So that's why I don't feel like I feel like Jordan would never want to like make himself seem like that. I don't in my mind. Oh, I do. I do. You don't think Michael Jordan would put down somebody else to make himself look better? I, I feel think, like no, would, I do. I, but I don't think he would. I think what's getting lost in translation is that. 
it's not that LeBron's style of play isn't, like, good or whatever. It's more so that Jordan's like, look, yeah, you win, but you need others to win. And here I am. And I can, like, I can use others to win. But most of the time, I win because of me. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, and, and I, 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 could, I feel like that was Jordan trying to tell people, you thought I was a ball hog. But look. They told they told me something and I followed it and I and I went like I think I feel like he was just more so trying to show people like look I I am a what like I trust my teammate I trust my teammates when it mattered yeah um, I just did, to prove, that's what the, that's the narrative I think he was just trying to like come across as and it could very well be your your case Dude, that, I just wanted to bring it up I'm glad you disagree I I wanted to I just wanted to bring it up because I I every time I see that clip in the last dance where he goes. He goes, oh, okay, and he kind of makes it sound like dumb easy. I think he's, I think he's doing that for a reason. I really do, and I think it's a LeBron related reason. Okay, if that's LeBron's game, it's what yeah, he does. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, LeBron, I could be wrong. I'm fine if I'm wrong, but I, I, I that's the vibe I got. Yeah, because that's more of a James Harden thing. I would consider. Oh, get out of here! You're telling me that LeBron didn't win his championships in Miami, learning to do that drive and kick the three-point shooters come on that's no, how he of course, it, of course it, it helped him but i'm talking about like that no one that's not why lebron is looked at as like a great passer lebron no, is looked at as a great passer because he's had like but that's but you're that's his game his game is drive and kick and he's one of the best ever to do it but that's his game is is and that's how for example the miami heat that's how they were structured Wade and LeBron are entering the paint and and creating uh, driving lanes and, or what do you call it, drive, drives and whatnot, yeah. and the rest of the guys stand on the outside. As we've been talking about with Michael Jordan, a lot of times he didn't have that luxury because there was no fucking space. Yeah. But now as we're getting a little bit further and there's a little bit more of those specialists like you were talking about, yeah. now we can do that. And I think that's where he's coming from. I, I pause it here to, to bring up one last thing and then you can <laughs> say, say your thing. Michael, this is the mania is, is real. We're in it. This is my point. Yeah. I think there were two. There are two sides to this story in '91. I think there's the side of the story where people think this is Magic's last year to get this championship. Magic's the greatest player in the league right now. Um, Magic's better than Jordan. I think there's that side, and then I think there's the Michael for president, greatest score since Will Chamberlain. Uh, the best, easily the best player in the league, but doesn't is, is never on the best team. Finally, our our guy is is yeah. you know what I mean. I think you, that's that's the two sides to the coin. Do you think? Because just <laughs> thinking about how I felt about Kobe in twenty eleven, I don't know if people thought this is Magic's last time to get a championship. I feel like you know what I mean. Like and plus. Magic didn't even think that. Hell no, I don't think he because, did. You know the HIV thing happens, and then and then like that kind of sidelines them, which I which is what actually leads to what I wanted to ask you. Um, do you think if Magic doesn't get HIV, that it changes um, Jordan's legacy? Like, because he could, you could argue that Magic could have pushed the Lakers to more finals. Absolutely, sure. you know what I mean? Because he was still it, it smacked him right in his like. He seemed like a kind of player that was gonna play it to his his um at least middle thirties, like based off right. of how. And how especially he was considering considering his game is post up, 
as he was going to, as he gained weight a little bit, because we saw him come back in 95, 96 as like a fatter guy. Yeah. So even if worst case scenario, I don't think he would have gotten in that bad of shape had he kept playing. But if he would have gained weight with his age, because that seems to happen to guys. Yeah. uh, I think it would have helped his game and been fine because. Yeah. Of the, the, uh, the style that he was already playing. So I, I think that's a good point. And I, and I think that Michael Jordan, NBA playoffs MVP, that doesn't exist, NBC. I think you should change your fucking graphic. But uh, <laughs> Jordan's going to w- win the finals MVP here. And this starts the run of dominance through the 1990s. Yeah. And in terms of your magic question, I'm just trying, I'm really thinking about that now. It's pro- as I was making that statement, I'm processing yeah. it. And I'm just like, because the magic goes. He would have gotten. I think he would have gotten there in '92 or '93. I think he might have gotten there in one of those next two years. That 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 um, that Suns team was pretty good. But yeah, I agree with you. But um, he 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 definitely in '92. I could totally see Magic going to the finals again, and I don't know. It, depending on the weapons and shit, like, cause, cause the Lakers, they don't really go get too bad, like until like the later. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like they go on a little drop because obviously Magic left, which yeah. which, which alters things. But I think in ninety, Lakers were forty three and thirty nine in that next year. Yeah, so you have, have to think that Magic, magic at all. Yeah. A couple games, you know, ten games. Like you, we've seen that for Magic. Oh, for sure. They're a 55 win team with Magic. Yeah, exactly. And then there was the, the season Magic does come back, which is too late or whatever. Yeah. Um cuz he comes back with 30 games to go. Right. They they won like 57 games or something like that. So the Lakers aren't too horrible. Like it, it would have been more interesting that way, I feel like. Oh, I mean, nah, nah. You don't, I don't think know about so? that. I don't know about that. The, the Clyde series is really interesting. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of shit to talk about when we get to that point. I think the Clyde stuff is incredibly interesting. and Yeah, there's a lot of stories to that, for sure. There's a lot of emasculation that occurs. Yeah. And I, I, I look forward. I, I'm looking forward to talking about that next year, yeah. uh, this next season. You guys are fucked in the head. This is the, <laughs> this is the most – I think this is the most focused – that Bulls team is to like in terms of all six of his championships. I think this might be the most focused. I think that's the biggest reason that he thinks this is his best team because I yeah. think he, I think Michael Jordan himself would agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think I, I think Phil ja- like watching it, you have to give Phil Jackson credit. Like he definitely was a core part and reason. Like I know people like. Russell Broderick doesn't think Phil Jackson is as great of a coach um, as as a lot of people do because a lot of people feel like Phil Jackson is the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, between him and they do. I, I mean, know. eleven chips. Like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say who the greatest coach of all time is when they never stepped foot on the floor, and everybody who's in this conversation has a top five NBA player with them. Like yeah. a top, like, like who's on the list? Pat Riley. He had Magic Johnson, right? Yeah. Uh, Red Auerbach. He had Bill Russell um, and John Havlicek and all, that whole Celtics run, right? 
yeah. uh, fucking Popovich. He had Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. Yeah. Uh, every coach has these has a top ten NBA player of all time. So it makes it so hard to figure out. It's from that point. It's about preference. Like look at Steve Kerr, for example, who would be the best coach or considered the best coach of this era at Steph. Like yeah. can only get away with what you can get away with because of the, your personnel. And that's, yeah. that's how I feel about Phil Jackson. And that's why it's hard to determine who the greatest coach of all time truly is like it, for me, yeah. because at the end of the day, a great coach is supposed to make the players even greater. Yeah. But there's no real metric to yeah. judge that, yeah. in my opinion. The, the only thing that, that that makes me feel confident about Phil, for sure, um, and obviously Greg, is you can you literally saw a huge difference from the, the Bulls of 89 to 90. Facts. It was like a, you saw the jump. But is that is that the system or is that the coach? I think it's the system, personally. The system? Yeah. Yeah, but he he's he's operating the system. Right, but they could have hired Tex Winner as that coach. Yeah, but then the and then the, the part that pushes Phil and we'll as we'll get into in it, for the future like more of Jordan's career, but we know that how he because the next thing about the coach is you have to be able to control personalities and all this other stuff. And that's where Phil Jackson was like a they call him the Zen master. Yeah. So but, I, but also they called Phil Jackson the Zen master because he would borderline trick his players into motivation. That's what I think of when I think of the Zen master. I think of a guy much like Jordan who would trick himself into being motivated. Yeah. And I think that's why. Phil worked for Michael as a coach because sure. if if Michael couldn't find any motivation, Phil would help him out, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but I I don't know whether I think that is better than Greg Popovich's method of just being brutally honest with people and that military style thing. Yeah. And I, I I think I maybe this I like the Spurs flow flow offense a little better than yeah. the triangle. But that's and, what I mean. It's all down to preference, and it's yeah, so much and, harder. Yeah. To and it's, per, it's also personnel too, because like Greg, obviously, like Greg Pop, it's just the way like Greg would talk to Tim. Tim Duncan would would respond to that better than maybe if those Jackson's lying to him. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Right. And and also, I, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent a preference thing because like. Between between um Jordan and and Kobe and and Shaq ha- going through the the triangle like it was fun to watch like probably more MJ's the triangle you know version of the triangle just because of all the shit that he 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 did with it you know along with it and it's like and the Spurs twenty fourteen Spurs were like so like it, they were very fun favorite. to watch in terms of an offensive system. And I could yeah. just pick one season. That's my favorite offensive system that's ever existed. That yeah. and the '86 Celtics, what they were doing. The that's only thing is them. that, like, Pop won one really one championship off that system. Like, he did his that's his oh, he did not. They did not play like that in 07. The the right, the, but that's but doesn't that speak to him ad- being, adaptation? The whole thing yeah. is 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 um. You can say Phil Jackson's system has lasted at least 
20 years. Yeah, but there's but you could also say that, that system had zero adaptation. Absolutely not. Like because when there was a zone that came, when the zone defense was allowed, triangle was nullified to an extent. Especially before this time of this time of play when shooting really is the emphasis. And emphasis. Wait, the whole it's hard to say adaptation when it lasted from the 90s to to the 2010. It didn't change. Yeah, that's it yeah. Change. It didn't change. There's no wiggle room. Like you have the triangle, and it's the triangle, and it's gonna work. And that's it. And and it that's well, the whole it. Well, well, the adaptation of the triangle is just pushing it out further. The, like, oh, I disagree. I disagree. That's not. That's not what I'm. It's not just pushing it out. It's also the like you couldn't. We're getting so far off topic, but we you couldn't. There's real basketball nerd stuff. People probably you couldn't. You the way that. The reason why the triangle doesn't work now and the reason why it worked so well then is because of three-point shooting more than anything else. And the reason and the reason why a team like the Clippers hasn't been able to master it to that extent either is because the extra floor spacing makes the triangle a little bit more uh, ve- definitely different but clearly uh, more difficult because of the 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 way the floor is spaced out where the flow offense uh that's what's called flow motion or some shit like that that Popovich run or ran for those mid 2010s Spurs teams. It's it's similar in terms of that it's 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 supposed to be fluid ball movement like the triangle. You're always supposed to know where a guy is, uh, but it's made for that the distance and stretching the floor. And I I think that makes the difference. But it's hard to I don't know when you that's again we also saw Michael take five threes a game in a couple of these series. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for, ooh, that was fire. Um, That was the crazy. That's one of my favorite dunks of all time. Freaking insane. Like, how do you get around that like that? Like, it's just beautiful. uh, But we are... This is championship one of inevitably. Wait, you see the little head? Did you see it? It was right there. Ewing's little head and the thingy. You see his tiny little head? Fucking <laughs> <Something like> you. <laughs> but, Look at it. Look at uh, it on his big bowler shoulders, and then there's this tiny little rock. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls have finally climbed the mountain. Right. So we're watching the first ever, uh, or Michael Jordan's first ever ring ceremony. You can see his smile has to be surgically removed. I feel like he was probably smiling from the last game versus the Lakers up until November <laughs> or October when they started. <laughs> um, but they were able to get over the hump versus the Lakers. And they, at least the way each person talked about it, um, you know, in the documentary was like Phil Jackson was like, it's, it's only good. It's only so good to do it once. In order to be considered great or whatever, you have to do it again, right? Yeah. Do you agree with that? That um, in order to be great, con- considered great, you have to repeat. I feel like in basketball, for sure, because of the because of the lineage. But I feel like at that point, I don't know if that's necessarily. Uh, I'm not sure. I feel like. For a team, for teams to be be considered great, I feel like they have to like repeat maybe. 
But for a player, I feel like especially now it's harder to say that because they don't always stick with organizations and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, yeah, because I, I can see, first of all, Phil Jackson was only saying that to motivate them to go to, to do it oh, again. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got to find, that's his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, I I kind of, I agree in terms of the player because it, like when you think about it, like Dirk, yeah, if Dirk woulda did his final his his finals run, and then came back and won it again. True, that would have made him. He would have most likely people would have fought for him to be top ten. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think in twenty twenty one the answer is yes. But in nineteen ninety one, I don't. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's a fair thing to to say. But. Now, considering we've had this period of time where we've had all the "quote unquote" greats in the last thirty years have a repeat yeah. between LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, uh, a couple. Of them. Duncan, Duncan was another one that went every other year, but yeah. but there's still a lot of guys in this current modern era that have done the back to back thing. So I would say yeah. I would say definitely. Thank yeah, you. I would, and I, I I think the only guys that kind of fall like aren't in that rule yeah. right here are ones that went to multiple finals. Like, cause you, you won multiple championships and you also went to multiple finals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Larry would be right. And, you know, like he never repeated, but he went to five finals. Yeah. You know? Same thing with magic. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I definitely think, I think that, uh, Jordan was smart to think about it like that in terms of differentiating, differentiating himself from the eighties, uh, in this era, like, even though obviously he was using it for motivation, I think he's right in the sense that Jordan being able to repeat, uh, probably did make him stand out going forward, but let's not, let's not jump the gun. We're not at the playoffs yet. Mm -hmm. Talking to my damn self. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but let's get this. The other thing I wanted to mention, or the the one thing I did want to mention, I think this is Scotty's best season with Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I had that down too. Yeah. Scotty was top fifteen in scoring. It was probably one his sec I think second best year in terms of being um that offensive threat. Right. Um which at the time he's a clear number he's a clear like second star. Yeah, for sure. Twenty one seven and twenty one eight and seven really with yeah. two steals and a block. Like, I think that would still be considered it wouldn't be a considered a second like superstar in this era but it would definitely be considered like that's a that's easily like chris middleton kind of i think lebron i think lebron going into this next stage in lebron's career after this injury i could see him with this kind of number and stat uh, line with the he, 20, maybe not so much defensively with the two steals yeah, and I'm not, say, like, i was gonna say 21 7 and 7 i think is realistic Going forward, if, I was gonna say if he could do that with Scotty's defense, then <laughs> I mean, you got a great second, you know, third career or whatever. But this goes back to what we were saying in previous years. The thing that makes this Bulls team, because it's kind of thin, like in terms of depth, in my opinion, like they have specialists, yeah, sure. but it's kind of thin in terms of like who can we give the ball to and make their own play, yeah. which. uh I agree. And especially as as we go into the playoffs, we'll see that for sure. Yeah, and that's why I think Scotty cuz I think Scotty's job where Michael's job was to come out and win the game 
like BJ BJ Armstrong said this. Once Michael realized that he was just there to quote unquote win the game, then he would he would let everybody else get involved in the first three quarters and mm-hmm. kind of w- let the triangle do its job then. But when it came to winning time, that's when he wanted to step up and make it a more, you know, the 80s style that we had run through. When I, when I like, back in quarantine, when I was, like, watching him play, yeah. I remember the key distinction that I noticed between him and Kobe. Because, like, I would that, – that was, like, the main reason I was watching at the time, just to kind right. of see how much different they, they were. Yeah. And the key – the key thing that I noticed was he played within the offense. Right. And then kind of like throughout the whole game and then towards the end, he, he started. And Kobe was just in attack mode as as much as he could. So, right. Like, and which is more like what MJ was like in the beginning of his career versus his change. That's, that's, that's what everybody who watched him in the era says. Like there's never – the biggest difference between him and guys who quote unquote play like him is – there's a lot of wasted motion with other guys where Jordan very rarely, like you're not going to see him dribble, 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 dribble. And he's going to make his move very quickly. Nine times out of 10. Yep. And, uh, well, you know, pl- players with that play style, that's how they, that's cause that's how Kobe was too. Like, right. he, yeah, like, and that's what I like. That's why I get frustrated with players now because I'm just like, bro, like, I don't care. Like, Kyrie Irving's fun to watch, but, like, after a while, you just think about it, and it's like, bro, you wasted, like, 20 seconds just to get a two, you know, two points when yeah. this just attack, like, immediately and just got, got what he had to get. Where where does, where does this season rank um, in Michael's all-time best seasons when we talk about it just for him? Because he's going to win MVP back-to-back here, yeah. right? And, uh, and they got 67 wins, which yes. is their – third highest win total of the 90s of the 90s yeah i think they had the 72 the 69 and then this so and i think this year is actually the most impressive regular season that they had i agree i we we've noted it well no we we didn't okay (laughs) i i keep i keep jumping we this this era of Michael Jordan's like three peat span is the mo- most competitive era. A lot yeah. of people think about the '72 win season as like a huge thing, but this is actually an era where before the expansion, um, you have a lot of teams who are um, competitive and and um, actually competing for a title versus having all these the extra. I think how many how many teams came in the expansion? Oh, it was like. Fuck! It'll be on you. It'll be on your screen because oh, sure. yeah. the Magic's here, so the t- the league has expanded a little bit. Yeah, so far because the Magic the Magic came around uh, recently, and so did Minnesota. Yeah, and then there there's one more later on. I know. I have it. It'll be on your screen. Yeah. In the East, you got you got the top four seeds, all fifty one t- seeds, and then Same you don't have. West. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's like it's definitely much more competition that he's facing at this at this point in his career and um and there's stars and hall of famers on each team yeah like you got ewing with the knicks Suns. i think this is barkley's first year with the Suns. i'm gonna double check but i'm pretty sure that oh no it's the next year but still Suns with kevin johnson jeff hornacek dan marley this is basically basically the finals team minus chuck 
who they'll get in the next year. So they're a 51 club. You got the Spurs, David Robinson, Jazz, Stockton, and Malone. And I'm pretty sure this is about the time where Stockton, from assist per game standpoint, is just... I think 13.7. Yeah. It's, he's around, that, it, this is that era where he's just like, that's the offense. And he's yeah. getting all the assists. Pick and roll. Or, yep. um, Warriors with Chris Mullen, run TMC. Uh, and it's funny, like if you don't actually go in and do the research to it, you would look at the season and think, oh, it was a good season, but, you know. There's uh, a lot of Hall of Fame. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that then. Okay. And the, the last team I was going to mention was Portland with the second uh, in MVP voting, Clyde Drexler. Okay. Uh, which I thought was very interesting as we go into the playoffs. So Clyde was the Clyde was in second, and many saw him as the West Coast Jordan. Yeah, there were people at the time saying that he was just as good as Jordan. Yeah, but didn't get as much media hype because he was in Portland as yep. opposed to Chicago. Yeah, and Portland did not draft Michael Jordan because they already had Clyde Drexler. Yeah, which is another thing to note. Uh, but Clyde, this is one of his best years: twenty-five, six and a half, and six and a half. Uh, almost two steals a game, but I feel like with 67 wins and you're averaging 30, you're leading the league in scoring again. And this is also Michael Jordan being like, "Oh yeah, I remember you guys said MVPs uh, and scoring champions can't win championships." Yeah. He's in that mode right now. And another thing, so I've and this is like my little um, narrative that I want to keep on pushing. Michael Jordan. In this year, he's third in, in Defensive Player of the Year. This is the out of the last six seasons, or from 88 to 93, he's been top three in Defensive Player of the Year four times. He won one, and he's been top three four times, which yeah. is insane for a guy who's scoring this much. And um, I don't, you don't see any other... Um, There's nobody in today's game that leads the league in scoring as obviously as he did, and could also completely shut down their their dude. Yeah. And nobody, there's nobody in the top ten right now that in our like in our imaginary top ten, right. anybody who you speak of who is who has all these MVPs, scoring titles, and and have been in discussion for Defensive Player of the Year this much. Right. It's complete. Like, it's complete two way dominance. Yeah. And and like. You you think of, like when I look at it a lot and just the numbers kind of if you don't dig into it you don't you won't notice this but like Kobe Kobe has twelve defensive all all NBA teams yeah has nine right but to the level of defense he was playing at that's what that's where the diff, like it, it's different like Kobe yeah. was a great defender but he was like well Kobe was a really good defender he was a great defender you know what yeah. I mean like, to be top three in defense as a guard. Yeah, that doesn't happen. How many guards no. have, have won Defensive Players of the Year? Probably Tony Allen's. A small number. The last I don't even think, years I don't think he's Tony on Allen. that list, but it's a small number. It's a really small number, for sure. And another thing that was crazy this year is Scottie Pippen was also tied for third. Oh, so that's they, who was tied there. Yeah, so right. there were there were two guys, there were two guys in one team that that, and this was also Pippen's best offensive year as well. So. I just think it, there's it's not a big surprise that they won 67 games when we're looking into it. The further we die, yeah, you know what I mean. And then and then like this 
makes a case for Apex greatest year. I agree. That's like, that's I uh, totally agree. <clears throat> that's a great point. That's a great point. I think that this t- this team is for sure in the running. Yeah. For sure. Um you know what this reminds me of? You're going to call me an idiot, but I swear to god. So in the late 90s, Stone Cold Steve Austin came to prominence in the WWE and it was for a very Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I mean, I just didn't expect to wrestle. I know. I know. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I knew it. But hear me out. So he, for years, for years, roughly the same amount of time that Jordan had without uh, being on top, right? For years, he was in the middle of the card, uh, working with WWF, never saw as seen as that big champion in a very similar way. And then when he finally got the championship, he, his, his point, that peak, where he got the championship and was running the show, it was only for about four four years. It, which in a wrestler, like when you think about somebody like John Cena, who's been around all like twenty years now. Okay. Like Steve Austin's four years, it it was the easily the hottest point in wrestling, right? So similar to Jordan here, Jordan, and this is the argument we're going to start to see as LeBron goes further down his career, and there's more people who are like give that longevity argument. Yeah. This peak, this apex, no pun intended. Yeah. This apex is the highest any basketball player has reached, in my can, opinion. Can I add two things? To yeah, it? of course. So, um, the first thing was I like the fact that you compared LeBron James to John Cena and Michael Jordan to Stone Cold. <laughs> and um, for our wrestling fans, that's what you know. That's what we're here for. And then two. Um, you just you just gave the definition of what apex greatness is. Exactly. No, correct. No, correct. Yeah, and to add to the, to this, so what Phil Jackson kind of Phil Jackson kind of made it where they had like mini goals within the season. And I think that's another thing. Like they say, um, in order to be successful with your goals, you have to have goals within your goals to make yeah. your main goal goalception, yeah. if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what he would do is he'd want them to go on, like, four or five-game win streaks. They lost, keep on doing that, and kind of build, like, some type, you know, habits. And, um, I mean, so you can see why they got 67 wins. And they at the, and they knew that, because um, I, I, I saw in that documentary that um, many many of the players talked about how teams were, like, going for them now. Like, yeah. they were champions. They were the big dogs on the block. and. And what happens to everybody when they – it happens to every great player when they win their first title. Then yeah. all of a sudden, any regular season game is suddenly heightened because you're playing the champs. Exactly. Like yeah. you're, you're the measuring stick. Yeah, exactly. Besides Dirk. But whatever. I'm not trying to throw shade on him. Um, <laughs> You've been doing so, it constantly, this breakdown. <laughs> I don't know, but that's just the only guy that I always think of. He's within my time frame that I just remember that I was just like, he's just so different, like from everyone else that I've seen win championships. Yeah. But I give him love in the first in the first thing. But here's yeah. what the other thing I wanted to know: the triangle offense is really in in its apex as well because they're third in the league in assists with almost 28 a game. Yeah. Which is like Warriors level assisting. And they're, they're top five in offense and defense. For sure. Um, Which goes back to the, the two best wing players in the league being on your team and the, your two stars. Yeah. It goes exactly. right back to and that. They're shooting 50% as a team. 
Yeah. Is is this and is this the only team really with two what we would consider superstars at this time? Stockton and Malone, I think, would be two stars and superstar guys. Uh okay. Outside of that, I mean you got you know, you got you had Bird Mikhail Parrish and you had Magic uh and Worthy. It was like done up. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but even got MVP. The Celtics are still a fifty-win ball club at this point. They're still winning. Uh, where's that summary? Yeah, but I'm saying like they're not at superstar level at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I mean, somebody's still giving Larry Bird a little bit of MVP love, and twenty yeah. twenty ten and seven is not terrible. Is Bill voting at this point? Because that was definitely one of his votes. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) There's no damn way he should be getting MVP votes. But but no, it just goes back to what you were saying before with the league being stacked. But you're right. There's not a lot of these stacked guys together. I mean, run TMC, but I wouldn't consider that superstar level. But it is Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen in the top 10 of MVP voting. Yeah. Because uh, no, I, I get what you're saying, I yeah, do get what you're saying, and I, I just wanted to push this point a little fo- forward. Where because a lot of it, it just goes back to the because organizations did it, it it was okay on the player, but he when you look at it, he definitely did have an advantage in terms of his team. Like you had one of the top 15 players in the league as your second guy. Yeah, but he was unlocked, as we know. He was completely unlocked through the triangle. Because before the triangle, yeah, he was younger. But before the triangle, he was, you know, Doug Collins was always on his ass, was always criticizing him. And And he was not as involved in the... Huh? Say that again? Sorry. I was saying he was not as involved in the offense. Yeah. Obviously, if you're not as involved in the offense, you're not going to be as great of a defensive player. Cause you and he didn't have the confidence. And I'd say after the championship, after he spent that finals locking up Magic, right, I think that gave him, like, over-the-moon confidence. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Cause, and just winning – I always think winning that second championship does something for your second guy. If you look at it, Kobe, after winning the, the 2000 championship, he went to that next level. Great you point. Got, um, you, who, who's the other guy that I was thinking of? Um, AD is another guy. Well, it should have been AD this year. AD, but yeah, I know. I, I was thinking the same thing even with Anthony Davis. Like, yeah. I, 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 even though he got injured, it was on. He was on the, his way, and they were they were looking good when they were healthy. But I'm just trying to think of other guys uh, that are like that. But he, even so, the confidence builds when you get that championship. And the and Clay Thompson, he, that's a good one. Yeah, because uh, I think he was better after that point. That's definitely yeah. true. He was he was definitely he was definitely progressing throughout his whole career. But but um, I, I would say that the championship definitely brought. Him, I mean, the championship brought both of them to the next level. Yeah. Clay Thompson and Curry. That's 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 true as fuck. But uh. We we agree, MJ, MVP, not oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Not even close. This might be his best. This might be where everything's together, like you were saying. Peak of his athletic powers, knows what he's doing um, from a IQ standpoint, yeah. and is clutch, is shooting over 50%. Um, 
and has like just has everything from a basketball player standpoint. Yeah, that it's and it's one like yeah. when you look at this season, you as like a just an average you won't you that wouldn't be a standout season to you out of his whole you know out yeah, of his whole you look, career. You'd probably look at the second three Pete if you were just looking at it on paper like whoa two back to back sixty five plus win seasons yeah them being seventy the the record yeah. you know. And even the first time when we actually did this, his breakdown, we we looked at the '93 season as like the you know the the big one, but yeah, but this season like we I, we it kind of got lost in the shuffle because it, it's the middle of the th- the three P and um yeah you 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 don't really like me when I when I looked into it and I saw like he was top three in, in defensive player of the year he was like he it looked like he was dominating on offense and defense and then you had Scotty. Who who also like it definitely was probably arguably his best team of this decade for sure. Uh, for sure, it's totally in the regular running. season for sure. Between that and '96, it's definitely in the running. Yeah, uh, but now I think we can do we can move into the playoffs. So this is something. Uh, no, I'll wait till we get to the conference finals to mention that. But Chicago Bulls versus Miami Heat, easy money sweep. Right, Michael Jordan once again, forty-five points a game, and mm-hmm. just goes back to that when it's winning time. Uh, Jordan's going to ramp up his game to another level. It's really crazy because, like, we've seen LeBron do this for the last decade or so, where he'll tone it down, even though it's twenty-seven-seven and seven. He'll tone will tone it down for the regular season, and then come playoff time, he'll go back to that near triple-double, 30 points a game thing. Michael yeah. Jordan's quote-unquote toned down was 36-6. and six. Yeah. And now when he's ramping the fuck up, he's shooting 60% from the field and putting up 45 a game. Means he's got to have a, a 50 spot. 56 points. So, in 92, he's got almost all five of the top five best scoring games in playoff history yeah. in 1992. Yeah, like he's got most of them. I'll have the list up on your screen. Uh, it's in, yeah, he because that's that's one thing that there's no perception for thirty years later because yeah. of all the other guys that have put up big points since then in the playoffs. Yeah, but, but still not at this. Not really. Like there's not guys putting up fifty five pieces really. Like yeah, Don, Don, no, it's not Donovan Mitchell. Who, who well, just, well, Donovan Mitchell put up fifty seven last year. Damian Lillard yeah. put up fifty five in the first round. This year, okay, yep, Jamal yeah. Murray put up a fifty piece too. Yeah, um, Jason but in ninety, yeah, but in ninety two, it was just Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain, and, and then top five. And I remember, like before, one of the questions you had was was um like way before, you had why did people fanboy over him so much? And yeah. I think that's part of it. It's like I agree when the when you're doing all of this crazy shit on like in the playoffs when you've never seen an offensive talent of this nature. And I know, I know some people would think, well, but I looked into Will and he didn't do this kind of stuff in the playoffs. Offensive. No, he didn't. Yeah. So, and that, that, that's a, that's a big deal, especially when a lot of people argue what was going against little white kids. He had his, he had his games on occasion, but never to an average, never to pull up an average like this. Mm-hmm. 
And Michael's not the biggest guy on the court. Yeah. And he's completely playing like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I um, but Scotty, 55%. I, I'm making note of Scotty in each round because this goes on to my point that this is Scotty's best year. Scotty, 24, 6, and 7, 2.3 steals. Of his entire career or just with MJ? I think it's this year for best for his best seasons in Scotty Pippen's career. It's this year and the year he was by himself, and that's about it. Okay. For, oh, okay. Yeah. Of, right. yeah. But I they're ranking this one ahead, though. So this is what I was about to say. Okay. If you, I think the argument could be made that because he was not asked to do more than he could, that yeah. this season could technically be better. And there's no point in this season where Scottie Pippen is a little bitch. There's no point. Not one point where he quits on his team, where he has a migraine, where he like, you know, so he's a pussy. That's so funny. So when I went, when I went through it, so what I, re- what I was going to ask before we even started the, the playoffs part, yeah. could we, could you go to the, um, to the, just the Bulls, um, like summary or whatever of the gotcha. year? Uh, yep, right there. And then, so if we were to like compare regular season players to the to the like, I don't know if you want to filter by points or whatever. But um, no, you just had it. My fault. I'm sorry. No, is that is that chart? I forgot that you can just click playoffs now. By one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so if you compare the two, you see players decrease. Well, well, descend in yeah. a lot of the role players and Scotty. They yeah. all descend from what they did in the regular season, and only MJ is the one ascending right. to the playoffs. Yeah, and that was what I think, because the first round is the first round. They were going to demolish them anyways. Right. Cool. From the first round on, they have a lot of trouble, and we'll go through it. Yeah. But and that and I and that was one thing that I noted. I'm like a lot of these players were playing great in the regular season. That's why I said this team had. Regular season wise, this was one of Jordan's greatest teams. Yeah. But playoffs, I think this was actually. It goes. It's you could argue it's one of his worst of his. You of could his argue, but also, just because, and I assume you're talking about this next series that we're going to get to here with the Knicks, right? No, for me, it's his, it's his next three series. Okay, so let's start here though, because they're going to go seven with the Knicks. Yep. Right. They're going to go seven with the Knicks. And I wanted to get Scotty's numbers. Much to your point, his numbers go down yeah. uh, from a scoring perspective. He's not shooting the ball nearly as efficient. Neither is Jordan for that matter, but he's still managing to get his 30. Um, and some- this, is, this is one of the, the toughest series of the Bulls era. Of this, the, yeah, of that first three. series. Yeah. And because Ewing is a monster – this is now they do have John Starks, Lindsay. I know you were waiting for that. Yeah, I was curious yeah. when he became a factor. Yeah, they played good defense. He was their sixth man at this point. Yeah, but, he played good defense against Jordan. Not so much this year. Next year, he, he does much better. But um, right. One thing that I have noted on here is um that the Knicks got very physical with them, just like the Pistons. And what a lot of the Bulls players, besides Jordan, did was bitch. And complain, yeah. and as you mentioned before, in the ninety in the nineteen ninety run, one of the biggest issues was that they complained a lot. They yeah. 
they kind of and that Scotty was doing. That's why I found it funny that you said this is Scotty's best playoff run. I'm like, well, he did what you hated about him or something. Paul, hear me out though. Hear me out. If I had to pick between him complaining during a physical series like this and him completely quitting when his team needed him to hit a game winner in the in the in the conference finals when he was when he was the guy and it, he was supposed to be the MJ, I'll take this in comparison. Because okay. they, they are still able to get over the adversity and get over the hump and get this series out of the way. But let's look into a few of these game by games. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? So we can start with game one. Yeah. <clears throat> game one, pretty much the Knicks come and pretty much punch them in the mouth. I mean, the score doesn't really show that, but they didn't expect the Knicks to be as physical. They came out strong in the first half. Yeah. And in the first quarter, beating them 25, holding Chicago to 16 in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Jordan put together a mini little comeback. But Ewing, this goes to the – we're going to talk about uh, whether – at some point here, we're going to talk about whether the Bulls could have won eight straight and what, whether they kept Jordan or if they kept Jordan through that time. Yeah. And I think the big a big detractor to that even though they are going to win this series, is whenever they run into a serious big man, and which there's to which there's a lot of in this era, they always have issues because there's no one on the Bulls that is a excellent defensive uh, uh, center. Like Horace Grant's pretty good at power forward, but this is an era where power forward and center there's a big fucking difference. Yeah. It's not like. It's not like the era we're in now where if you play power forward and you're seven foot, you can basically play center. What's the difference? Now yeah. it's like the, the, there's a very obvious difference between the Patrick Ewings and a guy like Xavier McDaniel who would probably like – he's like Zion size. Yeah, 6'7", 200 pounds. So he's a little bit smaller than Zion. Yeah. That's a pure power forward at this point. Uh, so I, I – I'm always interested in that because Ewing, Ewing had a lot of success against them. That's kind of how he made his name, honestly. Besides the, the frozen envelope draft in the draft, yeah. like he made his name because they always gave the Bulls problems, especially yeah. in this early era. <clears throat> uh, but game two. I, 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 I love the way these coaches and everything just talk what's on their, say what's on their mind. In these interviews, because it's like so much better to hear. Because it's like, you, like right when, when you actually listen to it, you're like, "Wow, I can't believe he just said that." Because people are so they sugarcoat everything now that it kind of fucking sucks. But like Pat Riley goes and says more so more along the line, like, "Yeah, the Bulls are gonna have a, a tough time because we're coming to take the championship from them." Pretty much is what is what he was trying to say. And it was like, "That's a, that's a, yes, like that's how you should fucking react to to the to every." series you go against and you don't have to freaking dick suck the other team oh, damn. well you gotta also look at it this way this isn't this is still an era where people are like okay jordan you won one let's see if you can do it again very very cool let's see if you ever get there again yeah big big scoring guy and also especially a guy like pat riley who just got done winning five championships with the best point guard ever yeah yeah of course he feels that way you know what i mean yeah yeah um, but this is more of an embodiment of what Pat Riley likes to do as a coach, where Showtime was kind of uh, derived from the fact that they had magic and he was so unique. Yeah. The, these, 90s, uh, these 90s Knicks 
really took on the Riley uh, when he was a player, the Riley mentality when he was a player, which was yes. tough, aggressive, physical, and like slow pace. Yeah, that's kind of what they were trying to do here. So Bulls go up three two in the series, right? And then you see the the they go in, they go into the next house and lose. Yeah, they force a game seven. In a similar a similar way where we saw uh, the Nets lose Game Six, like they're it's almost like they're playing for Game Seven because I watch a little, a little bit of those highlights. Yeah, yeah. and it, and and it's um a lot of people. I feel like a lot, especially the way people talk about Jordan of this of this era in particular, you would think that he would have just went cutthroat and ended them right then and there. But I do. I think that quote that I just mentioned. Yeah. It play a factor even with Jordan because it's like if you got a lot of your guys playing playing to at a lower level, which we obviously see, and he's also playing at a lower level because they're playing great defense on him. Twenty one um, points on twenty five shots in Game Six for MJ. Yeah, and seven that, turnovers. You can see how that's physically fucking you up and yeah. mentally screwing you up as well. So yeah, but um, what do you call it? I think that this Game Seven. They get it. They they pull. They get their shit together because Scotty's going to get a seventeen, eleven, and eleven triple double with three steals. Right, seventeen points on eleven shots. So he played phenomenal yeah. in Game Seven. And Scotty states that MJ's leadership helped him in this game. Where so I, I think he got into an altercation with one of the Knicks guys and, right. and defended him, and he was like, "Him defending me kind of helped me out." And I'm just like. Shouldn't he be defending you the whole series and taking him <laughs> to help you? Like he was like, you know, Scotty handled himself, you know, like well, they always they always said that in the last uh, or Jordan made a point to say that in when they were talking about the piston stuff. Yeah. Was Jordan was like he was looking for someone to stand up for him to stand up for him. And mm-hmm. I was looking for someone on the court to stand up with me and help me score. And so we helped each other out in that way. I tr- I was able to trust him after that, and he was able to trust me. So to your point, you'd think they'd already have that down by now. Yeah, like I th- it was almost like they they were like, oh, I'm not expecting another team like the Pistons, so we're good. And probably, like, probably. Because in, in reality, the NBA didn't want that anymore. No. Like they, they clearly made it a, a thing to say, like, we the Pistons are something we hate and we okay. don't want to see moving forward and then you just see this Knicks team I mean but in reality this Knicks team was more so rugged really against the Bulls I felt like they had they felt like they had to like in order to stand the chance in the series yeah and that's probably what a lot of teams felt like they had to do against a guy like Michael Jordan because he's so skilled if you don't have enough skill you have to use will and will a lot of times means some of that physicality fucking playing hard even though you're not exactly the best person on the court uh, but that, that forty-two piece, yeah. That those little th- is these things that kind of like a negative stigma on Jordan would have been he got locked up this series. You could right. argue, right? But then when you drop a forty-two piece and you blow them out in Game Seven, it makes all of that go away. That's like, right. like, like that. That's that. And of course, as you move forward. All you're gonna see is the 42 piece if you're like doing any type of research, and you just, and we see that he won, so it doesn't matter. And he's keenly aware of that the whole time. Yeah, like it goes back to 
I'll let you guys play. I'll let you guys play. But when it's not cutting time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing that we were talking about with, um, like, anybody that has a big game with their back against the wall. That's what separates good, the good players from the fantastic players, from the Hall of Fame players, yeah. is what do you do when your back is against the wall and you're, and the general public is unsure whether you're going to win or lose? What Russell is trying to say is, what is Giannis going to do? What I'm trying to say is, Kevin Durant's net performance is twice as good as his Warrior performance. Any oh. of them. Any and all of them. Oh, okay. I thought. I thought <laughs> okay. Giannis didn't stay in game seven. No. Fuck Giannis. Giannis wanted to make me sad. So, <laughs> just to add to the to – because the, I, I do think this is a, a, a trend, at, um, and this is what makes me – so, like I said, I thought that that Bulls team was one of his greatest regular season teams, arguably the greatest regular season team. But in the playoffs, I think it's actually one of his bottom six teams or whatever. Else. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's fair as much as it just because they still a won the championship. Um, and B, I think it goes back to the competition we were talking about. The competition is so stacked for them to even for them to get through the adversity, I think shows how good that the team is as opposed to how shitty it is. Well, well the re- the reason I'm saying, it, well, for one, you're you're comp- you're comparing it against other championship teams. So that's why it's like okay, the lower, but yeah. it was more so the inconsistencies of the team. If okay. you at, if you looked at each of these games, they'd come and I think this is like usually in a championship team you see one of the biggest things is the consistency. And in the, and and in these like you just had this next series and they were they played really good one game and then the next game they'll they'll play completely different and the physicality will mess with them and right. in another game they'll play they'll play good Jordan will have a decent game and then yeah. it it just kept kept on going back and forth and you'd think okay well it's because the Knicks came punched them in the mouth they didn't really expect that whatever they go against Cleveland in this series and um going into the <laughs> going into the first game. Even though the Bulls won, they started out 0 for 12. Like, right. start, like you know what I mean? Like that could have been horrible if Cleveland was better. Yeah, they still managed yeah. to score 30 points. Yeah, what the so fuck just, happened in that quarter? I think, that, I think in the end, really, Cleveland was their little brother at this point. Like Jordan owned them. Yeah, and that's they, for sure. Yeah, and also not for nothing. Not to really talk about this at all, but that's got to affect. A kid who's about nine years old living in Akron, just watching his calves get uh, murdered. Yeah, I, you want to know what what I? So I like doing these little things, and then also because I think the NBA is very good. Um, that <laughs> I kind of look at these little things, and I really truly do think that it's ironic that you got Jordan killing the calves in his ultimate prime or whatever, yeah. and then you had LeBron. Killing the Bulls in his prime when he was in 2011, 2012, 2013. He was like. That's just because I think it's just because for the most part, they're in the same division. So they play each other a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was regular season and playoffs, playoffs, though. Yeah. But even regular season and playoffs, they always end up running into each other. It's true. Especially Jordan with his game. I just found it ironic and rigged, but. (laughs) You're alone on that clip. That's fine. But look. Jordan, forty-four percent shooting. So again, inefficient for his by his standards, for sure. Uh, so thir- thirty-two, really. 
six and a half and six and a half for assists and rebounds, two and a half steals, uh, playing 41 minutes a game. Scotty, again, shooting better than Jordan for the series, 20 and 11, six assists, two steals, and a block and a half. Like, Scott, Scotty is just, I don't know, from a statistical standpoint, and again, back against the wall stuff, Scotty is there when, when needed. And every, at every point this, in this season, at every single point, Scotty's there. Um, but, uh, yeah, but Bulls are able to finish this out in six. Did it, was there any standouts? How dare they do? So 17 and 10, this is their center. 17, 10 and four or 18, 10 and four. Just goes back to that center thing. Like, I just don't know. I wonder how we're going to take this team and like, or if it's this team or maybe it's the 96 team when we do inevitably get in the time machine with one of these Jordan teams, I'm really interested how they're going to be able to handle the center position. Should be, yeah. yeah, should be cool. Uh, but let's talk NBA finals. So we discussed that in the MVP awards voting, it was Michael Jordan. It was Clyde Drexler wanted to, right? Yeah. They both were able – I'm pretty sure the Trailblazers were also number one. I think. Yeah, they were number one, and the Bulls were obviously number one in the East. Yeah. 57 and 67 wins. Yeah, uh, out this, that way. As we talked about – That happened a lot in the 90s. With like, what? The one and two seeds faced each other. I mean, the, I mean, the one and one seed faced each yeah. other. Well, I mean, it happens a lot. I mean, it doesn't happen – I get what you're saying. Like – it happens a lot when the teams really try in the regular season. <laughs> and, you know, you have an idea of who the who best actually team actually is based on the regular season record. You don't have, you don't have Michael Jordan going, ah, I need 10 games off to rest my body. Yeah. It's just I'm scoring 30 every game. That's it. <laughs> but uh, newspapers, Sports Illustrated, everywhere was who's better, Jordan or Drexler, right? Before game one, Jordan sits down, I think with Costas or somebody from uh, NBC Sports, and basically says, or, or is basically asked, you know, why do you think, do you think Clyde Drexler is a better shooter than you? And he says something along the lines of, and the quote will be on your screen, Clyde Drexler is only better than me at shooting because I allow it to be that way. So I think we are entering the sociopathic world of Michael Jordan where everything is an insult. Everything. He takes everything and anything as a slight. He takes, he, and he uses it to motivate himself, even if it's not necessarily where the reporter's coming from. The reporter's just being like, what do you think, what, what do you like about Clyde? You know, do you think he's a good shooter, et cetera? And he's just like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> He's only as good. He's only better at me. He's only better at shooting than I am because I fucking allow it to be that way. Yeah, which is tough. And is and it like, the three point shooting? Because that, that's the only thing that I could. Like, yeah, specifically, they're talking about the shooting from three because Jordan, as we've talked about, is the double clutch master. He works inside the three point line, trying to get to the basket at all times and elevate over people for his mid range shot. He's yeah. not a three-point shooter. Yeah. But he also 
stated that he doesn't practice three-point shooting. It's just not part of his game. It's, he, he is one of those people that believes that three-point shooting is a gimmick. So when we get to game one, right? Before, imagine being a, like, if I was there, like, was I there? No, I wasn't there. I was still, <laughs> I was still semen in my. <laughs> Jesus. But, so, <laughs> but just imagining, like, why, like, this is like, this is kind of as stupid as when people were saying Steph Curry was better than LeBron James in, in 2016. Like that, to me, that's how, that how this, this is worse though. Way worse. Because it's like, what made you feel, what makes you think this at this point? This, they, they're at their, they're both at their primes. Right. Jordan, Jordan and Drexler. This guy, you got one guy who's a champion, three-time MVP. Yep. Six-time scoring champion or, or whatever. and like what is the defensive player of the year? May I defender in the league? May I? I can yeah. answer this one, legitimately. So I think Jordan and Clyde have both been to the same amount of finals, and I think Clyde's been there more at this point with Portland, because Portland got to the um, they made it to the finals in the late '80s against the Lakers and lost, or not the Lakers, the Pistons. Excuse me, yep. that was the second Pistons championship. I, my point is. Jordan and Drexler, I think both have equal finals appearances at this point. So it's relatively even there, right? Second thing, and I think this is the most important thing to answer why people thought this. There's no internet. You're only being fed what the television is giving you. And the television is going to give you Chicago because Chicago is in the major American market where Portland. It doesn't work like it does now where everybody's got their own fucking little TV station. Yeah. Now, at this point, if you're, yeah, they televise most of the games, but they televise it for the local, the, the local audience. Yeah, uh, know, and then yeah. that's it. The, the Bulls are getting seen by everybody, like the Lakers and the Celtics before that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where you had a lot of like hipstery writers be like, Listen, dude, if Clyde Drexler was on the Bulls, he'd be Michael Jordan. <laughs> that type of shit. You know, just trying to sound smarter than everybody else. But Jordan comes out and he immediately starts shooting more than he normally would. Like you can just tell based on all the uh, different types of shots he's doing. He's, he comes out to make a point in the very first half of the first game. Yeah. Right? So he, and it, it's very like modernish. Yep. And also, look at the space. Look at the space that he gets on this on this three. Wild Jack Rondo style. That's what I'm saying. Like, no one's respecting his jump shot like this. But I think even in 2021, my man is is right on the line with him. Like, even if you know he's not a good shooter like that, just because of the way people shoot in today's era, I think you're just more on the line. You're closer to him. But it's the it's the early 90s. People aren't looking at shooting like well, that. Well, they, they, heard. I'm not guarding you out there. Especially Jordan. He's like, remember, he's like one of the quickest players in the league. Right. So you you had to do that. You Like, I mean, I would, 
I would really, that's how I would tell you to guard him. Let him shoot a three. I, I, I let, if he's going to beat me by a three, let, let, let him do that. And most of the time, he's not taking a lot of threes. He's taking yep. maybe 10 for the whole series if a series five or six game. Yeah, well, like I noted in this series alone, he, he was averaging almost 50, 40, 90. Yep. And he was taking five threes a game. Yep. That's in, fucking insane. It, and it's because he's psychotic and he was like, Clyde Drexler's not a better shooter than me. There's no comparison. Yeah. I want everyone to know that there's no fucking comparison. But that's how I like my, my best player in the world to be. Be Word. that. I like the psychoticness. And I don't, and to be fair, to be fair, because I know this is something that you've mentioned to me off show. I don't think this is Jordan logic to feel that way. I think you watch Jordan and you, you're satisfied with that. And that's why he's the GOAT. Like, I don't think, I don't think that it's not okay to look at it like that. Like my best player should do this. Like, I don't think that's a negative. I don't think that's a criticism of like a LeBron James who at times doesn't do that because you've seen it from like any guy who's in a big moment with with their, like with the spotlight on at the end of the day, basketball is a competitive sport, right? You don't have that in your heart to that. You want to, you want to, I mean, maybe not rip the other guy's throat or whatever, but if you don't have it where you want to tell him, make him feel like, I'm better than you yeah. at everything. Yeah. And why the hell are you playing the game to me? Like that, it's a competitive. Especially at this level. Like it's one thing if you're playing rec league. Yeah, you've been, you worked your whole life yeah. to get to this point. Why would you not think to your, in your mind, I want, I'm better than you. Like I want, I want to prove to you that I'm better than you too. Like I, I don't know. That's just. But no, I, no, no, go ahead. no I, I totally agree with you though. I completely agree with you. And. Jordan's going to drop 35 in the first half. I'm pretty sure that's still a record. I think so. Six threes, which was a record for a while. I don't know if it still is. No. I'm not positive. It it got broke by Ray Allen in in 2010, and then after that. In a a half? Oh, in the half. Okay. I I, I didn't know if it was in a – I know that that happened. I I know what you're talking about. Um. In the half, I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't. Try, I, I don't know. I didn't think about the half. But they were records at the time. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um. And this is Michael Jordan looks at. Uh, or let me get. Yeah, to that people point. making six threes in a game at this point is like insane. You're a god. Yeah. You're a complete god, and no one, no one thinks twice about it. And this is the famous Jordan hitting the shrug. Oh, that's not that's not yet. It's the same exact spot though. I think that's the fifth three coming right there. But there's a sequence where Clyde comes back, shoots a three, airballs the shit out of it, and then Jordan comes down the floor, gets the three, nails it, and then hits the shrug. Yeah. You know what's insane to me? Like as I've been watching this, Danny Ainge has been to a lot of fucking finals. Yeah, dude. He is between the Celtics and the yeah, this is his, fifth, his fifth finals at this point, and then he goes to another one next year. Yeah, because he ends up on on Phoenix. That's right. Crazy. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm seeing, and the only reason I noticed that is as I was watching the '93 se- season, I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of freaking Danny Ainge for no reason, <laughs> and I just, and 
Didn't Danny I text Ainge you? Is cute oh, yeah. yeah, I had just finished saying fuck Danny Ainge like a couple days ago, and I was just like, why am I seeing this guy so much? Is he like a ghost or something? Like, just trying to <laughs> fuck with me. But well, I'm trying to find the, the Le Shrug. Oh, here it is. Yeah, this one. Bang. And Comes, looks at magic. Yeah. Like, I'm just too fucking nice. And, and magic stated in the in the the documentary or whatever the last the last dance that um MJ was playing was he playing cards with him yeah the night, the night before and he was and he was he had said something along the lines that he wanted to like kill him or something and then and then he go and then he just he just couldn't miss pretty much he's like wait till wait till you see what I do tomorrow yeah right um so, what an assassin. So, this so, must have been so legendary. My man, my man scored thirty-five points in a half, and he's just like, "That's got it." That's how I feel when I'm playing two K and I'm just making shots I have no business making. Yeah. In a group of people, I'm like that. I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. I don't know what's happening. They smoked them too. They beat them by like thirty, right? Uh, game one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, and so this is this is the part that I find very interesting, like. MJ is just like the. It makes you forget about what actually happened in the series because of just like the iconic moments he has in it. Like, right. like last year's, uh, I the year before against the ma- uh, against um Magic and stuff. The, he, the sea of hands. yeah, huh? The sea of hands move, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's iconic, and they it makes you feel like they dominated them because they did here. It makes you feel like they dominated Portland, but they really didn't. Like the very next game, the, the very yeah. yeah, the very next game, Portland comes to to um to Chicago and beats them, right? Yep. And at this point, you might look at it or whatever they split the series. No, at this point in the, in um the NBA, it's two three two. Yep, you just Correct. you winning that game puts a ton a shitload of pressure on those Bulls. Because now, Chicago, just so in case, I'm sure everybody and their mother who watches this fucking program knows what 2-3-2 means. But in case you don't, the team with the most wins gets the two first home games. Then you got to go play three games on the road. So stupid. I don't know why they did And then you get the – because the idea is if you make it through that, then you guaranteed get your championship at home the idea yeah but yeah i mean but it gives the away team so much more of an advantage if you i I agree with you i think that's why they ended up changing it yeah because here the bulls were in such a disadvantage at this point because you just lose and it's like yo if i (laughs) they could just go on a roll at home especially in rip city like it could totally be wow this is i can't believe they lost this game when you look at the numbers like shooting percentage from scotty is pretty bad but Jordan with 39 and 10 assists. Scotty yeah. with 16, 10, and 8, right? Three steals. Yeah. And Horace Grant with 10, 12, 7 assists and 5 blocks. And they yeah. lost. Yeah. But it just but it goes back to the fact that you, like, they're really top-heavy. Like well, you, look at this team. This team's only playing seven guys. Eight yeah. guys. Excuse me. And look at all of them are in double figure. Crazy. Six, six out of the eight guys that they played made double figures. Yeah. They shot. Crazy percentage in this game! Wow, or they shot fifty percent as a team, but it felt 
feels like they shot like and it, and it, but it goes back to the for, to what you said in the be- very beginning of the whole video with with this bulls team you feel like they have this the three core and then after that it's just like right you got a lot of specialty guys and those specialty guys aren't on you get screwed because it's like yeah. you, you and if to- one of your if one of your guys in the big three has that ant game exactly yep and then and then you have Jordan. Jordan's clearly playing at, up to the highest level, but it's still not enough. So, right. So they have to go to Portland yep. for three straight games. They get the first one, right? 94-84. They get the first one, 94-84. Jordan, 26 on 22. Scotty, 21, 8, and 8, basically, with a steal and a half. Shooting forty eight and a half percent. Yeah, I st- I stand by what I said. Upon going through the entire season, I think this is Scotty's best year with Michael Jordan, and arguably best year of his career. To go with MJ's thirty five a game or thirty six a game, right? Fifty forty ninety, like you said, or fifty forty eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, and a modern stat line because he, like you said, took about five threes a game. That's probably what he would take in the modern era, maybe a little bit more, but that's stand. That's like pretty standard. Yeah, like for, from a player who you're not expecting to just be a three point specialist, right? It's pretty normal. I think it was what was Kobe's career average from uh, for for attempting threes. Uh, I want to say it's like five or six. Yeah, I feel like it's about that. Uh, so. I just think it's relatively um, uh, a modern version. I, of what you I do agree with you that it's pro- it's more than likely Scotty's best year with MJ for sure. I think it's an argument for for um for his best year of his career. But I mean, I'm not. If someone said that it was, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not going to argue. I don't. Yeah, know. I wouldn't be. I would be furious if somebody was like, "It was when he was by himself," or yeah. it was this year. I would argue for this year, though. I think I think I would argue for this year, oh, because of the uh, the bullshit that tore apart that team uh, with the Kukoc shot in the playoffs that '94 season. I think I'd take this over that. Uh, Drexler. So this is the what I wanted to bring up about Clyde Drexler, and this is uh, something that's pretty well uh, noted and established. So Drexler '91, '92. So the first seven, eight years of his career, my math people will help me out with that. Uh, 21, six and six, 2.2 steals a game, shooting 49%, which is pretty damn good, right? After, after that finals, (laughs) it is a drastic, Drop off, a drastic drop off. So here, sit here, and yeah, he's getting older, but he, he, yeah, he's still. Okay. I was just gonna ask you: Do you think it's because of Jordan mental, um, like mentally destroying him, or because I'm like he's 29 at this point, and we're we've already established that Jordan's the unicorn here that is playing. Past his thirties and playing at a dominant right. level, um, so him just hitting thirty, that thirty mark 
you only really have seen two players past their thirties that played at a high, super high level, and that's really uh, magic. There's a couple. There's a couple more than that. Malone, Carl Malone's in there. Um, thirty at this point, though. I'm talking about this at that point. Oh, in this stage, of the, yeah. Well, Malone's gonna reach that. Yeah, point. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just more so like what, what? Because Malone is obviously one of those longevity guys that. But um, I'm thinking up to that point, because obviously Jordan had hasn't done it yet, and, yeah. uh, and Clyde would just be starting to do it, whatever. It would really be Magic and and um, Kareem. Yeah, but look, this is even his playoff numbers, and even from a playoff standpoint, where he's still with Portland and he's still going to be the guy for the next couple of years, there's an obvious drop off, right? And then he goes to Houston and pairs up with his college teammate Akeem Olajuwon to get that championship, Akeem second. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, it's the same kind of deal, though. If I were to do the playoff stats before and after, we're looking at a different guy, a less efficient, can't get up to 25 points a game guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And many contribute that to Jordan emasculating him in the 92 finals. Yeah. A lot of and, and and not only in the '92 Finals, but it's going to go a step further when we talk about the Dream Team. That's the next thing on the horizon here, yeah. um, where Drexler and Jordan are going to be part of something that's real. Like that is the biggest non-NBA thing that shifts the NBA. In my opinion, as as weird as that might sound, yeah. Well, I think that's the that's the thing that that made the NBA blow up is the dream team. It did. That's what that was. That was um what David Stern David Stern wanted it to go international, right? That was the core plan right there. But Michael's got two, and we're heading into the summer of '92, going to Barcelona. How do you do it with the accent? I can't do it. Barcelona. There you go. I probably fucked it it up too. (laughs) I haven't done it in so long. Michael Jordan's back from Barcelona. Back from winning gold with the Dream Team. And uh, draping himself in the American flag because fuck Adidas, right? Yeah. Uh, Quick question just to make sure that I got this right. He's the first player... To win um, MVP, Finals MVP, and a gold medal, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because yeah. I'm I, I know when LeBron did that in 2012, uh, this that was the stat. It was like him and yeah, Jordan. Just more things to fire up that debate. Yeah, uh, but after the gold medal, right? He there's this third championship on the horizon. So Magic won two straight, right? Had to look that up. Magic won two straight in the late 80s, uh, the one the, in 87 and then 88, right? Mm-hmm. Have that right? Yep. And then uh, Isaiah won back-to-back with the Pistons yep. after that, like right after that. Yeah. So two was kind of the standard for greatness, which Jordan had – you know, achieve. Yeah. So I'm saying, I think he's probably in a lot of people's like 
top 10 or top five all time. He's not the goat goat yet. Yeah. But, but getting three in a row for many people, that was the over the top point because, uh, it hadn't been done in such a long time. It hadn't been done since, uh, they would have been they, at that point, they would have been the third dynasty in his, in NBA history to yeah. done that. Mikan's Mikan's Lakers. We're going to go all the way back there yeah. and Russell Celtics. And that's it. So yeah. it hadn't happened for 30 ish years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit less than 30 years. Uh, the exact number will be on your screen, but that was then the standard for a lot of people, and a lot of pundits were like, "If he can get the third one, he uh, that that's will you know, like I said, that'll get him right over the mountaintop to being considered mm-hmm. the greatest pl- player ever." Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of at, well, obviously the the Jordan Magic debate was a thing. Oh, the, for sure. So I'm sure a lot of Jordan heads will probably like, you know, if Jordan does this. He's better than Magic or whatever, you know. He's the GOAT, automatic GOAT. Yeah. Kind of like people were with Tom Brady when he was winning his fifth championship in a very similar way. Because everyone, and Montana was the mark with four. How many does he have now? Who, Brady? Yeah. Seven. Seven. (laughs) And they were asking that question at five? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, that's, well, that was when it, I think that's when he solidified it was at yeah five. that's when he or, yeah not to get into football topic but no, but it's similar that. it's a similar it's a yeah. similar thing in comparison to Jordan at this point so go for it yeah Mon- Mon- Montana at the at the at the time was four um he he went to four um Super Bowls and won all four so right. it was very Jordan esque kind of yeah. um so he had that like undefeated record kind of thing so but but brady by the time he won his what what, when he won his fourth super bowl i want to say he's he had lost already two right two um two and he won his fifth which was the atlanta super bowl i believe and that's what made he had the greatest comeback in super bowl history just double over the top yep and that just made it kind of go crazy and then at that point he was just he was five and two and then it's like you know he's he's been to seven Super Bowls. He won five. Like, yeah, kind of makes it harder to debate Montana. But, and now he just kind of it, it's everything he's doing is like icing sprinkles everything to your cake ice cream cake. Now it's yeah. not even a cake anymore. They just, but Jordan's right at that same point where Brady was heading into that fifth ring. Uh, was the, like that he's right on Goat Mountain. With the other guys, like, see, to me, I would not think that at all. Like, I would think yeah, that he. This is a go ahead, continue. Go ahead. Uh, me, me and Russ think think similarly sometimes. So For maybe, sure. yeah, because I'm looking at it like he's probably like a like you said like a top ten player for sure. Because right. you still got Kareem who. Yep who did, really people considered the goat like yeah people didn't consider magic the goat not even at this point right he, because at the time everybody thought kareem was the best player in the world and he was the greatest player of all time yeah especially by the late 80s for sure yeah. um but and magic like you said magic had that run at the end of his career where he won those three mvps um and it had it kind of happened really fast in terms yeah. of a peak uh but 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 now that I'm thinking about it, so and this is my I, I kind of I don't like to do it sometimes I, because I don't want to bring my biases in it. But 
I do kind of disrespect Kareem a little bit in the sense that I think, and I think a lot of people, if they were arguing Jordan over Kareem at right. this point, their argument is, well, he only won one championship without Magic. Like, you needed Magic Johnson to get to that point. And um, Magic needed – I mean, it goes yeah. to the Magic and Kareem yeah. thing, you know? Right. And in reality, you could say you won one championship at being the, the top dog and dominating or whatever. Like, and As was, Magic, you're uh, saying if you're Magic Johnson? No, if you're Kareem. Oh, for Kareem? You're yeah, going for Kareem. This is, my, this is my argument for why I have Kobe over Kareem in my top five. People probably think that I'm – um, I have issues for, for for thinking that, but I think Kobe winning two championship in uh two championships, um, being the leader of his team go is it goes a little bit over Kareem winning his one. So in my mind, so but that's but that's he, Kobe's like eight years old at this point. I was no, trying to figure out how that was related. I was like, I was like, how how are we? How did we get to? How did we somehow find our way to Kobe? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, well, it was just more I'm so. Just it's because Kobe's his MJ, so he was trying to speak comparatively. I'm just I trolling you. I, I, I was following him for the most yeah. part. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I think that too. When I'm talking, I'm like, how did you get to Kobe somehow? And I'm sure everybody's thinking, how did you get to Kobe? <laughs> the reason why I'm surprised at that is, in a very similar way, the way we look at it now. Everyone gives Jordan that GOAT classification because he has six, not because he has three. So that was the most interesting part because at, at, even at three championships, even though it was three straight, Magic still went to the finals almost every year in the 80s and came over with five championships. Yeah, and well, that's just, that's just recency bias. What, what, what People thinking that at that point, that's recency. I think if Jordan would have ended his career on the first 3P, he wouldn't have been considered the GOAT. I well, this is so. This is where this is why uh, maybe not in 2021 he would still not be considered the goat. But and we're going to get into uh, l- actually. Let's keep going with 93 because this goes into a point I want to do when we get to uh, his retirement after this season. Yeah. Um, but the Bulls this year, right? Last year they were 67 and 15. This year, 57 and 25. So I wanted to compare this team to the last Warriors team when they were on their run with Kevin Durant in 2019. In 2019, but I'm really thinking about the one from the year before in 2018. Because both seasons, uh, the, the year they won and the year they lost, they were perceived as bored, quote unquote, or like, the 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 grueling nature of the 82 game season they just couldn't get motivated for every single game anymore and i, I feel like 2018 that was a big media narrative thing cuz i don't think i don't think that was the case in 2018 2019 you can clearly see it like visually. but even if it's a media narrative or not the same could be said for this team it's a media narrative or not you know what i mean like it could you could even look at it you could look at it both ways uh, cause even when I say it out loud, the thought of Michael Jordan, not having motivation is interesting. You know what I mean? And yeah. we use this season often, uh, when we do our time machines, because when you watch Jordan play in this season, everything he does is like flawless in terms of his body motion, 
and just control of himself on the court. Uh, yeah. He's got this. He, he is so much at the peak. It's ridiculous. All the 10,000 hours are there and probably 20,000 if you're Jordan. <laughs> well, but, I think, and I, I do think that the, this is the pinnacle of, of an NBA player. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody at, in their career, if you had to put one year, that was better than this guy. Um, but there are stories of, because the, uh, the year before, and they had to work through this through the 92 season also, but the year before, the, the Jordan Rules book came out by Sam Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where the, which shows Michael Jordan during these championship, uh, especially during the first championship run. That's really what the book was about, was the first championship run. Michael just, uh, you know, being an asshole for the most part. There's really no, there's really no uh, way to sugarcoat it. He... He would ride people that he thought were soft. If he thought you were a pussy, he was going to be on your ass the entire season. And yeah. Jordan in the last dance blames Horace Grant uh, or puts the microscope on Horace Grant for being the person to give Sam Smith the information from the inside. Yeah. Horace Grant denies it. Um. He, st- he doesn't deny that he has a good relationship with the author, but he did deny that he uh, was the main person for the book. I think I believe him because when you hear stuff in The Last Dance that he said to, or Michael Jordan said to a guy like, I don't know, Jerry Krause, the general manager, who seems to have really no problem at all being in interviews and talking to people and bad-mouthing people to make himself look good, probably helped in that Sam Smith book. There were probably uh, uh, Purdue that he just like bullied for his whole career. Yeah, um, even a guy like Phil Jackson, who when he wrote his tell-all book years later, had all kinds of crazy shit in his book. If you yeah. don't think he's a Phil Jackson's not above that kind of shit, so yeah. it could have been anybody. But Jordan holds it against Horace, um, and all the drama and the hype of this third championship is just starting to wear on them and they're not playing each 80 like every game like it's the playoffs yeah as they were previously especially that's you know last season when it was 60 whatever wins 67 wins yeah uh and that's going to show in the season standings right because they're they're still first in the East, right? Oh, no, they're not. The Knicks are first in the East. I think they're like third. Oh, second. 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 Oh, they're third in the NBA. Yeah, third in the NBA, second in the Eastern Conference. Suns and the Knicks are the two teams over 60 wins, and that's where, when we look at MVP, that's where it shows. Mm-hmm. Charles Barkley finally breaking through. This Charles says that, especially at this point in his career, he was just as good as Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, in his opinion. You know what's interesting about that, Dan? Chuck Daly said to me one time, he said, Charles, I want to talk to you after practice. I'm like, uh-oh, what I do now? And he says, I just want to tell you something. He says, I've been coaching the NBA a long time, and you're the second best basketball player I've seen. 
And I says, wait, there's somebody better than me? He says, Michael Jordan. I said, Michael Jordan just got help. <laughs> I'm, and, uh, but I tell people, that's the greatest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. He says, but he never had enough help or enough uh, on, you know, talent from a teammate perspective to have that shine through. And if you think Charles Barkley is right, then this season is probably the best example of that, right? 20, 25 and a half, 12 and five. For his entire career, sure. But I mean, this season he had a more than, you know, uh, a team that, that um, should have. I mean, he got to the finals and he right. went to the team. So, I mean, he went far. So, no, this was, but this, that's how Barkley felt when he was on Philly. One, and that's why he wanted to be traded from Philly. Once he got traded from Philly to Phoenix, that's kind of what he, that's yeah. why he feels that way. I guess that's yeah. and especially leaving the dream team situation where many called him the best player on the team, as we discussed when we talked about the dream team, yeah. uh, got to be coming through with a lot of confidence. And now you're the MVP of the league. Uh, and you know, I'm sure, you know, when you work out with Jordan and magic and stuff, like you learn things and I probably saw that, right. you know, things in his work. That's, I mean, it happened in, cause obviously I wasn't born for, this dream team so i don't know the stories but and i know in 2008 you had like Dwayne wade come out with stories with how he learned from kobe and stuff yeah, and, well and that was mj's primary motivation though we talked about it when we did the dream team once yeah, yeah. he saw who was going to be on the team he, the number one thing he, he was like finally i can see how my competition practices and prepares every day that was like one of his primary motivations for doing the dream team so it's uh, yeah. that's a good point um but Michael's going to be in third place here in MVP voting. Uh, another scoring title. What is this in a row for him? Like, um, I think like seven, maybe seven. Let's see. So yeah, it is seven because because um, yep, on the money, seventh straight scoring title. So this is probably what made people feel like he was the go after this point. It was like once he got. And this is what a lot of people say about him to this day. Once he got over the mountaintop and, you know, became that guy, he never really fell off. And especially when you when you do something like this and then you retire, I could understand why people would look at him like that. Like, you yeah. know, just on paper. And especially this scoring average is definitely more than Wilts if we're just doing these beginning years. Yeah, 32.3 is higher than Wilts by a lot. And he yeah. shot 51, 52% for his career at this point. Yeah. So I, I, just, I just feel like if he retires at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if in 2021 he would still be the GOAT. If he I don't think. Out. I don't know how. I, I feel like in 2021, um, what makes you not call him like guard Will Chamberlain? That's, what I, that's exactly where my head went. Yeah. was that that that's where it would be but um you know the three straight championships puts him above will and of course well. yeah that i mean it was never perceived as that level of winner yeah um but i i agree i just thought that was i i i find that interesting and the, and when he retires after this year uh we'll really talk about you know 
that level of adulation. But uh, I feel like the MVP award's not – I that makes sense that Jordan didn't get it. The only thing I argue is Jordan being third. So Akeem, right? I imagine Akeem was on a team with less yeah, – no, 55 wins and – Elijah, did he win Defensive Player of the Year this year? Oh, uh, he might have. Let me get that. Jordan was second. Yeah, Defensive Player of the Year for Elijah Wan. And yeah. Jordan was second. So, but I, I hope he my ran argument. away with the voting, though. Huh? Akeem ran away with the voting. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. My, my, my only thing is Jordan's win shares is like higher than everybody there. And yeah, it's close, though. It's not like standout over the top. We've seen ones where Jordan's got like 21 win shares and the next closest person's got like 14. But, and then he's averaging 33, 7, 6. Right. And and I just think with the with the extra wins, like I feel like it shouldn't be a question. I, I, I feel like people were comparing him to himself more than comparing him to everybody else. Here's where my hot takey brain comes in and what I think might be a hot take. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. In terms of where they are in terms and talent level and control of the game, in my opinion, Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan are on a very similar level. They just play different positions. Michael Jordan is the best two-way guard in the league by a mile, and Akeem Olajuwon is the best two-way center in the league by a mile, in my opinion. Somebody will probably give you Patrick Ewing, especially because they won 60 games this year, but Akeem Olajuwon... 26, and most of those 26 a game are on tough turnaround fadeaways, basically him in isolation doing weird Akeem shit. Yeah. And 13 rebounds, 4.2 blocks, right? The next year, he's going to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. He'll be the second guy to do that. So he's right at the peak of his powers with Jordan. And... The only thing that I would say where Jordan could probably get the leg up is you can argue about difficulty of conference. But at this point, the Celtics don't have Larry Bird. The The, the Cavs are the third best team. And I don't think there's a lot of like, there's probably, they're probably like the Raptors in comparison. If, of uh, of today, where they were good, they were always at the top of the East, yeah. but no one really took them that serious, especially while Michael Jordan was playing. It was really about this Knicks team who had taken the Bulls far in the playoffs last year, yeah. and of course MJ. Uh, where in the West you got Barkley, you got uh, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, yep. you got Drexler. Uh, you have uh, David Robinson, Malone, and Stockton, right? So, I just I, maybe the West has finally taken it as a deeper conference. Yep, you could say that the West might be um, the better and conference. I still jizzing on all of them. I like that. That was just <laughs> unnecessary. I love Akeem. I I look forward to doing his legacy breakdown because it's a weird one. So. I just want to note one more time. This is Jordan. I think this is his seventh, seventh out of like the seventh time in his career that he was top three in defensive player of the year. 
that play. That's where he's top three. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. My bad. I think it was his fourth time as top three. I was gonna say I felt like he did it a couple more times when he comes yeah. back. I think I think it's like his seventh time as top five. Okay. Yeah. But um, wow. that, that's huge, especially as a guard. You know, that's not normal. He averaged basically. I, I don't think there's any other guard that's done that. Been at that level where you're MVP level, and guard or forward that's done. I, at this point, when he retires, he I don't know how many other guards have averaged a block a game. He'd probably be it. I think Three. still to this day, it is not. I think there's only like two. It, like, um, between it's between Wade, Wade did it for a season. Yeah, I think Kobe did it for a season. Yeah. And that's the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, but he did it for his whole career. Like, yeah. at that point. I, I look at that as like, especially when we know what's on, coming on the horizon. I'm just trying to think of it in a finality type. Yeah. You know no, I, mean? yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. And it's like, he is definitely the best two-way player. If you If you said he was the best two-way player ever at this point, I feel like you're not going to get a whole lot of arguments out of people. I really don't. But, Best uh, two-way player? Oh, yeah, for sure. At this, mean, point, at this point. Yeah, because of the hype, but you can argue Hakeem for yeah, sure. I mean, that's where my head was at. And uh, when we do his breakdown, I will be fighting for that. But yeah. we're talking to MJ. I just think, I just think what Jordan does is harder. That's my whole thing. Like, you, could argue, you could argue that, but... Uh, I need more. I need more eyeball time and w- watch time on Akeem's game during this time to really give you a real answer. In my head, I want to argue with you about it, but I I can't because I don't I don't have all the footage in my head. I just crammed my brain with all this Jordan <laughs> that I can't give you an honest answer. Um, but he might have, especially because he was a sm- like physically smaller player in comparison to Akeem and what he had to do. Especially, uh, but you could argue Akeem's position was a little deeper. Stuff yeah, like that. that's the thing with Jordan. He his position wasn't as deep. But then, but then you could argue with him that that's because he fucking cleaned it out. Because <laughs> it was it was just deep last year with fucking Clyde Drexler, and now all of a sudden, not anymore. <laughs> that's well, I mean, it was really only him and Clyde as shooting guards in the league at this point. Him and no. Clyde were like the top, and that's it. And and in center, you're getting. Um, you got you know, Shaq, Shaq, you got, Shaq coming into the league now. This is his first year, and then you got yeah. Ewing, uh, you have Robinson. You got um, uh, obviously a team, but Parrish is Robert Parrish still playing, but he's at the end of his career. Alonzo Mourning is in the NBA at this point. Yeah, uh, I mean not center, but you got no. You wouldn't consider. It. I know. Can't um, say Malone. I was gonna I say Carl Malone, forward, but, can't, but yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but no, it's deep at that. It's really deep at that. Center. Up, way more competitive than than the shooting guard position for sure. Yeah, uh, and that and it shows in the voting. Honestly, what yeah. the process we just went through, it's got to be what a lot of uh, voters went through at this point, for sure. And that's and Jordan still walked away with first place votes, uh, yeah. but. For all the reasons we just named, that's why Akeem was able to get squeak out just a little bit more than him. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think Barkley, one hundred percent deserved it. 
Yeah, 62 wins. And that stat line, there's not a lot of guys that really have done that. And and the thing with Barkley is he did it in one of the most competitive years of the 90s. Yeah. You'd argue between one of those. So many good teams. Yeah, one of those 91, 92, 93 years was the most competitive the NBA had been in, especially in the 90s. Yeah, up to this point, I would say. Because we're going to get to a point. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. of the 90s. Here's the thing with this. Because now that I'm looking at the standings, expansion has started. Right? So we're already starting to see the league become a little diluted, which we're really going to see going towards the second half or the second half of this 90s run for Jordan. Uh, so it is competitive at the top. I went through some of the stars on each team, but, uh, we are starting to see the league, uh, you know, like I said, get diluted. Yeah. Let's go to the playoffs where there is talent galore, right? So bulls get the Hawks in the first round, right? Yeah. As the two seed. So going into this, everybody's given, you know, Everybody has the narrative that the Bulls are like weakened or whatever, and they're not yeah. the same Bulls of the last two years. Right. And they immediately start off just dominating. I heard the quote. The quote was, and this is what made me think of the Warriors. The quote was, for a team that's just coming off two straight championships and a score has a scoring champion uh, and is considered one of the best teams of all time, there's never been so much gloom mm-hmm. uh, surrounding them. And that made me think of the Warriors with yeah. all their shit with Draymond and KD. Yeah, same and thing. Just all the drama and the stress of like getting to the mountaintop again. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting that uh, it that wasn't new with the Warriors. That had happened. It just hadn't happened for a long time. What are you smiling yeah. about? I just, my conspiracy brain. Uh, here we go. I, my, I just think that the, the NBA just wanted to repeat the story. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. whatever, we could go to the next thing. They got two different authors, all right? David Stern and Adam Silver are two different authors of the of your conspiracy story. It's fine. I think it was passed down. Yeah. I mean, it's one <laughs> toward the other, so. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> there was – oh, what did I have in my notes for this, for this series that I wanted to talk about? So – they win it in three games, right? Yeah. Okay. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Michael Jordan gets hurt in game three in the closeout. Uh, he sprains his ankle. And obviously he plays 40 minutes still because he comes back on the sprained ankle and scores 14 points to close out uh, close out the Hawks in the fourth quarter because they were starting to come back. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he comes back and puts four, 14 – the highlights will be on your screen. That's fine. Uh, yeah, basically it's just like, fuck that. We're, we're sweeping them. We're not going another game. Because I'm sure he probably looked at it like, if I just hurt my ankle and we can close them out here, we're, I'm would like rest for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So that wasn't – I, I just thought that was – some classic Jordan stuff and goes back to what I was talking about all the way when we were doing Larry Bird's legacy breakdown. If that happened to a guy like say, I don't know, 
Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't come back to the game. He doesn't come. He doesn't get to come back and finish the game, even even if the it's hurt. You know what I mean? Guys back then could just get away with more because ignorance was bliss. I think. Well, I think the severity of it matters too. Like, right? You know how bad the ankle injury was. I mean, because you just just ten years ago, you had guys that would would do that. Like, yeah. But I the, mean, yeah. really, just five years ago, you had. I mean, KD. Two, what was it, two years ago? Right. He ruptured his Achilles because of it. Right. But he also took two weeks off before he tried to come back. What about Chris Paul just this season with his shoulder? He played with his shoulder being funny in that one game. But he still had to, he tried to play through it, and then he took the, the next game off, right? But, like, it's still the same idea, though. Sort of, but my point is, like, because of because of the what we know about medicine and science and because of what we can do with x-rays and stuff like it's so much more of an exact science than it was even in the early 90s all right how about just taking it up to jordan's word yo is your ankle good yeah i'm finishing the fucking game and that's it a lot less of that goes on now the only comparison i can make is harden during this playoffs but that was an anomaly like we don't see that stuff happen anymore. Well, Embiid played the entire playoffs with it. Another one, Embiid on his knee. That stuff just doesn't happen as much anymore. It just doesn't, for whatever wow. reason, because They're people are more nervous stuff. about their investment in the the player. You know what I mean? AD played almost the entire playoffs last year with a, with bang, bad ankle. I think it happens. I, I, I think I think it de- depending on the severity of the injury. I think that's one. Like AD, obviously. KD had to sit out a couple of weeks because it was the Achilles. Like you don't fuck with that. Like, right. but I swear, I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure if Jordan was had an Achilles injury, they would have they wouldn't have let him play. I see. That's where I don't know. I just don't. I can't prove you right or wrong on that because I think about Larry Bird with his concussion and yeah. they let him play even though his back was destroyed. Yeah, but it was late in his career and everything, and they let him play right through that shit. Context so, is so there. My my thing is severity is different. Like it's very it's severity is very different depending on the, the generation we're at. In twenty twenty one, maybe Jordan has to finish not is out for the rest of the game with a sprained ankle and can't come back, no matter what, because it's Michael Jordan. We want to save you for the next round. That happens a lot in this era. That just it wasn't happening as much back then. People were a lot more uh, dying on their sword. I just think I mean, if he had an Achilles injury, I think him looking at Dominique Wilkins. Just getting an Achilles injury and having to play, you know, it took him out for a season or whatever. He's even playing him in, in this in this series or whatever. I think I feel like they that would. I think I really do think it's severity. Of course, I do agree though. It's definitely you. It's a little less likely yeah. they let you play, especially if the. I mean, if you if you up two zero and it's a you know obviously a three game series, they w- they probably would have rested him. Yeah in 2021 right but um for the rest of the game but i could see him complete 100 percent. i would i would see them playing him the very next game yeah i'm not disagreeing that wasn't where i was what i was saying is exactly what you just said is that it i don't know in 2021 they don't look at it like dude you we need you going forward people are just more forward thinking now than they were then and i just it's some of that little stuff is interesting because 
We don't even hear about Jordan spraining his ankle in this game and coming back and scoring 15 points or 14 points, I said. Yeah, because uh, it's so small on his. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like we remember Luca coming back on his sprained ankle and hitting the step back three over. Well, that's because it happened last year, and it's also like he doesn't have as many achievements. Like, I'm sure 10 years from now, if Luca wins four championships and goes, to, that's not going to be as talked about. Like, as I don't like, know, I can't, like, I can't we, say for certain. We talked about it off mic about LeBron's 25 points in, in fourth quarter and overtime against Detroit is not even talked about anymore. Yeah. And you feel like it's one of his top five achievements. Yeah. Uh, it go, it goes right back to stuff like that. I just don't, I don't know. This guy's career is fucking loaded, and he was. Uh, we're right in the era of him being like, just extreme sociopath. I will do anything to win. Uh, mentality. Yeah. Like, that's what it was about for him. And uh, as we move on to Bulls versus the Cavaliers, we're gonna see a lot of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it's a sweep as you saw, but the Cavs, as we've seen in the previous seasons, have been getting their ass whooped by MJ. Just beat down. Yeah. Right? Facts. So they reach out to get Gerald Wilkins. Right? Yeah. Jared, Gerald Wilkins will be known going into this series as the Jordan stopper. Yeah. Because for whatever reason they felt that he he did well against Jordan. What are how tall is he? What's his dimensions? So he's 6'6", 185. So he's Jordan's height, right? He's a little smaller than uh from a weight perspective. About 20 25 pounds smaller. But, uh, you know, same height, probably same length, you know? Yeah. And they were like, he can do it. He can help. He can defend Jordan. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, in game one. Yeah. Put up 43. So, and this is right after the, the sprained ankle. Correct. Yeah. They so that was eight days. They gave him I think no, I bought a week's rest. So that did. So glad you were paying attention to the days because I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It was. I think it was May fourth. Was the last. Was was the was the last game in of Atlanta series. Yeah. <clears throat> so so he had a week's rest. So yeah. I mean, his an- ankle's not fully um healed up, but enough to where he can do some damage. And boy, did he do some damage, right? 42 minutes, 43 points on 30 shots. Yeah. Right? And after the game, he said, quote, uh, the Jordan stopper had a rough night tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the type of shit that I love about that. And I think that's what a lot of pe- why a lot of people like, favor the 90s so much. Right. Is because of shit like that where you could just say, no, and you know, obviously, in this censored world, you I understand why certain things can't be said, but like things like that, where it's just competitive nature, and you just you know yeah. should talk another team, you should be able to say that. It shouldn't always have to be, oh, we played a really great guy 
you know, really great team. Yeah. Like we did well. Um, we're gonna try to get it the next time. Like it doesn't have to be that bullshit all the time. Like make it fucking interesting. Do you want my opinion on that? My opinion on that particular thing is the reason why we don't see that as much is because there is outside of LeBron James, there is nobody with the real cachet to be able to get away with trash talk like that. And when we do see it from LeBron James, because it's not in LeBron's character, he gets way more criticized for that than a Michael Jordan would, because that is in Michael Jordan's character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, and I think there's just nobody of that status. Like Kevin Durant tr- sometimes does that kind of stuff, you know, but think- it's more about his own game than it is about somebody else's game. It's always think- like, yeah, when he said with the I'm I'm Kevin Durant. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, but I think really I think it's people are now are just too pussy. They're too pussanonymous. I just learned that word <laughs> about the last last week or two, um, and I just I just feel like they think well if I if I don't back it up the media is going to be on my ass. Correct. Which yeah, Jordan had the luxury of not really having that that much like if the media was on his ass you got the three reporters you know that the See, that's that i i think i don't know if that's true for that particular human being no no i'm no i i'm saying three reporters because when you compare media now it's like i still don't i still don't agree uh, it's, not, it's not even close michael yeah. jordan was swarmed michael yeah. jordan they the, the reason why they had to put him in that place in baseball was because of the media that the media he was one of the first guys that had that like paparazzi massive. No, no yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But that's that's the same now too. Like, it, yeah. it, it, in terms of actual physical human beings around you, sure. But he doesn't have like he could get he could leave that and go home and not have to hear it. Now, because of the media, this this thing right here, our phone. You you can't run away from the media. The media is going to be on your ass way more than they would be on your ass at this point in, in time. And I, that's where I'm, what I'm talking about. Like, it's almost like you say something and literally you have to have like a 24 hour news cycle of people. And they didn't have that in the nineties. They didn't have 24 hour news cycles on the NBA. Well, I'll tell this story. So Michael Jordan, right. Uh, he, he had a, he had a child with his wife before he got married to his wife. Right. During his playing days. I swear I bring this up for a real reason. Little thought. <laughs> so this is why. I'm, I'm talking about Jordan, it. not the. I'm not gl- the no, but I'm glad you said this. I'm glad you said this. So okay. there were reporters there at the hospital with Jordan because Michael Jordan's at the hospital. And they want to know what's going on. And Michael said, listen, I'm getting married to this woman soon. Uh. I think he really did, but he goes, I'm getting, I'm getting married to this woman soon. Please don't put this in the paper because if you put this in the paper, it's a really bad look for me. We protected him more than I'd like to admit. When his first child was born, uh, he hadn't been married uh, yet. He says to a couple of the beat writers, including me, I really would appreciate it if you didn't put that in the newspaper. Because we know he's had the baby, it was Juanita, who you know, became his wife, and they weren't going to get married. And so I say, sure, Mike, I'm not, <laughs> we won't do it. And we don't. I mean, we just simply protect him because he asked us and because we were concerned as well about what the public reaction would be. And they didn't. They didn't put it in the paper. There were like five reporters there, 
and none of them put it in the paper. That would never fucking happen today. Yeah. Ever. That would never. That guy was the most Teflon, like the like Mike stuff and all that. Him being a, a like no one was trying to fuck up the money train that was Michael Jordan. Nobody. <laughs> but for whatever you, reason. Yeah, no, well, I mean, the reason is, like you just said, the money train that was Michael Jordan. He is the reason these people are making the money that they're making. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. But LeBron, same thing could be said for LeBron. No, at this point, LeBron could be, LeBron could leave the NBA. And at this point, the NBA is still feeding millions of people. Yeah, but the same could be said. Jordan's going to leave in a year. And the league's going to be, quote unquote, fine. Like, it's Jordanless. A lot of people argue that those two years sucked. But that is that's totally subjective and not objective. You you could look at the ratings and say they were lower, but you can't you can't say that the the the, the quality of play was worse. That's totally subjective because I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's the case at all. No, no, no. Of course, but that, I mean that when we're talking about the money, that's what you got. You got you got to go with the you, their ratings is what's making the money, not quality of play. any NBA player or any. Any any player, any athlete that would get that kind of uh, protection from the media now. No, but I, mean, I think it's because that's that's the biggest reason why I think. But Jordan, there's establishment now. Who he is? The, the NBA is just now getting to that point where they're trying to get like get over what I think you'd say, and that's one. Now they just hit bar, they just hit international. The NBA is about is gonna skyrocket. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's so a. What you're saying is what you're the way you're looking at it. The, the 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 lift off when we're, now we're in fucking space. Yeah, what it you're saying is you Jordan is the Jordan is the the golden goose, and the only person capable of being able to do that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If I disagree, I disagree. If that was Charles Barkley in that in that um hospital, that yeah. shit would have it would have been out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. So, and I think it's because MJ, MJ's MJ. He's the golden goose. Yeah. Um, but that that's that's the biggest reason I think. It's probably why Will has so much resentment towards him too. Yeah, people, many many athletes or many reporters, I, I should say, considered him the Teflon Don when it came to stuff like that. Like every every bad story would bounce off of him. Nothing would ever really ultimately hurt his popularity when it came to uh, any all of this stuff. The, the Jordan rules thing, it was just like, and the way they described it in the last dance was just rocks being thrown at the guy on the top of the mountain. And to other guys, it would completely have knocked them off. Like the public, the public perception would shift. And it just never happened with Jordan. Jordan was just so beloved. Well, it, ha- it had never happened up to this point. Up right. To the, up, but up but even point. even when we get past this point, we're talking about gambling and stuff like and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, dude. Space Jam was still really popular. And well, sure, but I'm talking about game, and the the '98 Finals were the most watched in history. So, like, I I that's where I don't I don't think that's true. Like, oh, I don't sure, think- but I'm talking about he had never been he. At this point, he had never been challenged by the media, 
like to that extent where well they tried they tried quote unquote if you ask him they tried with the jordan rules book that came out yes and and that had happened before this point this was this is a year past that but i'm talking about once they get into the gambling thing which is the next the very next series yeah um but before i mean we could get into that once we get into that series but yeah with with um this series the last thing i'd like to know yeah game the game four yeah so um after completely like doing whatever he wanted against this gerald wilkins guy total emasculation of the jordan stopper yeah he he um he ends off that series by giving them uh, a nice little bye-bye and hitting the game-winning shot um to to just like add some some extra like th- so he pretty much dest- like he ended the Cavs at this point yeah point on he let the Cavs become nothing <laughs> we should look we should look into and do a tally at the end of this of all the dynasties or potential good teams that were ended because of MJ because LeBron has those too where there's just yeah. a bunch of teams that yeah there's a bunch of yeah. something that weren't yeah and he like MJ and I think the biggest thing with MJ that makes him look like the greatest obviously the greatest player of all time is how many players he actually like he was he made he like it's different when you say like this person didn't win a championship in the in the MJ era and he never faced them he faced superstars and he faced some of the best players of the 90s and yeah. he literally beat all of them. And he was the reason that they did not win championships. And this is considered the shot too, FYI. Yeah. Because oh. it was Cleveland. And uh, it was funny because when I was watching the uh, 93 documentary on this season, yeah, they were Jordan was like, I got, I got a lot of good memories here in, in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> and it just was like flashback right to the, the, the first one. Yeah. And he did that one like so effortless. The second one he did it so effortlessly. Yeah, you could tell it was a completely different um, team that he had. Because <laughs> in the in the first one, you like he had to work his ass off to get to that point. This one, he's just like, oh, we we got to this point. It's a, it's, well, it's a different swag. It's just a yeah. different level of swagger. Yeah, you get like that when you hit the mountain, the top yeah. of the mountain. Yeah. When you won two straight championships, like you kinda. Nothing really phases you. And I mean, when you're up three zip, you don't really have, you're not too nervous. <laughs> he was, Jared Wilkins was able to hold him a shade under 50%. That's yeah. pist- Pistons level. <laughs> so, like, because we're comparing him to himself, like, this, that's that line right there. Yeah. We praised Kawhi Leonard for last, last um, postseason. What we would consider that this would look kind of like a bad series for Jordan, like overall. Below average. Yeah, below average. And it's like our our favorite players, like that's that's like some of their best work. And that's why a lot of people get upset when Jordan is compared to anybody. Like when we compared Jordan to Donovan Mitchell, probably not. <laughs> well, I was com- I'm more so, we were more so comparing the situation than the player. No, I'm trolling. Yeah, don't throw, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, don't throw shade, please. They compared Jordan to Donovan Mitchell. I look back at the video, and then they're just like, coming up to me and telling me Donovan Mitchell's Michael Jordan. I don't need that. No, yeah, but I don't need that either. <laughs> easy sweep for the Bulls uh, over the Cavs. So now at this point, 
I got to imagine that much like when the Warriors started running through people and they got to the playoffs, uh, most of America is like, all right, the Bulls are back. The Bulls are back. They're, 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 I think after that, well, the, in the documentary, it was pretty much after the the Atlanta series. They they knew. Yeah, they didn't even. Well, they didn't even talk about the. What do you call? It? They barely touched on the. Uh, which documentary? The Last Dance. No, the um the um. 20- oh, the, the Bulls thing. The Bulls yeah. documentary. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I was like, wait, what? But in the Bulls documentary, they did talk about the Cleveland series. Yeah. This, that's, how I, that's how I knew the game went. The, the, the main, <laughs> the main storyline of this Knicks series, though, okay. is what took place last season. So last season, uh, Bulls Knicks in the playoffs, Bulls uh, were able to best them in a seven game series, and the Bulls were the higher seed. Correct? Yeah, first seed. Obviously, they had sixty seven wins. Um, and I'm, and I, I suppose Pat Riley and the Knicks left that situation thinking if we could get home court advantage going into the next season and we had game seven on our home floor, we would have won that game seven. Yeah. And especially in this season, this season, this cup, cup 93 season, the reason they felt like that even more was because going into the playoffs and up to they, they going into the playoffs and go, getting into that, um, series. They had a 24-game home win streak. They the Knicks, right? Yes. Yeah. And they and they add they make it 27 to to start. Yeah, correct. Just as you said, Knicks are going to take the first two at home and put the Bulls down 0-2. Pretty sure this is the first time they've been down 0-2 since they've been on this run. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have. We haven't seen. They always them. split. They always split at least. Which game is the one where Starks dunks on uh, Jordan and Pippen? Is that game uh, one or I'm game two? Sure. It's in this series. I'm positive. I did want to note that I was surprised that Starks played w- really good defense on Jordan. Well, like, that well, that's why this team was so um, heralded, and people thought that th- they might actually have a chance against Chicago, especially this year where they won sixty games. Yeah, because we, we just was he was a good yeah. defender. We just cocky and just said that, you know, a bad series for Jordan was like 49%, but he shot 40% for the entire series. Yeah. Which is, 30, like, 60, yeah, he got to his 32, but he was, he was averaging, what, like, tw- what, about 30 shots. Right. <laughs> At least. <laughs> but no one really credits John Starks for that monster defensive performance in that light because many say – it's due to him and his gambling problems after especially after game two. So well, he, he even played good defense last last um year as well. I mean in the ninety two season as well. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not yeah, I get what you're saying. And we mentioned this in the last series and we really should have mentioned it here anyways. Um Jordan thirty seven percent thirty thirty six points on thirty two shots, right? Yeah. Apparently, he was in Atlantic City the night before Game Two, gambling with his dad and having like I don't know, doing nothing illegal, just like being in Atlantic City and chilling. And uh, 
the way the last dance tells the story is everybody crapped on him because it wasn't what a role model would do. Right. When in reality, I'm sure fans of the game were like, dude, you're supposed to, what are you doing? You're on the, the especially considering the, the popularity that he's at. Yeah. Sure people are like, dude, you're supposed to be winning the third championship. You have a chance to be the GOAT and you're fucking gambling. What yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. It's so, and it's like, so like, great think that. Yeah. That, that, that they thought that we, we cared about like what it, what it meant to like kids. I just know what that it's no, it's crazy that it's crazy in hindsight to think that anyone would think Michael Jordan, why don't you care enough? I, that's the most surprising thing because in hindsight, obviously him gambling didn't, change his winning or his winning ways and uh because it, it really didn't he, he he won throughout this entire era where he was like this mass you know had these these gambling problems or whatever yeah do you do you think he was a gambling addict yes it was yeah was this do you think he still is a gambling addict oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i agree that yeah I mean, I, I just, I, I'm just more so thinking, do you think the accusations are true? And I'm like, yes, they a hundred percent are. I think him explaining how he wasn't just showed you like how he definitely was. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the most interesting part. That's what I was going to say. I feel like he had a gambling problem before he ever started gambling. Like the, whoever, whoever was around him in his life and was like, Oh, you're the most competitive person I know. Try this. You could spend all your money, and if you win, you get money back. And well, it was really because of his like brothers and stuff. Like, if you really want to get into the psychology of it all, like how competitive he was with his brothers, like kinda made him into the person that he was. So right, this no, no, yeah, yeah. But even, even let's just say he's got all the that those personality traits, right? Yeah. Considering all those personality traits. Probably should never gamble. Yeah. Just, that you know what I mean. You ever anybody who's super competitive like that to that degree should never be given an unlimited bank account <laughs> and just gamble as much money as you want. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, one of the quotes from one of the the um the people in the Last Dance was, uh, to to Jordan, ten thousand dollars is like you gambling ten dollars. Yeah. And so he would just blow countless funds, just yeah. monopoly money, you know? Yeah. And it's just interesting in hindsight to think that well, people were were so upset at him for doing the gambling when we consider this guy now, especially as careers all over, as the most maniacal, like over the top, try hard, like, it's like I, him and Kobe on the mountaintop of that. This was 100% like the closest thing any player or star had um, experienced to like what social media is now. Like in terms of... Oh, like back then? Yeah. Yeah. For the, that's why when you were talking about... Yeah. That's why before when you were talking about the reporters and the how different it is, yeah. I was like, yeah, for everybody else, but not for this guy. <laughs> yeah, but the whole thing is him. if he did that now... It would be one like that would be it would be that but but significantly worse like 
Oh, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. It's interesting. Uh, But I don't agree. I I think it would be like this. It would hit maximum amount. And then literally in 24 hours, it would go like this. Because that's what happens in today's society. Whereas. You're telling me Skip Bayless and, and, and freaking Stephen A. Smith and all of them won't be talking about that for every single like day that remember they got 24 hour news cycles and literally Stephen A is not going to shut the hell up about it. Like he's literally on every single ESPN episode you can think of. So he's going to be on there and that's going to be something that he'd be shitting on him for a hundred percent. I could see, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I just could see it being because of how fast everything moves in today, today's world in comparison to then. Like a story like this would last weeks or months, whereas in today's world, like we're talking about Brady's comeback, that that big comeback was like a great news story for like a week and then it was gone. But I just think if you, like, (coughs) first off, if that was really happening, it really was to happen, it would get to a point where you're just finding out more information, more information, more information as each day passes. Which is going to keep magnifying the story. I think, yeah. like, that's fair. It's a good point. Uh, it's uh, just, yeah, no, 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 you got it, you got it. Uh, but that happened at after game two, so they're down 0-2. They're going yep. back to Chicago, right? Blow them out in game three. Scotty carries them from a scoring perspective for this game. Jordan, twenty-two points, three of eighteen. Yeah. He, sucked in this game so i'm sure it's just all even though he's got 22 11 and 8 yeah i'm sure it's all coming down on him from that perspective mm-hmm. he's pippen though god damn 29 points on 12 10 of 12 shooting yeah crap on you a lot scotty so yeah. nice game Moving I, on. I want to say <laughs> this was one thing that i really wanted to know about this bulls team because um i i this is gonna be my case for um, his Apex team. So yeah. I did want to show, if you go to the post-season, regular season versus postseason stats um, of the, no, the entire team. Got it. So last year and the year before, the team always regressed. Yeah. Everybody, be, every, everybody besides Jordan right. regressed right. As, um, as the postseason came on. And this is the first season that everybody gets you know better. gets better so this is yeah. last year to your point this is the last this is last season stats yep. scotty i as we talked about i thought this was probably his best year with mj yep um and playoffs to your point slight regression on points yeah um outside of the jordan that, yeah the only one that goes up is jordan and so now when we look at 92 93 in the regular season we got scotty Horace almost getting a double double, and then the playoffs. What happened? Sorry, there we go. Uh, in the playoffs, Scotty twenty points, seven and five and a half, two steals. PJ Horace Grant's rebounds go down a little bit, but from a scoring standpoint, people do pick up more of the load. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I think um, that was a huge issue. In the last well, in the last year's playoffs, where you felt like the offense was like nothing unless Jordan, you know, had a magnificent game. Like that was like a yeah. big issue. Well, 
playoff series. Series you had. I don't think that yeah. so much in the second season as much as I did in the first season. The, well, the 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 second season there was a lot of inconsistencies in the offense, like throughout the series. Like that was like yeah, I versus the Knicks versus the Knicks in particular. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like in that Knicks series, they went like 0 for eleven to start the to start the first quarter, first no. game. No, yeah, I I understand that. I get what you're saying. I just think the team in general, besides versus the Knicks, was more they for they were more motivated to get that second championship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this team is is has more stuff thrown at them. That's the part. Yeah, yeah, that's the part that to me puts them over the top because it's like you. Yeah. You, that's where when you get hit with the big adversity, how right. do you how do you respond? Yeah, you know. Um, so we're in- obviously Scotty. He was to me the what Scotty did in that in that third game is telling Jordan, "You got somebody with you." Like you yeah. going through it, it. It it goes back to Scotty in in um ninety one. Yeah, when Jordan helped him helped him out. I think it was against the Knicks. It might have been that second round. Right, where he, where he says that Jordan, you know. He he was a per- he was there for him when someone tried to come at him or whatever. Right. Like I think that was his way of of showing Jordan, I'm here for you. Um, this game four that you were about to bring up, this is one of my favorite. This is why I didn't want you to bring it up too early. Yeah. This is one of my favorite Jordan games. Ironically, my I think my favorite Jordan game is probably the the double nickel game. I also against the Knicks, but this is one of my favorite Jordan games because. He shoots six for nine from three, and this is what he would do in 2021 as a player. This is how he would play. At the peak of his powers, this peak Jordan, this is what he would do. He would take eight or nine threes a game. He would try to get to four threes, more than likely, to try and hit four a game. Yeah. And he would, I think because of that, his scoring average would go up if he was playing in 2021. And this is the this is the game I use for example because he's hitting he hits threes on the move off screens like yeah. he's hitting all kinds of crazy shots in this game yeah and uh, it's crazy because this is obviously after the shrug game where he hits those six threes and it's the first time he really like paid attention on on threes at all uh, and I I felt like that's what made this game stand out uh, in this entire season. For me, this is probably my favorite game of the whole season for him, uh, yeah. even more than the ones we're going to see in the finals. But yeah, just because I love, I, I, I genuinely believe that this is 2021 what Michael Jordan would do if we had a time machine. Yeah, I can feel that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. I, I did want to note something because I, I didn't mention it in the beginning of the series, but <laughs> just, just to like add to like how. People, they, people, coaches and everything were just different at that point. Phil Jackson, after losing game, the first two games at, at um, at the Knicks, um, they they go and say he goes and says, um, they played their game in New York, but they won't play their game that game in Chicago. Yeah. Pretty much saying you bullied us, you did what you had to do, but I bet you won't bring that shit to Chicago. Yeah, and it's like. And and we got to remember, like these places are, are like pretty, like gangster. <laughs> like got, like New York and Chicago 
are like some like we gotta remember what, what we talked about. I think the phrase like, that I think the phrase you should look for, or the, the phrase I would I would think of in this scenario is hostile environment. Sure, um, I'm. I just think we know what we know what Shy is. Rack a hostile. It is yeah, a yeah. hostile road environment. Yeah. Okay, that's a better way to say it. Whatever. But, <laughs> but. Yeah, and remember, there wasn't really a security like that and stuff. Like, so you really like going into like dangerous territory, doing some of the stuff that you're doing. Hey, dude, Kevin Durant's bodyguard had to come out to stop PJ Tucker this season. So yeah, he had to relax. Still better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. You know what? The other thing I heard Phil Jackson say because I was watching the uh, series recap. Yeah. So Phil Jackson in the middle of Game One, uh, they did they did like a cutaway. To- yep. Him talking about the Knicks' previous series, and he goes, he goes. They really played clean basketball. Only two flagrant fouls in the whole series, or, or, or in, I think he said the whole series. But he was yeah. like, he was like, it's way better than they did during the regular season. They really, it's it's really impressive. Hopefully, they don't they don't try to clobber our whole team. Like he was, he was <laughs> like Phil was so passive aggressive in the early nineties for no. Yeah. reason. That shit was funny, especially like you gotta remember this is the sec. This is the third time they faced the Knicks in the last three in in this three P. Yeah, and the season before that, you literally had one of those guys say they're physically and mentally fucking us up pretty much. So it's like there's definitely that mentality in there, like going into the the series, and they know who they're facing and what they got to do. For the Knicks, the Bulls were. The Pistons to the Bulls previously, like yeah. the, the, it was just reversed. I, the Knicks were just younger and the Pistons were older, yeah. but it's the same exact. It's, it's so funny. All these major superstars through history, every, every at some point in their careers, be it Jordan, Curry, LeBron, Shaq, uh, Kobe. At some point during all these guys' careers, there's a, a season or a period of time where <laughs> where the opposing team just goes, let's find out if these fuckers are pussy or not. That's how we're going to beat them. <laughs> we're going to hit them. That's how you got to get yeah. they're, they're They're so good. They're so good that we cannot play basketball anymore. We have to resort to fucking fighting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of the greats. All of the greats have this in common. If you can't beat, if you if they start scoring on you, beat the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's facts, though. That's so. Or they're gonna just facts. be great all the time. Yeah, that's hilarious. You so. Oh, that's. I just wanna because so the Knicks. Yeah. Like you mentioned, they they were the Bulls when like they're very similar to what the Bulls were like coming up against the Pistons. You would have expected them. You know, like if they were were gonna be the Bulls, they would have beat them. They would have beat the Bulls right here. Right. You know what I mean? Like this would have been the time when they're like, "All right, this is my shit. Yeah. I, I'm number one seed." Like that's how I'm sure it was like being drawn out, like in yeah. this in in this um process. Like yeah, they were they were probably like the Knicks are the, the Knicks are pretty much the Bulls. You you they're the number one seed now. Now they're the big dogs. They yeah. ready. They got they they got their home court advantage. Even after Jordan drops the fifty-four, right? Yeah, they go and say, "Tied at this point, still, huh?" It's tied at that point. 
Yeah, exactly. And they're going into this. They're going into this game in game five, saying they can't beat us at home. We're twenty-seven game. We have a twenty-seven game win streak. It's almost impossible to beat us here. We're at the mecca. We got freaking dirty ass Spike Lee here talking all the shit in the world. Like we ready for y'all, motherfuckers. And then I'm sure those Knicks fan. You see the Knicks fans that were going crazy this year. Post post Russ edit. Put that motherfucker there. It, we, it's probably like that, but worse. Because Biggie was like a thing now. Like, you know, <laughs> the out here, it ain't no soft. Not trying to say Biggie, you know. Biggie was a thing, and the Nets did not exist in Brooklyn. Yeah, so he was Knicks all the way. Yeah, facts. Hilarious. Oh, but this this was their first loss at home, right? For the yeah. Knicks. No, first loss in like three, four months. Yeah. Um. And Jordan still uh, a triple double, twenty nine, ten, and fourteen triple double. Yeah. Uh, Scotty twenty eight and eleven rebounds. Horace Grant another uh, another double double. So their big three put in the appropriate amount of work. Yeah. But even with Jordan not shooting the greatest, like him getting you that for like he was clearly the facilitator. He was playing like yeah. a point guard role. You know. Yeah. And it's weird because usually Scotty plays that role. Yeah, it was but like they, they, it was like Scotty was just more so on attack mode. Look, he took almost the same amount of shots as Jordan. Yeah, they, you see, like that type of shit makes me feel, and that these are like the type of games that make me feel like this team is the best out of the three because Scotty take like helping him through this adversity. Like I really do feel like Scotty play. This is when Scotty's playing like a bigger role. Yeah, as um yeah. you know like play t- or at least becomes the robin to his batman or whatever right. like at this point you know what i mean like like are you in trouble i got your back like well scotty, scotty, last two games. scotty had that triple double in the game seven last year at this against the knicks yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know that's a good de- it's a good debate between which yeah. scotty season is is better with mj but you yeah. can make it. I get what you said. No, I, get, I, I, I feel. I feel what you're saying though. Like with with um last year being, I think if last year he would have had more like, uh, done a, just a little bit more in the postseason, I would have. I think I, I would be. It would not be a debate to me. But I could yeah. totally see that season obviously being his greatest season ever. So, Bulls are able to win four straight after losing the first two, yeah. which doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers, right, Lynn? Right, Lynn? <laughs> gang, gang, gang. You know that, Lynn? You know that, Lynn? We out here, cuz. They are able to beat the Knicks. The Knicks get sent home packing once again. And yeah. let me do I, – I, 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 I've heard this yeah, said a lot. On, on Patrick Ewing. Come on, I know. I know you want to. No, honestly, the one thing that I think about with the Knicks like, is when Jordan retires – they must have thought, "Thank God, finally, yeah, thank <laughs> Christ, we can get, we can finally have a chance to really win now." Yeah, and remember, they the, the very next year because we're not we're not gonna do this because obviously he wasn't in the in the season or whatever. Yeah. So they fought, remember they beat the Bulls in seven. So they probably this that's like they're supposed to be there. For that's real. really yo seriously. They were definitely trying to push that narrative where saying the Knicks are the new Bulls. Yeah, kind of thing, and because they they beat them in seven, they go to the NBA Finals, and then he gets, yeah, 
get um, fat African dick. Yeah. Of Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Okay then. Hey, so, it's facts. It's not my fault. Blame the Knicks. Should have just taken remember, less dick. Uh, I always remember when I was, I want to say I was like 15 years old probably. And I would always have obviously the Kobe Michael debate, right? And and at that point, I think Kobe's won his fifth championship, whatever. So I go back to the season and look at his finals numbers. And I remember when I was 15, I was in awe about it. And still now, I so I, I did more research on yeah. this season. And this is he is the only player in NBA history to average four, over 40 for NBA finals. Really? Yeah. Jerry West never did that? Jerry West didn't do that the year he got the finals MVP? I don't think so. Close. I believe I, you. I believe you. I just because I know Jerry West is the only person to not to have so, finals MVP in a loss. And I couldn't I I can't remember whether he actually Nope, 37.9. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did check him because I, I remember but when you said it, because I checked him last I checked it last last week. Yeah, so that's, why, that's why you asking me right now. If we would have had this last week, I would have been like, "Oh, definitely not," because I knew that I did. But Jerry West, Jerry West out. was a stud and always had to be put in that position where he yeah. was uh, doing mad shit for his team. The only but, Finals MVP to ever not win. Facts, uh, but Michael Jordan, as you said, forty-one points, fifty-one percent shooting. Yes. 50, 40, 69. Very, <laughs> very LeBron-esque. <style>. <laughs> <laughs> and he took, he took 25 threes, so I'll count the percentage. If you, if you take eight, I'm not as excited about your three-point yeah. percentage. He's taking about four. Again. He took, and la- the year before, he averaged about six. In the yeah. Box. Well, that was, that, that was because of that shrug yeah. game for starters. Yeah. And I'm surprised that he... So, I, like, when I was – because that's a 2020 kind of stat line right there. Like, For sure. You know what I mean? Like, him taking that many shots, that's not unusual. Like, you had – yeah, I think Giannis right now is taking, like, four shots, four threes a game. And- Similar, yeah. Um, But game one, Bulls come right in, take game one pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, Jordan with his 31 on 28 shots. Uh, Pippen, same, uh, much to what we were talking about in the previous series. Pippen, twenty-seven, nine and five with two steals, yeah. playing real, real well. Yeah, just to note, like a key superstar, Danny Ainge and his six NBA Finals. You know, <laughs> just have to note that. Just seeing his goofy ass all the time. A Robert Ory level of uh, playoff success in the, in the role playing category. But he played. He played like. Good, like he, he he was a key role player in a lot in all of those runs. It's a Danny Ainge is a guy who's lost in the shuffle of NBA history. He also yeah. had a pretty cool college career too. Yeah, and I don't know, just nobody really talks about him as the years go by. Outside of, you know, he's the guy that has no soul when he trades people on the Celtics. Yeah, um, but the Bulls come in, they take game one, right? Game two. Barkley says that game two is one of the best games he's ever played. Yeah. 42 points for Barkley on 26 shots, 13 rebounds, four assists, steal and a block, right? Yeah. 
shot 61%. Not to be outdone, MJ, 42 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals on 36 shots. So Barkley literally said, that's the only time in my life I felt that another person outplayed me on a basketball court. Yeah. And especially when he was having an elite game. Yeah. So I just found that to be really interesting. And and guys like Charles Barkley are the reason why guys like Michael or why a guy like Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Because yeah. when you have guys who are played on the floor with you that can explain things like that to that degree and give you that level of compliment, it's like when Larry Bird called him God. Yeah. Um, but and that's why like even like magic is is held at such a higher standard too where because you got larry bird saying that he was the best player in the world you know shit yeah, like that yeah like exactly that that's what makes you yeah i agree when you get it out of the out of your competition like that and because yeah. certain sometimes your competition isn't necessarily and i'm not trying to say people are dumb or not but they're not necessarily able to articulate that in the same way you know yeah. it's hard to talk shit for a living <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh what do you call it and not everybody's like that, but uh, but I, I think Barkley and this finals was a big reason for uh, many to feel that Jordan was the GOAT after this finals. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Sorry. Game three goes to triple overtime. Yeah. And wild. So, so this is this might go to your point um, to where maybe this is not Scotty's. Like Best, best. He, he cramps up in in third overtime. And Classic Scotty. Yeah, which, which I thought about, and I was like, that that's Russ is gonna say just just that. But he played fifty six minutes. Like yeah. your bodies can only take so much. So it's like, but he shot thirty four percent. Like he near triple double, near triple double. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it definitely is like a iffy kind of thing. But I mean. Yeah, I don't know, but it goes to when you have a history of it, like it kind of makes it a little worse. This is a very Jordan, another Jordan 2021 style stat line. I could see him putting up eight to nine threes a game. I really could. Because I'm not saying he'd be a 40% shooter. I'm not, I'm not totally sure of that, but I could see him throwing them up. I really could. Yeah. Um, And if he worked on it, I think. This is this. Uh, this leads me to believe this and other things lead me to believe that Jordan would probably get to that forty a game in this era, which is nuts to me because nobody really comes close to that. But this because of how much because of his volume shooting. Like if you're telling me if you're telling me Jordan's going to still be able to get up twenty five shots a game in today's era, yeah, I don't know how he doesn't get to forty. I think it would be impossible. If he, if he, um, so two things, if he had the same person, you know, if, if you just take this same person yeah, yeah. and bring them into 2020, sure. Cause you like, obviously the nature, nurture, whatever the hell right. um, happens and you might be a different person at this point. But, <laughs> but so I could see what, what you're saying for sure. Cause he, he wouldn't, he would be playing his 48 minutes or whatever. And, and that's, you know, that's, or sorry, um, 82 games yeah. um, playing his 30, 37 minutes a game or whatever. Right. Um, and put in a, a huge toll on his body. I could totally see that. 
The only thing is I don't think he'd be as much of a winner doing it that way. Interesting. And the reason I say this is because you mentioned something about Jordan um oh Jordan scoring so much points in the NBA playoffs like and actually winning these games. Yeah. I think I thought that that was actually more of a um it more so showed the difference in the league at that point to this point cuz now the reason especially in the last 10 years that these that these players who score all these points usually lose is right. because that other team has really good players around them. You know what I mean? Like LeBron LeBron scoring his his 51 in the NBA, you know, finals or whatever. Yeah. And um him losing that game is because the Warriors had freaking KD, Steph, Clay. Like I just think it would be too much. And if MJ had to do that, he most likely was gonna have to he was gonna lose because yeah. that brings us right into this next game five here, where Jordan gets the fifty five. And that that's a group that's a really good point. And I think it's also the way his team is constructed. Yeah. Like, if you're bringing the 93 Bulls into 2021, it, I mean, we're getting into the hypotheticals now, and I don't want to do that. But, but, but what I'm saying, I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying when you bring that up, though. That's a great point. Because if Jordan was in today's era, he would be surrounded by shooters. They'd stick him around, they'd stick him around four shooters, mm-hmm. at least four. Like probably have a couple off the bench too, yeah. but like now in th- this fucking team, nobody can shoot on this team except for BJ Armstrong and Paxson. Yeah. Like there's not there's and they're specialists. They're not necessarily like yeah, like they're not three and D guys. Like, like Jamal Murray's like a hundred times better than these guys, for example. Oh, sure, sure. And that's the type of guy that Jordan would be surrounded with. Now yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. like. Do you know what team would be? You know what would be a fun Michael Jordan team in twenty twenty one? The Timberwolves. Put him on a team with a bunch of people that need the mental toughness, like Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, that's another thing. Like most likely, this era like wouldn't be able to deal with that. Like probably not. That's another. It's a great point. Like you have a lot of players who like love the Kobe's Mamba mentality shit. Yeah, but like how many people don't really <laughs> like? They like it because of the surface shit. Yeah, the yeah, you work hard. You, you, know, you 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 um you bust your ass to get to the point that you're gonna you know like be the greatest you could possibly be. Yeah, but then when you have to be a leader in that and you have to push people to do that, like I just saw a thing where where um it, I think they they said um, Kobe Bryant said said a, um about a teammate that he wouldn't pass them the ball because he's seen how they work. I he you they came you came in um right on time for for um practice and you left like 15 minutes after you didn't you get to shag. work on your game huh yeah exactly I didn't see you work on your game why the fuck am I gonna pass you the ball MJ is gonna be just like that yeah. MJ be- MJ famously didn't let Horace Grant eat on the plane yeah because he uh, said he played like shit he doesn't deserve food <laughs> yeah. And freaking, and they were about to fight and everything for that. Yeah, yeah, and Russell thinks that the team that couldn't handle Jimmy Butler would do well with Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, not, like I feel like, seriously, all jokes aside, I feel like maybe there might be five teams in the NBA that could, 
deal with Michael Jordan's personality as a, as a leader. Yeah, I'm just looking at this 55-point game. And once again, Charles Barkley, triple-double, 32-12-10. and 10. Yeah. I, I totally – I think I would have felt the same way if I was Charles. Like, I, yo, I played my ass off. Yeah. I got a 32-point triple-double LeBron style, and this motherfucker gets the most points ever in a finals game. Yeah. Or no, second most. Most is uh, Elger Baylor with 61. But oh, so, and that's the thing. Like this season, really, is what makes me feel. What what made I think maybe like um, two two years ago or something. I was saying that I think Charles Barkley was the second best player of this decade. Yeah, and I think it's because of this this season. Yeah, made me feel that way. Like his peak was was second best to me. But I could totally see how you would probably say Hakeem, and I wouldn't disagree with. Yeah, with that. It's, in my opinion, it's Hakeem. But I, this is why he's got to be on the list of legacy breakdowns. Next, we're doing Shaq, but after Shaq, we should think about doing Hakeem because his his legacy is so weird. Because there was this point where he was a little bitch about his team, and yeah. in the, in the, and there was all this stuff, and he's got like a very uh, underrated legacy from a story perspective. But yeah. uh, games. Game five, Phoenix wins on Chicago's floor, right? Yep. Um, so <laughs> they get on the plane, heading yep. down for game six, and Jordan asks Phil if he can speak to the team. Oh, well, before, before, my bad, before you get to that. Yeah. Going into that game five, right? They, they, everybody thought it was over in Chicago. because um, Yeah. Everybody thought that the series was over. They weren't going back to Phoenix. And Charles Barkley famously said, "There was no no way in hell um, I was letting them win on their home floor." Right. And uh, I, just, I just wanted to point that out. That was another cool Charles Barkley moment. But the so the whole team was galvanized. Look at this, yeah. Richard Dumas. Sorry, Dumas. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Twenty five points, twelve of fourteen shooting. Was he Spanish? I don't know. It's what <laughs> the way you said it was Dumas, and I could. I think it's Duas. Like, is his name Ricardo, really? <laughs> I don't know. No, it shows that they have the pronunciation here. Yeah, American. I'm sorry. But, but oh, what do you call it? Yeah. 12 of 14 shooting in this game for 25 points. Kevin Johnson, 25 and 8, the mayor of Sacramento. Uh, and Dan Marley with 11, 12, and 7 on terrible shooting. But still... His team whole as a whole came through to help him. Facts. Right? And Jordan, another 41 points, 41, 7, and 7. Yeah. That dude was just on a mission to like, game, wow, yeah, Horace Grant, game. one point. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No food. No yeah. food for you, Horace. None. Seriously. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Going game by game, like you think about it and you're just like, Wow, he like just he beasted here, he beasted here, and I mean, I mean, yeah, that's what averaging forty in the finals does does for you. You know, that's crazy. Um, but as I was saying, they after this game, they get on the plane. Jordan wants to talk to the team. He gets on the plane. He says, "Listen, I have only packed for one night. I didn't pack two suits. I only packed one. We're not playing two games." We're only playing the one, and that's it, right? Which brings us to game six and the famous Paxson shot. He would have been mad as hell if he 
Like he would have to wear the same suit or have to buy a new one. Oh, he are, are you kidding? He would have just had somebody else fetch him a new one. But yeah. uh been very angry about it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh but Jordan thirty three points, Pippen twenty three and twelve rebounds, five assists, four steals. Uh but this is the famous John Paxson shot where Jordan has him open on the three-point line uh, on the wing and Paxson makes the shot to perfectly uh, seal the fight. Yeah. I mean, Jordan didn't pass it to him. It was, it was the, he passed it to Horace. Horace passed it to him. And oh, the, my friend. The perfect example, the triangle, and then he just had the... That's what I was thinking in my head. In my head, I was thinking it is the triangle at its quintessent, its most simple. Yeah. It's what the triangle would look like in 2020 is what I think. But Probably. I mean, that's a that's a we will get into that. Bigger triangle. It's fine. But Barkley wouldn't go down quietly. Twenty one on eighteen shots is pretty bad. Uh, but twenty one seventeen rebounds. I just can't believe the guy's six six and he's averaging like fifteen rebounds a game in this series. Yeah, that shit is wild. I was I was just gonna say, imagine being John Paxson, right? Yeah, and you got four shots the entire game. <laughs> like this is why I feel like people like w- like like you just look at it and you're like you're supposed to hit that shot. It's a wide open shot, bro. I took four. I played four. How many minutes he played? Forty five minutes. Yeah, he he played probably was forty five minutes, and he's like, bro, I only shot four shots. This is just jogging practice for me, huh? He said, this is just jogging practice for me. I'm going up and down the court. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine, and then to have to be ready for that shot. Like, thing, little things like that. Like, you can understand Jordan freaking shooting 50% from the field. He's ta- he sh- he's shooting 25-plus shots. He's You know, he's practicing this. Like, of course you're going to shoot okay after, like, the tw- the 15th shot, you know? You're going to get some kind of rhythm. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, bro, I, I took four shots the whole game, made three of them, and I made the biggest shot of the game. Yeah, and it's it, but I think and this goes back to the drive and kick stuff from the '91 finals in that closeout game. It's so funny, like because th- how this is remembered is Jordan, even though he was averaging forty points a game, still was unafraid to kick it out to Paxson, who was wide open. You know what I mean? Like that's how the story, the story goes. Is like. The best player in the world is uh, unafraid to trust his teammates. Yeah. You know I mean? And uh, I just think the guy was open for three. <laughs> you don't think it was dr- drawn up? I, I'm No, it was definitely drawn up. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't think he thought that much about it. I think it was just, this is we're going to execute this, and that, that's it. Yeah, well, I think it's more so from in the, in, in the sense where – like for you to have that mindset when you're in that attack mode and you were unselfish enough to say the the play is going to be drawn off for Paxson and I'm not bitching about it. Remember, it, like you could think that that's not that big of a deal. But remember, Scottie Pippen, the very next year, he was that guy and he bitched about it. Oh, yeah. They won. But that was that was, you know, part that was an issue going into Man. the next se- series. Scottie would be considered. So mu- I think he'd be so much higher on the pole of all-time great players 
had that moment not existed in his life. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Jordan didn't have to like acknowledge it, you know, no, like, and that's why Scotty, the did, last dance, he didn't have to do that. <laughs> that's why they're not speaking to this day. Yeah. Because he, they, a lot, many, him, Pippin and Horace Grant felt like the, the Scotty moment got way more attention than it than was it needed to, than yeah. it needed to. However, this is where I disagree. It's not called the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. It's called The Last Dance, the, sco- the story of the 90s Bulls. And that's part of the story. So sorry, Scotty. You were a pussy. Deal with it. Deal with it. Sorry, sorry you have that moment. But here's the shot. Bang. Right there. Easy. And the Bulls win their third straight championship, thus making Michael Jordan the GOAT in the eyes of the public. Kind of fucking mind-blowing. Kind of mind-blowing. But but as we've gone through this finals, you your last your last plays and your last series you average forty a game, you go out on top, you're seven you won a scoring title seven straight years in a row. You're you average more points for your career than Wilt Chamberlain, uh, while also being the best defensive player at your position the basically the entire time. Doesn't surprise me that people are looking at him as the goat, but I. But what surprises me more is how it's com- in the eyes of the public, it's inarguable. Like it comes off as it comes off as like he's the goat, no questions asked. I don't want to hear another fucking person. That's how you're taught. At least when we were kids, like in the early two thousands. Yeah. That was what you were taught. Yeah, yeah, Jordan's the goat, and if anyone else is the goat. Uh, you're fucking stupid and wrong. Fuck you. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know. I had freaking. <laughs> and this championship is the official moment where that began. Yeah. And uh, Jordan knew, apparently knew the whole time, that this would be his last season with the Bulls at this point, because in the last dance. There was a reporter who had spoken to Jordan the year before and said, basically Jordan was talking about how tired he was getting of the grind, whatever. And and he was like, what are you going to do? And he was like, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to quit and I'm going to go play baseball. He says, uh, and the the reporter was like, when are you going to do that? He goes, well, I'd be playing this summer, but Bird, Magic, and Isaiah never won three straight. And uh, what do you call it? And I want to play on the dream team, and I, or I'm going to play on the dream team. So that's why he didn't he didn't play baseball that that year before. But yeah, we're starting to see that the it it, it was in the middle of a playoff game for baseball for the White Sox when Jordan told everybody. Yeah. It was it was the biggest news story of our birth year. Yeah. Well. Ridiculous. It, we, some people might argue that the whole shooting of his dad could have been because of his gambling situation. If you right. owe a bunch of people money, <clears throat> like was it because of you that that you know that which which I'm sure was probably really freaking harsh on him at the time. You know, going through that. And do you think that that's true? So. Apparently he was gambling with sketchy people. 
right? Yeah. That he didn't know about prior to. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or in the moment, he didn't know that they were sketchy until after the fact is what I meant to say. Uh, so Jordan's dad is coming to a charity event, ironically, on my actual day of birth, uh, July 23rd, 93. Yeah. He is officially found uh, or is officially reported missing, right, after uh, a day of playing golf. Yeah. And he, they, he went missing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and finally they found his body, and his car was, like, totally stripped up. The pictures, pictures will be on your screen. Obviously yeah. nothing graphic, but pictures will be on your screen. Uh, of the car all torn up, and if you've watched fucking Goodfellas, you could look at the situation and go, this looks like somebody who's messed with a car before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it looks not necessarily professionally done, but by someone who, it's not their first rodeo. Okay. Uh, which is what led people to believe when putting his gambling stuff from this past season and before that, uh, combining that with the odd tragedy of his dad, you know, being, t- you know, having that happen to him. Yeah. The rumor was, you know, that it, that it, it was his fault. There is no concrete evidence to prove that. Yeah. But it is weird. It is weird that that would happen to his dad. I will. I do think that. Like mm-hmm. I, I think. I think that it, it. It. It's not very surprising at all that people connected the dots in that way. Yeah. Because. The guy is the most famous human being on earth. His dad, at that point, was pretty recognizable because he was in most of the yeah. championship celebrations. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even earlier that year, he went and spoke to the media after because game two after game two of the Knicks series, uh, Jordan stopped talking to the media. And uh, his dad went out to the press and was like, listen, this guy's giving it his all. So I bring that up to say Je- James Jordan was recognized or recognizable. Yeah, for sure. Uh so it could be, it could and, be that I, 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 and thinking like a mobster, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't, you look at it and you're like, well, we can't, we can't get him. He's because we right, will get arrested. He's Teflon, right? Yeah. The Teflon down. But we can get someone who's not like the simple, like, which which could be the case, or you it could be the case, especially in the '90s where all this stuff was happening. Where you know you look at him and you're like, "Wow, you're Michael Jordan's dad!" Like, I'm gonna stick you up, like, <laughs> <laughs> like give me your shit, have money. Money. like you have, you have stacks, yeah, like give me you your stacks, and that shit. I mean, that could very well be the case too. Like, it could be as simple as that where. No mobster, nothing. It was just gangsters. We out here. And yeah. Lindsay, what do you think? I had never even heard of this until just now. Um, well, what do you, well, now what do you think? <laughs> ah, um, I think that 
I don't know, I don't really want to speculate on someone's death like this, but it could just be a random, like, crime. So that's what, that's what people said, uh, that's where, that's basically how it's been reported, and the, 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 the quote I took away with it, uh, from it was, uh, police said James Jordan could have been anybody. That was the, the quote. Like, it was just a random, uh, killing in the South, whatever. I don't know, but, uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know either. I don't think we'll ever we'll ever fucking know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's at this point it's almost thirty years old. So, but that leads to my second conspiracy. Oh my! So, well, you had one conspiracy. This is my first conspiracy, technically, but second conspiracy of this portion. Do you do you think he really wanted to leave, or do you think? he was told to leave the NBA. It's so mixy for me. It's like, I feel, I do want to believe that by David Stern. Yeah. Um, that like he, David Stern kind of told him like, he, he, like the, there's a, it's now it's looking kind of shaky. Like probably don't want you here for a little bit. Just to, <laughs> like, this shit down. Cause Bro, going back to what you said, you're gambling you, millions of dollars. You're fucking, your dad's dying. People are coming after you. Yeah, like you said, he was Teflon and nobody looked at him a certain way. But yeah. that's why I mentioned, like, that was his the first, like, really bad look for him, and especially after his dad. Like, there's no way in hell the next season that wasn't going to be talked about again. Like, and also, also, there's no way that wouldn't have affected his game that next year, knowing him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, even yeah. though he's a sociopath, and even though he's, uh, you know, soulless on the basketball court, and even though he took a lot of his frustrations out in life on the basketball court to a positive extent, yeah, he did. He's a human. He's a human yeah. being, and yeah. it's gonna fuck with him. Yeah, and I don't know if you win a championship because of that. Also, you're not gonna get have. You're not gonna have Horace Grant. Uh, and, and also your body. I mean, at this point, you had four straight long pretty deep runs in, in the playoffs so true uh, actually like five because they went to the last two eastern conference finals before they won, won yeah so that's five straight deep runs so that takes a toll especially it's, well, playing it's a couple i think it's a couple it's like almost 200 games between that something yeah. like that yeah and then and then um maybe less. Like, just the playoffs alone or yeah, maybe less. I was thinking about it a little more. Maybe I was less. gonna say in total in total games that's over five hundred. No, it's way more. No, I was thinking that, but in the playoffs, I was thinking just playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it's close about, to about one hundred and fifty, probably. There you go. Yeah, something like that. But no, no that's no five. No, it's about maybe two hundred. Yeah, but I'm mean, sorry, maybe a hundred. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but what? I that's the conspiracy that I always wanted to believe growing up was that David Stern uh was like listen dude I could just suspend you for the the bullshit that you've gotten yourself into off the floor in a NFL style suspension the way guys in the NFL get suspended for shit off the field yeah you know what I mean uh he looks at Jordan he could he goes I could suspend you but you are the golden goat and I 
kind of just why don't you just go away for a season try baseball tell them it's for your daddy whatever and then maybe in two years you come back then the first year goes ratings are shit right and by and then by the end of the second year the bulls are shit yeah so Stern gets him back on the phone. He goes, listen, Michael, you want to come back now? You can come back now. We got to get your bulls to the playoffs. We need the money from Chicago. Yeah. We need the the checks. All right? Okay. That's – the more you talk through it, the less sense it makes. But I always thought that was the thing as as a kid. I don't know. The more you were talking through it, the more sense it made. (laughs) (laughs) That makes one of us – for me, it was just like I always looked at it, and I was like, I was like, uh, "There's no way, there's no way he could, he would do that." And the biggest, the biggest thing that made me want to believe it was conspiracy was, how is the most competitive human being on earth just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not, I don't feel the competitive edge anymore." Yeah. His quote from this conference was, "When I lose the passion for the game of basketball, then it's time to walk away." That's the that's the biggest quote from this, and I remember it mainly because it's at the beginning of Space Jam. Yeah. Hey guys, if you like what you heard, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Apex Greatness on YouTube to see everything we put out this year. From legacy breakdowns to current NBA and NFL content, we have over 150 videos to binge if you're that type of person, or just to listen to in your spare time. We have about two to five hours of new content every week. Check us out. Later.